warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 229. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hi, it's Nick Swartzen, and welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <gasps> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, and we're the Leftovers. The le- oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when you say it just like all nonchalantly. Like, you know, like like it's nothing. And, and we're the Leftovers. Like all matter of fact, you know what I mean? And we're the Leftovers. No, you say it with a little bit of gusto, you son of a bitch. And we're the <laughs> Leftovers. <laughs> You're just like, and, and we're the leftovers. Move along, nothing yeah. to see here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dead inside. Yeah, exactly. And I've done this 229 times, who gives a shit? <laughs> All right, Jake, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good, other than the dead inside, I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. Exactly. All right, this week it is not only just me and you. Uh, it is. Uh, we're also joined by... Uh, I don't know, maybe seven time, eight time guest on the show, Rebecca Daling. Not that many times. Uh, it feels bad. like that many. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Finally, the apology happened, Jake. I told you it was coming around probably by I'm the seventh or eighth not time. Sorry. Oh, I'm oh, not sorry. oh, a little bit of take. At all, a little, ever. A little bit of take back action there. Hey, at least I'm getting some fucking passion out of you. I got Jake over there fucking, <laughs> fucking flatlining on me. <laughs> and with the leftovers. Refer to Rebecca as anybody but Eric Wade. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to talk about the magicians for 20 minutes. Am I not supposed to do that? I thought that was one thing. I've never watched one episode of that show. I have hey, no idea. What you want to you you talk about the real magicians? I just made Eric Wade disappear from this fucking show forever. How about that? <laughs> Abra fucking Cadabra. Um, <laughs> it's not not only are we joined by Rebecca Daling, but we're also joined by June, first time guest. Welcome, June. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely, June. Tell us a little bit. Of, you know what? I usually like for, for Joe Stark. I make him wait to the very end to talk about like what he does and what, all this shit. You, I don't. You don't do a podcast. Is, is this your first time podcasting? Yeah, it is. Um, I kind of wanted to get back into talking about pop culture. Um, my group of friends and I were close, but you know they all have kids now, and it's just been hard to kind of talk 
about anything really. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and my, my husband loves me very much. He is not very much into the pop culture. Uh. And so he's kind of like, yes, go talk about this with someone else. Um, he'll go see the movies, but he just doesn't want to delve into it. Wow. So. That, that conversation <laughs> actually happened where he's like, wow, just stop. Can you talk about this with someone else? Now I put up with the baseball. <laughs> he loves baseball. Okay. All right. Baseball all the time. So I put up with that. Yeah. So. It's like, God, yeah. America's pastime is my torture. Ah! Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. Fucking... Can't you go take up podcasting or something? Yeah. <laughs> Don't they, doesn't, doesn't baseball have like 300 game seasons or some oh, shit? God, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> one yeah yep. yeah yeah <laughs> close enough i thought you know i thought i thought nba was bad with 82 but you double it it's like come I on i know wow. i know it's a lot but yeah. uh but a basketball yeah. game has like a time limit yeah yeah a baseball game does not well <laughs> yeah you got, forever you got extra innings usually i've been i've only been to one bulls game in person where they had overtime and it went to like think i think we went to triple overtime it was a portland game it was a ton. It was a ton of fun. Anyway, but yeah, I'm glad you're here. Like, what are you into? Like, what's your, what's your favorite things in pop culture? Um, the MCU. I'm really big into that. Okay. I actually was never into comics. It was Iron Man. Like watching Iron Man that got me into comic book movies. Yeah, there's something. And, uh, there's something about watching Iron Man blow up a tank and walk away like a badass, right? And it's Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Yeah. It's his comeback, right? Like he had some bad years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prison, and he came back, and he came back hard and great. So, yeah, it's funny. There was like the the movie that was supposed to be the comeback, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, with you know, directed by Shane Black, and it was him and uh, Val Kilmer. Only one of those guys came back. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if that movie was our intro, I'm the guy that came back, and you died, Jake. <laughs> Ooh, no, that's not good. Wow. So good. I like that movie though. Oh, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm just saying like Val Kimmer's career didn't go anywhere after that, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately not. I can't remember the last thing I've seen him in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. I, the last thing I saw him in was a McDonald's. Ooh. Oh. Oh shit. Oh. oh, Brian. Oh, fucking asshole, aren't I? Anyway. Um, let's see here. Allison Max sex cult. What's going on with that, guys? <laughs> what is up with that? Crazy. I don't. I don't understand why it's like how it took so long to arrest her. Like we were reading about this like four months ago, right? That mm-hmm. she was like branding her name into people and shit. And it's like, why does it take so long to get these weirdos? Yeah, I don't know, man. Fucking crazy, right? Yeah, yeah that, you think the branding on you? Story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not a new story at all. I remember reading about that months ago, and like now she's been arrested for it. Yeah, I heard really about it. What the fuck? I heard about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. I don't but know. Then her Smallville co-star, um, she was in the, I guess, quote-unquote, self-help group, the yeah. cult. Yeah. But then didn't she write on Twitter, like, oh, I never knew of anything nefarious yeah, or she, wrong? She said she got well, out were- years. She was in it for a few years and then got out early. Yeah, it's the girl that played Lana. Kristen Kree. I guess there's different levels of it, and I, I, I believe that. Like, you're they're not going to introduce you, and then immediately you're getting branded into the sex cult part. Like, yeah, there's no, that, it's like you know? science Scientology. You know? Yeah, they, they gateway a, you into it, yeah. gateway you into it. So yeah. I'm sure Lana was. Um, she probably did get out yeah. as soon as she found out how fucked up it was. Or yeah, and she might not have just, but she should. If she found out if it was fucked up, she should have been saying stuff against this. Yeah, like the yeah. what is it? Mm-hmm. Like the lady that played Kevin James's wife on that one show, doing the Scientology thing. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leah Ramini. Leah Ramini. I, to, I love that show that she does on A&E. I love it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, it's good. I, I hear oh, it's really it's good. Wi- I've seen it too, June. It's wild. Yeah. It is so wild what she's going – what she's doing. Like she's going around – to these former members of Scientology and she's talking with them about their experiences. Some of them are heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's just terrible. And the oh family's God. getting torn apart. Oh, it's just, it's, it's like, it's, it's addictive to watch. Like if oh, you yeah. watch one episode, Brian, you'll like, you'll want to watch the rest. A&E's of the chilling it. I watch a ton of stuff on A&E. I love A&E. Like, uh, they had like the Menendez brothers mini series. Mm-hmm. They talked about, that was really good. Uh, and then Marsha Clark's doing her first 48. That's a really good program. You gotta check that out. It's really good. But, um, did you hear about, did you hear what Allison Mack, like the detectives, they, they questioned her and she tried to blame everything on the green kryptonite from season one of Smallville. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh. I mean, it, it, was, it was responsible for everything. I know. Yeah. I mean, she's, they're still going to that, they're still going to that fucking well. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> she got a tattoo, and they used kryptonite in the tattooing. Yeah. Next, oh, that's it. it. All makes sense now. Yeah. It all yeah. makes sense. She went fucking nuts. Uh, next week is our Avengers: Infinity War episode, and uh, it also marks five year anniversary of pop culture leftovers. Jake, half a fucking decade. Oh, jeez, we've done it. <laughs> there's, that, there's that flat line response from you again. It's like there's nothing. You're, you are dead inside. I'm, I'm saving it for the celebration, man. Saving it for the celebration. It's a I fucking wanna, week away, Jake. I don't want to blow my wad early, like right now. Yeah, all right. All right, fair enough. I'm excited. It's Infinity War, man. It's Infinity War. It's five years of Pete. I don't care about the five years, whatever. I, I finally bought my ticket today. Did you really? Did yeah, they, yeah, they were sold out of the um, seven o'clock. Yeah, that's why you had but to jump was, on those early. But I got excited because the uh, ten thirty is the only one in my town that they're showing in IMAX three D. Ah, seven o'clock is just regular IMAX. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to no, no, no. The, the seven o'clock. What they're doing, I think, if you, they're probably doing the uh, double feature or something like that. Oh or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the I'm marathon. Then the marathon, they they tack on uh, the IMAX. Showing of yeah, that's how that's how they're doing it with Deadpool. So I did I purchased the Deadpool double feature because I want to see the original Deadpool again in IMAX because it's that amazing. So yeah, that'll be cool. I'm gonna sit that there. Poster for that double feature was awesome. They better give me the poster when I go there to see it. That's one of the reasons that uh, that I got it. So are you talking about the the cover that looks like uh, New Mutants? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I've seen. A oh, that's the Fandango the one. Oh, you talking about the actual double feet? Hey, you know, let's talk about. Hey, welcome to a poster culture leftovers with uh, Brian and Jake. <laughs> it looks like an old Ramones like yes. band poster, like yeah. advertising a concert. Yeah, I posted that on PCL. That t- that poster is awesome. They better give that one out too, or I'm gonna start snapping necks there in the theater. Right? <laughs> hey, we're talking about random stuff. Have you yeah. guys seen the story where you don't mind, right? I don't have a choice at this point. Maybe, maybe this will get you excited for something. You know, have you seen the David Copperfield lawsuit going on where the guy is suing him for like half a mil and like all these damages, and he's going to have to reveal some famous trick in court. No, no, like, no. <laughs> what is this about? Like, I guess he, dude. I think he's testifying on Tuesday. Great, but like, it's like he brings like thirteen people on stage, makes the thirteen people disappear. 
and the guy's claiming like all these damages to his body from whatever trick happened that made him disappear. I'm just like thinking about like you know like the judge going to like slam the gavel and it like disappears. He's like, ah, how'd you oh, how'd you do that? <laughs> what? Whoa. And then, like, and then, and then like, like David Copperfield pulls it out from like yeah. behind his ear. Yeah. Is this your gavel? And then the whole jury, <laughs> jury starts clapping. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> David, don't stop her field. Keep it going, buddy. <laughs> oh, stop her field. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's crazy. Like, he's going to have to break the magician's code. Uh-huh. To, uh huh. And, and he'll probably do it because this guy's suing for quite a lot of money. But it'll be interesting to see what comes out of yeah. it. Like, to learn. They can probably go into the judge's chambers yeah. and then never. Be protective order or and, something. But then never come back. Uh, right. <laughs> End up in the Grand Canyon somehow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's going to turn it into a whole special, like you know, like what was it when they walk through the Great Wall? When he walked through the Great Wall of China, that'll be like something that he does here. He'll like end or up. He made in the, the Statue Grand- of Liberty disappear. All they did, the it, it was a fucking platform, and they spun it around. Okay, <laughs> and the people that were there were paid off. All right, that's what happened. Everybody, <laughs> that's his big fucking trick when he made the Statue of Liberty yep. disappear. All right, it was a platform. They spun it around and they, they they paid off a bunch of innocent bystanders. All right, and they signed non disclosure agreements. Okay, that's what happened. Spoiler. Gosh, I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm sorry for a fucking twenty plus year old trick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's crazy though, Jake. That's nuts. Yeah, I'll send you a link to that story yeah. at some point next week. It's pretty crazy. I'll be paying attention to it when he testifies. Uh, June, how long have you been listening to our fucking show? Um. I missed you guys uh, probably since, I think the first podcast was uh, Civil War. Okay. That's when we came back, Jake, right? Ah, no, we came back for Winter Soldier, right? Oh, yeah, we came back for Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing it. We've been doing it for a while with the old Civil War. Um, yeah, I've been dead longer than Civil War. Oh God, I know. I feel like I feel like this is like a dead marriage. I really do. Oh my gosh, you know, there, there's no saving this. We need counseling. All right, let's see here. Let's uh, let's jump into iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews this week. Uh, got a couple of them. Uh, first one comes from Wubba Lubba Dub Dub, and uh, it's titled Pretty Solid, and uh, it's a four-star, and it goes on to say, I appreciate your casual approach. You have a great presence. Couldn't agree more with your Ready Player One review. First episode I listened to, and I loved it. Keep it up. So that comes from Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Mm, that review, I, I don't like that iTunes review. No, really, Jake. What's your what's your critique on that one? There's a big, big, big I shocker mean, there that you're not a big fucking fan of it. Anyway, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, for one, the four star, yeah, and it's like the, our he he completely agrees with our Ready Player One review. Like we we had more than one view, so who does he agree with? We have a I don't know. He says we have a great presence. Is is there different levels of presences? Like, do you have to get a perfect presence in order to score the five? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's holding us back. It's the Ready Player One thing that bothers me more than anything now. Oh, that he listened to it's that like, one? Well, and that he agree, he agrees with opposing. He completely agrees with everything. So he agrees with the good points, the bad points. This guy mm-hmm. just, he's just a yes man, right? 
Yeah, I'm going to give him a four-star review on this one. No, I'm you know, thinking three. Uh, I'm teetering. I'm teetering. <laughs> you sold me. I'm knocking it down to three. You get a you get a three there, wubba lubba dub dub. Yeah. So not a big fan. And that name, I mean, how unoriginal is that in today's yeah, no. age? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, these Rick and Morty fans, they just gotta let you know, don't they? <laughs> they do. Yeah, just get just <laughs> just can't keep it in. They gotta let you know. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of cults. Yeah. Oh no, shit, dude. Like I've been a fan of Rick and I've been a fan of Rick and Morty from you know day one, but it's not you know I'm not out there screaming wubba lubba dub dub every goddamn five seconds, right? No, no, no. You're not. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I think we just lost Rebecca and June. They're just like <laughs> no. these assholes. What are they talking about? Jump on in and jump on in and rip on his iTunes reviews. It's fun. Uh, let's see here. We got. Uh, Schlip dog, schlip dog, uh, entertaining content is the uh, title of this one. And, uh, this is Jake. This is another four star, but maybe this one makes a little bit. I like bit this guy's name better. Schlip dog. Yeah. 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 I, that's a, anything that starts with that schla is a, is always a fun word to say. Yeah. Yeah. We, that we, that if that, if there's one thing we've always said on this podcast, it is, <laughs> it's, it's not ever been what you just said. Um, let's see here. You thought I was going to go the other way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't know what you were going to say, but I knew it wasn't going to be in my favor. No, it's typically not. Um, entertaining content and it's a four star. I have been listening for about five months now, and I must say that this is one of my favorite movie and pop culture related podcasts. I enjoy the hard takes and opinions along with on insight into the film industry that comes with every episode my review comes with a single warning to those who might give it a try the podcast host has quite an affinity for all types of four-letter words (laughs) 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 and uh, and finds himself on quite vulgar related tangents relatively often Uh, to be fair they warn you right up front about the language and content so it's up to the listener to decide to proceed. So, Jake, I don't know. I'm not like I get it. I, I'm not. Uh, he, he likes it. Is the fact that we get that uh, that star taken off? We don't get the full five. Is it the fact that he has to go out of his way to warn the people about me and my vulgar? Yeah, I don't like this guy's review either. Yeah. I, it started out better with the schlip dog. But yeah. It immediately went way more downhill. I'm knocking this one down to a one star. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, we, we don't need you to deliver our PSA. As yeah. he mentions in his review, we do a fine job delivering the PSA ourselves. Right out of the gate. Right. I, I got sick of it in, in these iTunes reviews hearing about it. So like right out of the gate, I made that. That intro, just to let people know, like, fuck off if you don't like it. This is what's going to happen, all right? Our podcast is a little invasive, and it might hurt your feelings. And so, like, that's your warning. And now I got him reiterating it here, and then not also knocking a star off. I, and I feel like he's knocking the star off because he has to reiterate that fact in his iTunes review. That's what I feel like. I don't know. I don't know where that other star comes off, but I feel like that's where it comes off is like him having to say that, you know, I'm, I think I am the reason we lost that one star, Jake. I have an affinity for four letter words and I feel like, I feel like that might be a problem for this guy and that's why he knocked it down an additional star. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I, I hate this review. Yeah, fuck this. Re- fuck both these reviews, right? <laughs> Bad week, man. Yeah. My favorite segment, man. Yeah. We need some good reviews. Yeah, exactly. You know, either ones or fives. It's fucking four shit. I don't that's know. That's how I feel. Like, either give it a five star or give it a one star. Like, what's up with the four and the threes? I don't get that. Uh, you know, I've given you a well thought out two. Here you go. Fuck yeah. you. Know. <laughs> you. If, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do the four or three thing, at least have a criticism. That's a criticism. Like that's what pisses me off about this one. Like I said, is he's right up front. He explains that we explain. So yeah. it's like, what the fuck? What's right. the problem? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, instead of four letter word, going down yeah. to a three star. No, that's it. Done. No, it's fine. Like if they knock, if, if 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 me and Jake go into like this whole thing right now, and people listen to it and they get butt hurt about it, and they get back on iTunes and they drop us down to a one, that's fine. Don't care. All I'm saying is like at least have your review, like your review reflect like what you're saying. Your star review have, reflect what you're saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't care what people give us. He says it's one of his favorites, right? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Because <laughs> you say fuck too much, guys. Yeah. Too much cursing. But we warn people. That's I know. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah, that, that, that's what I agree with you, Jay. That doesn't make any sense. Like, no. the warning is there right at the beginning of the podcast. If you can't handle insane amounts of profanity, mm-hmm. like, that's, I mean, it's right in the beginning. So, yeah. like, it's dumb to knock a star off for that. We don't, yeah. and he yeah. recognizes that in his review. I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I agree. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any Get the sense. fuck out of here, guy. Mm. <laughs> Fucking shit dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Wow. Somebody brought the passion out of Jake. Wow. <laughs> it's not five years of PCL. It's it's a four-star review. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to let our listeners know that I do a Westworld podcast. Westworld premieres tonight. I will not be watching it tonight. I'll probably be watching it tomorrow. Um, Ashley and I are going to record Sweetwater Saloon, our Westworld podcast that we do together. And uh, the episode should be out Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. So definitely check out Sweetwater Saloon. Download it. Subscribe to it. All that good stuff. All right. We're going to be jumping into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, I'm going to start off. I watched a shit ton of movies this week, and I'm going to go over each and every one of them. Um, but uh, I wanted to start off by saying I got Bad Pop, and the Bad Pop is... Stars has canceled Ash vs. Evil Dead. <clears throat> yeah, I read that this week. That's that is terrible. shitty. After three seasons. And the season hasn't even ended yet. So it's it's like, you know, we've got two more episodes left this season. And and just knowing it's going to end. And who knows how it's going to end. Um, it doesn't seem like they were necessarily ready for it to end. So whether or not you're going to get any kind of payoff and the finale is up yeah, in the air. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um yeah. Tweet stars, uh, tweet stars, um, Facebook message them, whatever you got to do. Let them know that 
they're making a big mistake. Um, and then, and, and, you know, in your opinion, just let them know you've got a voice. Just let them know if you're a fan of the show, let them know that, you know, you feel like they're making a big mistake and, and don't be, don't be a dick. Don't be like, fuck you, you know, and don't, don't be one of those people. Just, just say, you know, just be upset. I mean, there's, you can be upset, but, and, and, and not be a complete asshole about it. Um, and then, um, tweet Netflix, Amazon and Hulu. Let them know that you want to find a home. For Ash versus Evil Dead, it'd be fantastic. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's wishful thinking. I do think it's dead, um, <laughs> pun intended. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I think this show. I mean, it's had nine lives, Jake, and I think it's used all of them, and it's uh, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's we're lucky we got any more additional Evil Dead. They've been talking about this like our whole lives. Yeah. About additional Evil Dead movies or TV series, so. Ah, man, I guess it sucks, but we got three seasons of it. Yeah, but like season – felt like season four was going to go into Army of Darkness territory. Oh, that's a shame. It feels like <laughs> that's where it was leading up to, man, and this really sucks. So I don't know. You know what? Fuck it. Write your congressman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right, you know what? That's what, you think that would work, Jake? Right, your, like nah. what? Like <laughs> that'd be weird. <laughs> I was just thinking of a Schlip Dog's letter to yeah. Last Stars where he's like, you know, this is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> but and even though it says that there's graphic content at the beginning, the fact that there there's, is there's some really graphic content in it. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I uh, also wanted to let know, uh, everybody know that I did finish Lost in Space. Um, Rebecca, I know that you watched it. Did you finish it? I haven't. I'm in, I'm three episodes in. Okay. I just haven't had a chance to finish it yet. Okay. Um, do do you Tupperware the whole series? Absolutely. It is. Okay. It is absolutely phenomenal. I loved it, and um, so I give it a Tupperware. Um, June, did you watch any of the Lost in Space stuff? No, I haven't. It's actually on my list. I have a very long list of things. There's just too much oh, shit yeah. out there. Yeah. Way too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your husband doesn't help with you know monopolizing the TV, making you watch baseball, right? Right now, because baseball season has started. But, um, actually, I, I actually monopolize it. He ends up watching way more. He's watched way more like Daredevil and Jessica Jones than he ever wanted to. So. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Does, uh, how about Game of Thrones? Is that a thing in the house? I love it. He, at first, did not like it. Um, he's not very big on graphic violence. Uh. Um, but he has gotten into it. Um, and actually, because he'll sit there and I can see him watching it, and he'll actually ask me like, "I thought those two people didn't like each other, <laughs> or I thought that guy was dead." And so he's he's now he's into it. I've so kind of noticed now he wants to know what happens. I've kind of noticed that people that aren't even into like that kind of stuff for some reason, Game of Thrones is like that big of a phenomenon. You know, oh, my parents has my parents marathoned all I guess what seven seasons. Yeah. Uh, this past fall, they got um. They got Amazon Prime, like, all of a sudden, and so they just, like, marathoned all of it, and they love it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> co-creators, I was, uh, Lost in Space co-creators, Matt Sazama and uh, Burke Sharpless, they talked with IndieWire, and they revealed that they are working on a season two. Uh, they said, we are working on scripts and hoping that if we get a green light, we're ready to go. We've had a lot of thoughts about it, and hopefully if everyone watches it, we'll get to see more adventures of the Robinsons. Uh, because we do have some crazy stuff planned out that we really hope we get to film. So it's not greenlit yet, but they've begun work on it regardless. And I think that that 
shows you that you've got a couple of uh, couple of creators here that are really passionate about this series and really want to take it into that season too. So I, I'm hoping that it gets a. I feel like it's got a little bit of traction. I, I just hope that more people continue to watch it. I added it to my list. Um, I gave it the thumbs up on the Netflix app. I recommend that everybody do the same. That's one of the things. Get on, get on IMDb too and, and vote it up. And don't be like, if you love, if you like a show and you want it to come back, don't be like, I'm going to give it a seven. If you even just like a show <laughs> and you want it to come back, give it the 10. I don't understand yeah. people. Like I there's mm-hmm. shows that like I don't when I grade them on IMDb, I grade them on the fact that I want them to come back, okay? And if you want a show to come back even though you feel it's an 8, give it a fucking 10. All right? Because because they do look at those numbers on IMDb. They really do, okay? Um Jake, I'm 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 an I'm a Nielsen family member again. So, I'm going to be sending Oh, off, nice. Yeah. So, I'm going to be sending off all my all my stuff that I'm watching. So they're going to send me my packet again, and I'm going to write down all these shows that I'm watching. So um, I'm going to talk about a couple comedies that I saw, and then I'll pass it off to you guys. I got, I got a lot more I got to talk about. But I went today, and uh, I went and saw I Feel Pretty. How was that? Oh. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I, I feel- love Amy Schumer, so. Thank you, June. Thank you. I, I, I love her. <laughs> I love I, her I too. I want to be my best friend. Like I want to be her best friend. Thank you. Like, that, nobody does. Everybody's, everybody's got either stance they love her or they hate her, but I never talk to anybody else that loves her. Oh, I do. Thank you. Like everybody else I talk to is just like, eh, yeah. And I, 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 I didn't like the, the black leather special. I didn't like, but every other stand up thing she's ever done and the comedy roasts, I loved her in those. Yes. So. Um, a woman struggling with insecurity wakes from a fall believing she is the most beautiful and capable woman on the planet. Her new confidence empowers her to live fearlessly. But what happens when she realizes her appearance never changed? Uh, it stars Amy Schumer, Michelle Williams, uh, Rory Scovel. And I was happy to see this guy. You guys don't know this guy, uh, probably. Rory Scovel, I first saw him. He had a memorable performance on an old Eric Andre episode on Old Old Swim. And I was like, this guy's funny. And then I remembered him from that performance. And then I think he's a writer on the Joel McHale show because I think it was the first or second episode of the new Joel McHale show on Netflix. He's in the audience. And if you guys know anything about like the soup and the Joel McHale show is like the, the audience is made up of staff members on the show. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that he might even be like a writer for that show. I'd have to look it up, but he's involved in that production in some way. That's I love that show because that it's like they work so hard on the show and then they just get to sit down and watch Joel perform all the jokes that they've contributed to. And I, I, it's one of the other reasons I love that show. But anyway, um, it's also got busy Phillips in it. You guys probably remember she was in, um, Dawson's Creek, I think. No, was that, was that? no, she was in, um, freaks and geeks. And um, she okay. was, yeah. And then she was also, was she in the, uh, Cougars show? Cougars? The Cougars show? With, the uh, Cougars show. Yeah, with, uh, with, um, Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. I think she was. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I never, I know what you're talking about. I never watched it though. Yeah, I didn't watch that one either. Um, it's, uh, and also AD Bryant from Saturday Night Live. Oh, I love, I love yeah, her. Yeah, she's too. great. She's I love so her. Funny. Yeah. Um, I, let me start off by saying this before I even rate it. I, I, this, this, the, it's got a, uh, really low score on Rotten Tomatoes, like 20 something percent. The audience oh. score is even, even right around there. Maybe a couple percent higher. 
It's like a 27% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. People are hating this movie. And I, I think like what's, what's crazy about this movie is like it, it addresses like body shaming and body issues and things like that, you know. And critics and audiences are – they're criticizing the film. Like when you read all these reviews, they're criticizing it for basically not being the answer to body shaming. Like not the, – the like it's supposed to get the message across to everyone or something. And I think like, like – the the answer to like body shaming and all this stuff it comes from within like within us as a society to to accept people to accept ourselves it is not the job of a fucking comedy movie starring Amy Schumer to change society's mind on body shaming and body issues and self confidence okay so i think like people just need to fucking Put the keyboard down and settle the fuck down and just go see a movie and not expect a movie to address everything. It's a fucking comedy, people. But that being said, it's a low taste it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> the, I thought you were going to Tupperware this movie. No, 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 no. When are you going to be like, I Tupperware this movie? I want to get real. I want to get real, though. And, like, I want to get real. That's the thing. It's like I, a lot of the criticism about this movie is, like, it. it's not because, like, my criticism of the movie is it's really – there's times where it's not that funny. It's just not that funny. Um and I went to see a comedy. I want to laugh. Like, that's my criticism. It's not the fact that, like, this movie doesn't solve body shaming and body issues. And it's – I wanted to – if you want to hear that message, I'm sure there's a fucking documentary out there you can watch. This is a goddamn Amy Schumer movie. What do you say? It's got A.D. Bryant in it. What do you expect? These people are ridiculous anyway. I'm sorry. I, I just I haven't I haven't read the the criticisms of this movie. It's so ridiculous. I wish I could be a little bit more informed. It's a fucking comedy, people. Um it has its moments though. I there's a the the bikini contest and it is pretty funny. And it's not because she's making a fool of herself up on stage. It's not. It's because you're rooting for her and she doesn't give a fuck. And she's and she's killing it on stage. And it's a it's a really awesome moment and um but overall it's just not funny it, it, it mixes elements of shallow Hal and 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 tom hanks's big movie uh it, it actually has a scene of her drinking wine in her apartment watching the movie big getting drunk being inspired by the movie going to like a wishing well and you know uh, a fountain and and making the wish to be able to to, to be beautiful and um, it really steals from Big and steals from Shallow How. It just doesn't do either one of them really great. And there are moments that are hilarious. A.D. Bryant is great in this. This movie needed a lot more of her character in this. Like, they all signed up for, like, this dating app. And, like, she, her profile she put in there that she's a fan of animal interspecies friendships. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And it's just, and it's you know, not not like animals fucking different animals fucking each other, but it's just like <laughs> you know, like those videos of like you see like a baby deer and a pig playing together and shit, you know? Oh yeah, that's the kind of shit she's into, you know. And it's just, I thought it, it's just funny. And then Busy Phillips is in this, and I love her. They don't give her a lot to do. They don't keep her busy. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's you know. It, it, it's a low taste, unfortunately. I, I feel like it starts off 
okay, the middle drags, um, and then the ending is like, the message is great. The message is fantastic at the end. And a lot of people were like, okay, you can't have all this body shaming shit at the beginning and then like leave on this, end on this great message. And I feel like the body shaming and stuff is kind of like pointing fingers at everybody at the beginning. I don't know. You know, I, I, people just need to settle the fuck down with this movie. And I feel like a lot of the score, I think it should be a little bit higher. I just think, I like, I think a lot of the score is people just attacking Amy Schumer for not solving the world's problems. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, you a, imagine, well, I guess I'd imagine the problem would be, um, Trainwreck. Well, that was like her debut, I yeah. guess, feature yeah. film. Yeah. And that was so good. Yes. It was such, so funny. It was a success that people are trying to like anything she does now is going to be compared to that. Did you watch Snatched? We, okay, we tried, I tried, and I got through like half of it, and I just, I just couldn't get through the rest of it. It was just, it, what, that one was just wasn't funny either. Why the fuck did I like it then, June? Like, I, what the fuck is wrong with me? Cause I, I, <laughs> I don't know, I just yeah. couldn't get through it. She fucking, she kind of killed me in that one. I kind of, there's, there's, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like drinking that night, probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel pretty. Uh, don't take my word for it and don't take anybody else's word for it. It's just watch it. You know, um, if you're a fan of Amy Schumer, go out and support the movie. Um, so, you know, make up your own mind and see if you like it. I mean, it might, it might, it might be your kind of movie. So, um, you know, and I, I'm a fan. I'm still a fan. I think she's great. I, you know, I, you know, I love her vagina humor. It fucking slays me. I'm sorry, it does. I'm a sucker for her vagina humor. No, no, that, and you know what? That's that. That's totally fine because my my thing with Amy Schumer is I I'm very fifty fifty with her. I find some of her stuff is hilarious, and some of her stuff just doesn't land for me. But I'm like that with a lot of comedians. I'm like that with like Zach Galifianakis. I'm mm. uh, I'm like that with um. Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen, like it's 50-50. But I, I feel like if she was a, a male comedian up there telling, you know, penis and dick jokes, you know, people would like freaking go crazy for her like she was the second coming of the Messiah. So the fact that she gets up there and tells vagina jokes and takes that power back as a female comedian, I I, I applaud her for yeah. that. Like I, I, I just don't always find her comedy funny, but I applaud her for what she does and i think that she's trying to break down that double standard because you know like let's say god this is a bad example but like louis ck who shouldn't be telling dick jokes about any to anybody but like but like if somebody like him gets up there and tells like a half an hour set about his dick and how funny and blah 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 people are rolling in the aisles and i feel like if she can do that about her vagina good for her i want her to do that because it Brings a little bit of an even playing field for yeah. for, for for women in comedy. I, I you know what that's I want more women in comedy. Like yeah, I, I, me too. Yeah, definitely. I want more women in comedy, and I think Saturday Night Live has had a revival here. And I, but I want more stand ups. Like like uh, Whitney Cummings, I think she's fucking hilarious. Um, and she hasn't done anything in a while. No, she hasn't. No. no, she hasn't. I think I think the success of getting the TV show and seeing it canceled kind of fucked her over a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of messed up. Oh, I forgot her. about that TV show on yeah. NBC. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, I remember the first time I went to the movie theater and I saw, um, what was it, Gina Davis movie where she played, like, the spy or whatever. Um, I love that movie. Um, but she says, suck my dick in that movie. <laughs> and I'd never heard a woman say, suck my dick. 
and I, I loved it. It was the coolest fucking thing ever. And, um, that's, I, you know, that's, I, I love that. I don't know. I love that foul mouth Amy Schumer comedy. I love, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And it's, we need more, we need, I don't know. Yeah. We, we need more women doing comedy and we need more stand up. So it's good. Yeah. Show. I agree. I like Chelsea Peretti a lot too. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with her. Mm-mm. She's the secretary on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Her, she's got a couple stand-up specials on Netflix. They're both hilarious. I like. Uh, oh, I should check that out. Wanda Sykes. I've always been a oh, fan Wanda of her. Sykes. Is oh, great, she's yeah. great. You know, yeah, she's, she's a great. I enjoy she's her. a producer this year on Roseanne. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Blockers. Jake, did you get a chance to see it? No, I did not. Okay, okay. I saw Blockers. Uh, three parents try to stop their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night. It's directed by Kay Cannon. Uh, she was a producer on 30 Rock, and she also wrote and produced uh, the Pitch Perfect films. Um, it stars Leslie Mann, uh, John Cena, and Ike Barinholtz. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about this a lot. This is basically like the girls get together and – they form a pact and they're going to lose their virginity on prom night and it's the parents intercepting their text messages and trying to stop them and it's just like you know them trying to catch their daughters and keep you know basically being they're being they're, they're acting as as parental chastity belts so um i i'm gonna give it a high taste i i really enjoyed it it is not the comedy of the year though in my opinion game night is Still number one. Game night is incredible. <laughs> it is so funny. But this is really good. And I, 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 I lost my shit in the theaters when Leslie Mann says, let's cock block these motherfuckers. <laughs> when, she, <laughs> when she yelled that, I lost my fucking shit in the theater. And there are some really funny moments in this movie. It's just not quite, um, as good as game night. And I'm not saying it's, I'm, like I'm comparing every comedy to Game Night this this year. I'm just saying it's a high taste it because I would watch it again, but like I wouldn't go to the theater to watch this one necessarily again. I would I would definitely maybe rent it or watch it on HBO or something like that. But but it is a lot of fun and and uh, I did enjoy it and it had its moments. And Ike Barinholtz is great in it. John Cena is really really funny in this one. And I love anything Leslie Mann's in. I think yes, yeah, I, I adore her. She is so funny and she's adorable. Oh God, forty. Like, she's just adorable. Forty-year-old virgin. Her scene is one of the best scenes to this day when she's drunk and driving that car. Oh, God. Well, I love the one that she and the spinoff that they did of uh, what was it? Knocked up the This Is Forty with Paul Rudd. Did I? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. That one's so good too. Like she was so great in that one too. Who's she married to? Is it Apatow? It is Apatow. Yeah. And actually, in that, um, I guess in Knocked Up, and then also in the This Is Forty, the daughters. Those are her, like their uh, Judd Apatow. Like those are their daughters. Oh wow, I didn't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. So yeah, high taste this one. Blockers definitely. I mean, if you're looking for a good comedy, um, a good laugh, and I, I think this might even be like if you're a parent. Of an appropriate aged kid. Ah, he's getting fucked up Whoa. over there. Huh? That was me. That was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, my ties action going on over there. Go on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, high taste that one. And, um, I'll, I'll pass it off. I got a shit ton of other things I want to talk about, but I'll go ahead and pass it off, uh, to Rebecca. What do you got? 
All righty. Um, a couple of things. I'm going to talk about two things quickly because I think you guys have talked about it on previous episodes. I did listen to the Thor Ragnarok director's commentary with Taika Waititi. Um, it's a oh, total nice. tough. It's a total Tupperware. I mean, there's no way you cannot listen to that and laugh your ass off. I mean, the movie itself is so good. I still Tupperware that film, but. Um, the 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 director's commentary is just it's magic uh and i almost never listen to director's commentaries because they tend to be so dry to me like and in this scene we see the blocking <laughs> like i can't I, just, I can't take all that but my 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 favorite parts uh is when taika's little two-year-old wanders in and mm-hmm. like comments along with him that's oh my god so there's this so when when the two-year-old wanders in for the first time it's when thor and hulk are in the arena um and she's there going uh-oh uh-oh oh my gosh oh my gosh daddy scary movie like it's it's and then she's telling them be gentle be gentle it is like the sweetest <laughs> cutest thing ever like if you have the dv if you if, if you have the blu-ray watch it with the director's commentary at least once you will laugh your ass off his jokes are so funny I, he I, I mean he, he says he did the motion capture for chris hemsworth in every scene yeah. like yeah. He says it like that <laughs> i mean it, it just throws out random facts about his own life like it's just it's hilarious it's just so good uh i, I talk for where that completely um i also watched the documentary for the last jedi um it's called uh the the director and the jedi about ryan johnson have you oh, guys I watched, watched that this week too Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I watched that and I, oh my gosh, I loved that documentary. Um, if you, again, if you have the Blu-ray for The Last Jedi, absolutely watch that. That's a total Tupperware because it really takes you from like the day they announced Ryan Johnson was the director up until the last day of filming. And there's so many scenes, like sometimes like, with directors, they're so very much like I knew my vision from day one and I knew exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Like, and he's not that guy. Like there's moments where you see him talking to the actors and he's like, I, I go home every night and I second guess everything I've done. I go home and I go, was that okay? Was that good? Was that, was that the right thing? Like he was so worried about not messing it up that I found that so refreshing. And um, the scene where Mark Hamill, um, is acting with Frank Oz, uh, as he's, as he's doing Yoda's the puppet. If you don't cry in that scene, like you're dead inside. Like there's just, uh-huh. it's so emotional because Mark gets emotional and, and like being with Frank and the puppet, like it's not CGI. It's, it's, it's the puppet and he just gets so emotional and Ryan gets emotional. And then, uh, like there's so many moments in the documentary I teared up because, like Carrie Fisher filming that scene with Luke and when, when he comes to help them. I mean, it's just, I mean, the whole room was crying. And of course, like nobody knew like that was Carrie's last, you know, days, but it was, oh God, it was, it's a really good documentary. I, I would talk for where, and I really recommend you watch it. This is yeah. sure on the Blu-ray. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Blu-ray. So, so the Star Wars Last Jedi Blu-ray has like you know the disc with just the movie, and then the disc with like all the special features. It's on the special features disc, okay. and it's really worth watching. Um, it's just so good. Yeah, it's and like so many practical effects that I didn't realize were practical effects, um, which I love. I'm a big fan of that. 
Like the thing that Luke milked, that blew me away that that was real. That's a practical effect. I couldn't, that sea cow that he milks on the, yeah. With the blue milk, yeah. Yeah, when he, that's a puppet. That's the animatronic thing that they made. Didn't they have to? I thought it was CGI. Didn't they have to fly those onto the island, I heard? Yeah. Yeah, they showed him flying it on the island and like setting it up against the rock and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I I Tupperware this thing too. I've actually, I actually watched it twice. I enjoyed it so much. I, the second time I was just looking for something to put on the background while I was doing some stuff and I was like, shit, I'm just going to put it on again. Um, man, it was really good. It's feature length. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, just such a great, it reminded me of the one we got for, not since episode one have I seen such a great presentation of, from beginning to end, the construction of a Star Wars movie. And, oh, um, yeah, the Force really Awakens ins- stuff was terrible, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed, agreed. They did not deliver on the Force Awakens stuff. And, you know, when that came out, I, like, devoured it the first day it came out. But because of how weak the special features were on that, I've kind of just shelved my last Jedi and hadn't really paid attention to it. And this week, I, I put it up and started watching all this stuff. And, man, it, they really delivered this time on the special features. Mm-hmm. And, um, just such an inside look at Ryan Johnson too. Um, I he has the creepiest laugh that I never knew he about. Does. They yeah, they do this oh, montage yeah, cackle. That's <laughs> really yeah, weird. They're, they're talking about like you know whether or not he digs something based on either a he has his bizarre laugh or b he basically makes no noise whatsoever. And then they show like a montage of like five or six back and forth examples of this, and it's hilarious. Like. You, like they say, either he's laughing like the Joker or he just like kind of looks pissed off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. I also thought it was really neat to see like how he dealt with the actors, like how patient he was. And, um, like there's even a part where like Hamill's talking about how he disagreed. And it's like, it, this has been talked about before, but like how he disagreed where Ryan Johnson was taking Luke Skywalker. Um, and then you see scenes of like Ryan and Mark like sitting together and Ryan just talking with him like, like a, like a, like a dude bro, like, hey, like I know and, 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 but then to see Mark having to come to that realization of, of his own humility of saying, I don't own this character, like, I, I, I only, he's only lent out to me. I, I don't own him. And I, I thought it was such a really neat, it was such a really neat way to tell this story of a movie that was so polarizing to the fan base. Um, I, I really recommend watching it. I, I, I think you would too, Jake. Like you just, just really, really watch this documentary. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought Ryan Johnson came off as very intimate and he, he put stuff out there that like he didn't have to, that I think almost mm-hmm. goes against the, the fight of saying Last Jedi is a good movie. Cause I mean, he does come off as a very, scared nervous filmmaker during the uh production of this film mm-hmm. and so I, I think it's really cool that you know he was not afraid at the end to like you know show this behind the scenes intimate look of how he did the last jedi i, I was really blown away by the special feature one of the best special features for a blockbuster popcorn movie i've seen on a blu-ray extra in a long time yeah i i agree 100 percent Um, I also caught up on that show on NBC, Good Girls. Have, have any of you guys been, been watching the show? I watched. Oh, go ahead. Oh, God. That's I'm trying to figure out who was in that. Um, the other one with Retta from, um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. That, 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 that's the one. Um, 
Brian, have have you caught up or you're no, still just on that I, first I, episode? I watched the first episode. It's like I'm going to I'll get back to it. It's all on Hulu and just knowing it's all on Hulu is good. I've been binging, like I said, like Legion and Westworld season one, getting right. prepared. So I haven't had a chance to really sit down and all the new stuff coming out. So I'm going to get to it. I hear nothing but good things. Joe Vitale on the Supercast really likes it. And, and so. Yeah, I, I remember when the first episode started. Like I had said, I don't know how long they can carry this premise. Yeah. And I think you had the same concern, like how long can they carry this premise? And I am, I mean, I've, I've caught up. I am current with all the episodes and I am still, I am still in this. I, I overall like the whole series so far. I give it a Tupperware. Um, each in individual episodes, maybe here and there, I might give like a high taste it, but overall the whole thing is a Tupperware because the characters take such twists and turns that you do not see coming that you're just like, Oh, what is happening with this character? What? Whoa. Like, there's like those kind of moments that happen. So like, like in, in the pilot, it's this premise that there are these three housewives and they all need cash fast. Like they all need money. So they decide to rob a grocery store and it just seems like, okay, that's a premise for a show. Like, where's it going to go from there? But then the way that things work out, I mean, this, even the pilot takes turns. Like there's a scene where, I mean, someone almost gets raped. I mean, and it's, this is a comedy, you know, and you're like, what the it's hell is a, happening? It's a dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, But then like it, it really, I mean, it has like that feel of like Breaking Bad, but like with a dark comedic feel to it. And um. Yeah, I mean, as you said, all the episodes are on Hulu, so I really recommend this show. I, I was, I was hooked from the pilot, and I haven't looked back. I've, mm. I've been watching every week on Hulu, yeah. uh, for this show. I, I really, really recommend. I think it's really well done. I think all the actresses in it are hilarious. I think. And, and they're dealing with like real life situations. You know, what one of the moms, her daughter has this really terrible disease where the medication costs thousands of dollars per month. Yeah. Yeah. And, that was a really interesting story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, you have one who's a single mom and her, her daughter's going through like some gender identity crisis. And then you have the other mom who she finds out her husband is cheating on her and she suddenly has to figure out how to, you know, support the family on her own. Um, it's so good. I, I think it's really good. So yeah, yeah. good girls. I, I Tupperware it. Got, um, uh, Christina Hendricks from Mad Men playing one of the mothers and like, what was, the, the other girl, Anne from, uh, she was, she played Anne on Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. She's one of the moms. I, I actually find Christina Hendricks' character the most intriguing. I think her character is the most interesting, to be honest. And I love, um, I love her character in the show. She's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when you see like where her character goes, the twists and turns she takes. I, I think it's very interesting. Yeah. It's extremely interesting. So yeah. Um I do have a couple of movies that I saw. Um, real, real quick about about yeah. that show. Yeah. Did you did you look up Christina Hendricks's fucking foot? I did. After you told me I did look it up. Oh my god. It's like scary. It's oh my like god. bird talent. Yeah, you guys wanna <laughs> seriously. You know, like you wanna look at a fucked up Google search? Google Christina Hendricks's foot. Oh my I'm god. I'm doing it now. It yeah. is 
It is fucking terrifying. I was watching Tosh.0. I think it was like uh, he came back for his whatever season. I don't know, 10th, 11th. I don't fucking know. And he was showing celebrities' feet. Like he showed Shaq's foot. Oh my god! Like one of one of his toes is pointing straight up, and he's like, "Oh, look, that one's coming up for air." I was dying. Oh my god! It's fucking. It was <laughs> gross, but hilarious at the same time. So, yeah, she's got fucked up feet. Just like, eh, just like, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, with the fucked up thumbs. What's her name? Oh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Oh my. Her gosh. thumbs are like toes. Her, her 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 fucking her her thumbs look like. Peter Dinklage's big toe. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I saw the movie uh, Flower. Has anyone else seen this movie? No, I oh. wanted to. It, it's I I wanted to. It's a rated. It's rated R, and and it. And it got like a fifty something percent on like Rotten Tomatoes, but I didn't give a shit. It looked really good to me. Yeah, th- this movie's not for everybody. I, I just want to say that before I-, I say anything about this movie. This movie is not for everybody. There are people who – I'm going to tell you a little bit about this movie and they're going to say, that is fucked up. I'd never watch that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like one of those films. Um, Flower uh, – I mean the, the, the brief synopsis is a sexually curious teen forms an unorthodox rel- – Kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. Now, this is the sounds like the Allison Mack story. Yeah, <laughs> might be. Like, might be. This might be the origin. <laughs> this might be the origin of her little sex trafficking cult. I don't know. It's weird. It, uh, it it's directed by Max Winkler, who's Henry Winkler's son. Um, and I think it's. I don't know if it's his first film, but I think he's kind of new into filmmaking. Uh, he also co-wrote the script. I mean. So and, and like the big name in this movie is Adam Scott. He he plays a character of a teacher named Will. Um everybody else are like well actually no this other guy's in it Tim Heidecker who who's from Tim and Eric. Oh, fuck yes. Adult swim. Oh my oh, god, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, June, are you a fan? Of oh, I know of Tim and Eric. Um I tried watching the show. I actually like Tom Goes to the Mayor. Oh yeah, Tom, uh, oh, uh, yes, that's a funny I, show. That one I like. Did you I, ever? Did you ever see the? Show, but. Did you ever see the one with Jeff Garland where? Yes. Where, where he makes <laughs> this shirt rats off to you? Yes, rats off to you. Oh my god! <laughs> did you know they sold that on on the Tim and Eric website? Did they really? <laughs> yes, they sold that T-shirt, <laughs> and it had the music video with it too. Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh, I, I see. I'm a, I'm a big Tim and Eric fan, so I love bedtime stories. I love awesome show, great job. I love Tom goes to the mayor. I loved all that shit. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Rebecca, I hijacked. No, your- no. You're fine. You're fine. Fine. I almost oh, said I, yeah. I almost said I hijacked your flower, but I thought that came off might come off oh, a little. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the main character Erica, she she's uh to she's a teenager who really enjoys giving blowjobs. I mean, she really enjoys it and. <laughs> She what she does is she gets uh men who are and she and she's playing a 17 year old. She's not actually 17, everybody. She's actually like 24, 25, but she's playing a 17 year old. And what she does is she gets um older men in the compromising position where she's given them a blowjob and her two friends record it on their iPhone and then she extorts money from these men. 
Um, but she's like obsessed with like she just likes giving blowjobs, <laughs> which is hey, why not, right? So she and and she's making money doing this, and she wants to save up enough money to bail her father out of jail. Um, and in in the movie, we find out that her mom is like this. She's like a mess who like jumps from boyfriend to boyfriend and she's with this current guy and his son has been like in a mental institution and he's released and he comes to live with them. And the movie really is about the relationship between Erica and her stepbrother, Luke. And the movie takes a dark turn that you are not expecting and <laughs> Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. I the know, dark, the, I know. The dark turn isn't gets, the fact yeah, that you've got darker. a 17-year-old g- girl blowing everybody. Like It gets darker than that. Blowing, more, what- blowing more guys than Dante's girlfriend and clerks? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, like that's why I'm saying this movie is not for everybody. I'm telling um, you, I got to go to IMDb. I hope somebody hasn't said it yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna write down this movie blows. <laughs> I mean, that would yeah. be an appropriate thing to say for this film for sure. Right. Um, it. I mean, and the the. I mean, the co- It's a dark comedy. It takes a darker turn that you're not expecting. The story of Luke, her stepbrother, why he's in the mental institution comes out and then there's twists and turns in that story. The story about her dad, there's twists and turns. Um, I, I, Brian, I think you would, I think you would like this. Oh, movie. I'm sure you had, no, you sold it. Sounds me. like a Brian movie, right? Yeah, this is all, I'm all, like, you had me at blowjobs. I mean, I, I was I like, know, I know. like, yeah. and, and like, I got out of the movie and, and I, 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 I I uh, tweeted you about it because it really is like it's your sense of humor and it's like it's messed up mm-hmm. and and the way it kind of all works out in the end which I will not spoil anything I promise um it's kind of weird but kind of great and that's what this movie is it's kind of weird and kind of great and like for me I know it, how it ends like she records David Copperfield and when they watch the playback <laughs> he made his dick disappear <laughs> Right. Oh, Brian spoiled the whole movie for yeah, everybody. Um, for me, this is this is a Tupperware just because it is. It's just so weird, and the performances, especially from the the actress playing the kids, are so good. Like they're so well done. Um, you believe that they're teenagers, and and they look like teenagers, and uh, I. And for, yeah, just for the performances alone, it it should get a Tupperware. But I really, if you're into like weirdo movies with a dark sense of humor, uh, I go see this movie Flower. Uh, It doesn't have an, it seems to have just a limited release. So you may have to wait for it for streaming. But, um, yeah, I would say check that out. Yeah. Um, They were playing it here and I missed it. So. Yeah. Mm. When it comes up on demand or whatever, I, I think you, I think you would dig it. I really do. Um, and then the 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 last thing I have is I saw the movie You Were Never Really Here with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Did anybody else see this see this movie? No, it's <clears throat> that's limited release as well, and it looks really good. Uh, so this is a movie. Um, real quick, it's uh, 
traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, heading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. And Joaquin Phoenix is the big star in this movie. He plays Joe, the main character. Um, there's a young girl in this film who plays Nina. Her name is Ekaterina Samsonov. She's like this Russian model. She's 15 years old. Um, she doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie, but uh, and she's not in the movie for a ton, but she's the girl that he's contracted to find. And... Um, a lot of this movie is like flashbacks to his childhood where he suffered really terrible abuse. And then he's suffering PTSD from his time in the war. Um, he's taking care of his very elderly mother. Um, so there's a lot of really touching scenes between him and his mom, who's played by Judith Roberts. She's been in like a million things. This, uh, this older lady, um, the director, though, is Lynn Ramsey, who directed We Need to Talk About Kevin, if you guys ever saw that film. I've heard about um, it. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting film. I saw that based on a recommendation from Faye uh, Singleton in, in the Army. She recommended that movie to me, and that, that's a really interesting film, too. But but so, like, he's contracted to find this girl who's kidnapped um, – he finds her, he rescues her, but then there's a whole subplot about who's really behind her kidnapping. And there's a lot of like terrible things happen in this movie to him and to other people as he's trying to figure out the conspiracy. And he's just, you know, oh, King Phoenix is like such a weird guy, like, yeah. right? Like he's, he's so weird, weird dude. And, but he's perfect for this role. He's absolutely perfect for it. And the the, the movie's a bit choppy because it does go back and forth. But it does – once you see the whole thing, I feel like it provides, like, the whole picture to you. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff that's left unanswered. And the ending of this movie – again, I won't spoil – it's just so out there. It's so wild. And, and his character is so vicious. He's so, like – like he's so terrible, but at the same time, he can be so gentle and loving and caring. Like the, the dichotomy of that is like incredible. And I mean, this is like another Tupperware. I'm just handing them out, but this is another Tupperware because the movie is so weird and it's violent. Absolutely. Um, but it's so interesting. It's like a character study. It really is a character study. And if, if you have a chance to see it, uh, I think it's really worth seeing. It's a really, really good film. Yeah. That's, I, I love Joaquin Phoenix. So like anything he's in, I'll at least give it a shot. So, cause he yeah, is, I mean, he's a weird dude. He really is. Like, did you guys ever watch the David Letterman interview? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, go watch that. It, it was, it, yeah. It was Jake. Was that legit, or do you think that was a publicity stunt for his movie? I don't remember the David Letterman interview. Really? I, I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like I should know about this. Oh God, so it's tell when me he, more. When he got on, okay, basically he had like said he had retired from acting, and he came out with this like documentary called Joaquin Phoenix. I'm still here, or I'm still alive, or whatever. Um, and that's a really weird documentary, and that, that kind of like kickstarted his career again. But he he willingly left acting and did like this whole documentary. But he was on David Letterman, and he showed up with this huge like Grizzly Adams beard, and was really like just like 
David would ask him a question. He would just give him like one word answers. And it was really awkward for David and David's trying to crack jokes. And it was just one of the most awkward interviews ever. And like David's had some awkward interviews. Like you go back and watch like the old share interviews where those two are snapping back and forth. Um, the, interv- yeah. the interviews yeah. with, with Madonna, they didn't always get along. And so like here we just have like David basically talking to somebody who really doesn't feel like they're in the room with him. It feels like he's like on drugs or it's a bizarre interview. You've, I, it's been years since I've watched it, maybe 15 years or so, mm-hmm. but I would, I would watch this interview, Jake. It is, it is bizarre. So. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to check yeah. that out. Remind me of that after the podcast. I will. I'll send you a message, but yeah, I want to see this movie. What's it called again, Rebecca? You were never really here. Okay. And it, it is based on a book. Um, but I, I would say also too worth watching is um, we need to talk about Kevin, which is done by the same director. Who who stars? Uh, it's a comedian that stars in that, right? I'm trying uh, to remember who's the who's yes. The- uh, John C. Riley plays the father. Okay, and Tilda Swinton is the mother, and Ezra Miller is the kid. Okay, I need. Ooh. I've heard of it, but I've never seen that. Okay, let I, me tell you. So I watched that movie. As I said, Faye recommended it to me. We yeah. did a Lola episode about it because it's directed by a woman. That movie will make you feel very uncomfortable. Good. Like that. That that was like all of my notes on that movie was. I just kept writing, "I'm uncomfortable." This makes this scene makes me uncomfortable. But I feel like good cinema should do that to you yes. sometimes. Like it Absolutely. should make you uncomfortable. Yes. And. And Tilda Swinton is good at making you feel uncomfortable. And Ezra Miller in that film, and he's quite younger in that, his his performance in that movie is so good. That movie's another fucked up movie. Watch uh, um, watch um, what's the other movie he's in? Um, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, based on a book. Fantastic performance by mm-hmm. Ezra Miller in that one. Absolutely, that that's another great film. Yeah. Absolutely, but you you were never really here. That's the one that's out right now. Joaquin Phoenix stars in it. I re- I mean, again, it, it, it is quite violent and some of it is graphic. Um, and there's stuff that is going to make you, it is stuff that's going to make you uncomfortable in this film too. But again, good cinema, I think should make you uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. And I think that this movie is absolutely, I, I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. And, and he's so, and he's got like that really bushy beard in it and he looks like a total weirdo. So, uh, um, who's handing like out, who's handing out blowjobs in this movie, Rebecca? Huh? <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, I don't watch that many blowjob movies. Just, just one a month. That's it. All right. <laughs> one a month. Wow. I didn't know it was such a genre. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> Um, I, I, let me knock out a couple movies. I've got like four movies left, so let me knock out a couple, and then I'm going to hand it over to one of you guys. But um, I watched Isle of Dogs, the new Wes yes. Anderson film. Did you oh, see it? Oh, nice. I did. I watched it a couple days ago. Can I get your – okay, so it's it's set in Japan. Isle of Dogs follows a boy's odyssey in search of his lost dog. It's written and directed by Wes Anderson. This is the new stop-motion animation with – an insane cast. I mean, we've got Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Scarlett Johansson, Jeff Goldblum, Francis, Francis McDormand, Yoko Ono, Greta Gerwig, the director. She, a lot of people don't, a lot of people know her from, you know, directing Lady Bird, but she's also an actress. Um, we've got, uh, Bill Murray, Harvey Keitel, uh, F. Murray Abraham. I was, I love that guy. Um, Ken Watanabe and then Lee Shriver. And, um, I'm going to, June, what did you think about this? Like, I'm a huge Wes Anderson film. Like, me too. The only yeah. movie of his that I did not like was The Life Aquatic. 
which oh really uh, I thought that one it was interesting it's my least favorite but I love yeah. everything else like Darjeeling Limited I love the Royal Tenenbaums I loved uh, Moonrise Kingdom I love Moonrise Kingdom yeah. yeah and then oh god Grand Budapest Hotel I like drove an hour and a half away to see it in theaters so I love Wentz Anderson what did you think it, about Isle of Dogs it, okay so already this movie was just going to be amazing because it was a Wes Anderson movie about dogs like that itself just makes it amazing. Like I don't even need, you know, at that point I'm like, do I even need to watch this movie? I know it's going to be great. It was great. I mean, it was emotional. It was, it was beautiful. The animation and everything was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I Tupperware this movie. I cried. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big crier. Maybe this movie made me cry. <laughs> and the voice performances were great too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm going to echo the fact that I love the animation in this one, but I am in the minority here. I, this oh. is, this is my second least favorite with Sanderson really? movie. I don't know. And everybody loves this. I got to watch it again. I don't think that I was in, <laughs> I feel like I wasn't in the right headspace, like when I saw this. So I've, you know, you guys know that I've had like, the surgery with my Achilles and I was dealing, I would think I was dealing with some, some bullshit with like uh, medical insurance that day and all this stuff. So I need to see this again, but like, I really didn't enjoy this at all. Like I, I liked the animation and I liked a couple things, but I gave it a low taste. I give it a low taste. Wow. It. I, I know I am in the minority here. I got to watch it again. I feel awful cause I love Wes Anderson, but it just didn't hit for me. And I, it, I don't know, like the dog fight with the dog getting his ear ripped off was kind of like, and I, I, yeah, I should, I don't know, I don't, I don't think it was even just like the animal violence that I had a problem with. It was just, I was just kind of bored and like, um, I didn't connect really with any of the characters. Um, I don't know, and. But Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum as a dog, come on. He, he was great. Yeah, I love Jeff Goldblum. He was Goldblum. a gossipy dog. Like every, Jeff Goldblum, every time he, you see him the, as the dog, he's like, did you hear about that rumor? Like, yeah. that's his thing. He's the gossipy I dog. Did, I loved, I loved Oracle. And, uh, what was Children it? Children Swinton. Yeah. Like, was it, was it, was it Jupiter and Oracle? I can't remember the name of the first Yeah, one. Jupiter and Oracle. I think Jupiter was also the narrator. That was, um, yeah. I just forgot his name. He played Johnny Cochran on the OJ show. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance. That was the narrator. Yeah. And I, he's also Jupiter, so. I loved Oracle and Jupiter. I did. I really enjoyed that. And I loved, like, just the stop motion animation was just really incredible. It really is. It's just like, I don't know what my problem was. I just really couldn't get into the story. And I'm in the minority. And, like, so I don't, like, ex- I still want people to go see this movie and support it because it's Wes Anderson and I love Wes Anderson. So I still want people to go out and see this. But it just, I don't know. It just didn't hit for me. I, what about the scene, though, with, like, the flashback scene with Atari, the little boy, and he wakes up and he meets Spots for the first time? Yeah. And they put, like, the little earpieces in, and he's talking, and spots the dog, is, like, hearing him, and the dog starts crying because the boy's in pain, because the boy just lost his parents. I mean, come on, like, that, I was just sobbing. I was like, this is, it's this the, is too it's much. the fact that the, that, that they decided to go with, um, like, interpreters for all these characters, right? And so, like, I never really got yeah. to, I never got to really connect with that character through, like, like, I guess our native, like my native language, you know, 
you know, yeah. English. It's like I'm all, everything that they're trying to. Some of the stuff I didn't know what people were saying um, because it isn't it, it, it isn't Japanese, and so like I didn't know. And apparently Wes Anderson, like he purposely like did not want to use subtitles. Yeah, yeah, and it was creative. It was a creative way to have interpreters and and have the dogs relay what was said. But I feel like some of that was lost on me, unfortunately. And I know for some people, like that creative decision, it totally worked for because I'm. It's definitely in the reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, like eighty nine, ninety percent, or whatever the hell it is, and um, audiences are loving it too. It's just like. It's just, I don't know. It got lost on me somewhere. And it's like, no. I don't know why. So I'm not knocking you for loving this. I am definitely in the minority. So I will tell people, like, if you're a Wes Anderson film, definitely go out and see this. And if you like dogs. I mean, if you like dogs, too. Because this is very much a dog lover's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Before We Vanish. And I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, and I saw it the last night it was in the theater before it vanished. <laughs> yeah, I said that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yep, I, oh. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Um, it's about... Th- hey, Rebecca, are you still here? I'm still here. I'm All right. Thing. I'm just making sure. <laughs> and if you're watching one of your blowjob movies. I thought maybe... No, no. That's, that's <laughs> for later. thought maybe it was like, you got to get that quota in. We're getting towards the end of the month here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, three aliens travel to Earth in preparation for a mass invasion taking possession of human bodies. Uh, it's directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who's best known for Tokyo Sonata, Pulse and Cure. And it's also, it's written by, uh, Tomohiro, uh, Mikawa and based on the play by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Um, let's see here. No, it's written, excuse me. Tomohiro Mokuwa wrote the play and then Kiyoshi Kurosawa helped write this. And then, basically, before we vanish, you have these three aliens that come to Earth and they, they take over three human bodies. Um, they are here to learn about us as a civilization, as a race, and there's also things that they do um, when they get here. Uh, and they do this with, I guess, apparently it sounds like they do this with every invasion that they've ever had. Like, this is not their first invasion. They've done this before. Um, they find a human guide to show them around and help them. And then they learn about us. And how this movie, the way that it shows how they learn about us is fucking brilliant. I've not seen anything like it ever done in any other movie. And what they do is they tap into our minds to comprehend something. They get us focused on something. Like, um, like let's say like family. They don't understand the concept of family. So they want, they ask us to think about family. And then as soon as we think about it, they tap into our minds and they steal our conception of that. So their comprehension, their understanding of family or, or possession, like owning something, like that's another thing that came up in the movie is like possession, um, family. Um, as soon as they comprehend it from us, they steal our conception of that from that person. And so if someone like loses their conception of family, like they wouldn't recognize someone in their family as being a sibling or a parent or a grandparent or whatever. Like they've totally lost conception of, of family. Um, so, you know, possession as well. Like this guy loses the conception of like possession. So like 
he doesn't live in his home anymore. And it's a really interesting twist on stealing someone's knowledge. Like usually like in movies, like they'll just like, you know, put their hand on your head and like steal everything, you know, and then you just walk around like a zombie. Like this is completely different and it's really cool. There's comedy in this too. Like the aliens, when they first take us over, like our bodies, like they learn, they're learning how to walk around. They're learning how to use our bodies. And, and, um, do you see them the, like the, the physical comedy and the way that they move is just like really weird. Like the way they move their shoulders and legs. It's really funny. And like they're invading other people's bodies. So like their family members have no idea why their loved ones are acting so strangely in this. And so I, it, it's like, there's a little bit of like a, it's like a fish out of water comedy thing that's going on here. And then, so these aliens, once they do this, they have to find each other. And then once they find each other, they have to build a device to communicate with like the alien armada so that they, the invasion can happen. And I don't want to spoil this. I don't like, I, I don't know how soon this will be available here. Um, this is a Tupperware. This is fan fucking tastic. And like the special effects aren't great, but I overlooked it because the story is so much fun. It's at times it's hyper violent. At times it's funny. Um, even with the subtitles. And I love this movie. Um, it's called Before We Vanish and it's just a really cool, alien invasion movie that just kind of like came out of nowhere and i loved it so it sounds great brian mm-hmm. like it, it sounds does. really interesting yeah yeah and the, like there's a little bit of Starman in this one too if you like mm. if you love Starman, mm. okay mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of Starman in this um and i love Starman, one of my favorite movies so i highly recommend like once this is available um to watch before we vanish because it is it's, it's it's something different and i really liked it mm-hmm. um i went and saw super troopers too um <laughs> uh, june are you a fan i'm just laughing just because um <laughs> It's how long has it been since the first one? Yeah, I mean, it's been about 15, 16 years. Are they super old now? I don't know. Like, they, they held up. They held up pretty good. Okay. They're, yeah. They, they, they look, they're, 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 they held up pretty good. Um, All right. this is, uh, okay. Super Troopers 2. Uh, when a border dispute arises between the U.S. and Canada, the Super Troopers are asked, are tasked with establishing a highway patrol station in the disputed area. So basically, there's the, the Vermont cops are going up to Canada, and and uh, this, of course, this stars all the guys from the Broken Lizard comedy troupe. Um, you've got some cameos in here. You got Rob Lowe. Um, you get a great cameo from Bruce McCullough from the Kids in the Hall in this one. Yes. I, I, saw, I saw it too. Okay. Okay. And, and when I saw Bruce McCullough, yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. I'm so excited to see him in this. Me too. I love Bruce McCullough. So, um, Tyler Labine is in this. I was happy to see him. Uh, Will Sasso is in this. Uh, Linda Carter's back as Governor mm-hmm. Jessman. And oh my God, she still looks amazing. Right? She does. You should watch the video of her getting her star on the Walk of Fame if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. She looks incredible. She still looks amazing. She does. She's she's gorgeous. Like let, let, let me hold on. let me just say this. Let, let me finish this thought here. Hold, hold on, just you know, like you know, like we we there the, those those allegations of elder abuse regarding Stanley that just came out recently. Yeah, 
if it was if it was consensual <laughs> and if Linda Carter was into younger men, I would show her the true meaning of elder abuse. I am not kidding you. That woman <laughs> is I I would break her hip. I would oh my god. I, I, I you you would call it it would be 50 shades of gray on gray. It would be insane. <laughs> It was, and after when we got done, I would let her. I would gladly let her give me a piece of hard candy. I'm telling you, she is. She is so. Um, Sixty six years old. That woman is. It's unreal. She's just. She just looks amazing. So, all that just to compliment the woman. So anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> Rebecca's talking about 17-year-old girls giving old men head. Whatever. All right. Here we go. I know. We're covering the entire range exactly. and everything in between exactly. this episode. Well, well last, right. ep- last episode, you know, what happens when a bunch of guys get together on a podcast? We talk about butt-fucking, right? You know? So yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> this episode, who knows where it's going to go. Um, but, uh, Rebecca, I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, Super Troopers 2. You know, I I went in a little nervous because it's been so long since the original, and I, I was a fan of the original. I I liked the humor in the first movie; it worked for me. I thought it was really really funny, um, and I was really happy to see all of the guys back. Um, I feel like this is this is definitely more of the same. I think if you like the first one, you'll probably like this movie as well. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a whole lot. The first couple of – I did the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes were like so-so for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care for the bit about them being rock stars. Um, but everything after that um, – I lost my shit like so many times in the theater. I laughed out loud mm-hmm. with um, him taking the the Flova Scotia. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! I just by the end of the movie with that Flova Scotia business, it was hilarious. What was it? It was, like, it was some kind of like a female, like like basically yeah. it was like some some kind of like pill that women would take. Was it supposed to like so so they could have sex during their period? No, it wasn't that, but it's it, it's like the female Viagra. It's oh, that's because, what it was. Okay, yeah, it was just like the female Viagra, where it was like they like like the commercial was like uh, the, the the woman's watching her guy like butcher a deer that he just killed, and he's like giving her the look, and she's like, oh yeah, and then it's like when 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 the mood no when 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 the moment's here, but you're not ready or whatever, you take this pill, and it's like female hormones. It's it's like what like the female Viagra. Okay. Um, but then, of course, he starts, you know, doing all these sort of tropey, typical. Well, he starts lactating you know, at one uh, point. He's, at the end of the movie, he's <laughs> lactating. Um, he like cooks them food, and nobody wants it. And he's like, "You just try to do something nice, and nobody appreciates it." Like, it, I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel here, no, and no, 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 no. I, it's a lot of the same type of jokes. So, I, I think if you're a fan of the first one, you'll probably like the like this one too. I laughed out loud a lot in the theater. Yeah. I thought this one was really fun. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Did what'd you did, rate did it? You, what are you rating it? I, I, I would. Uh, I kind of got to uh, give it your I, honest I, rating. Who gives a I shit what people know. think? No, no, no. I, I high taste it. Um, I, I th- there were some stuff that didn't work for me. Um, and and it's very tropey. Like there's nothing here that's gonna like shock you. Um, all the twists you could see coming. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I, but I did. Fe- I was happy that they did not just recycle jokes. Like I hate 
hate when comedians recycle jokes and then they present it to you like in a new package and it's like I've heard this joke. Yeah. I, I hate that, that that was my biggest complaint with Ted too, was it was full of family guy recycled jokes and I just I hate that. <laughs> I uh, they they like they, they like reference the whole meow thing, yeah. Which I thought was it was done well because it was just a it was just a moment, you know. And, and it's the same guy, it's Jim Gaffigan. They pull him over again, and 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 they reference the whole meow thing, and it's it's funny and it works. But I, and, and they're pulling off shenanigans, and it's not perfect. But oh, I, I would give it a high. Station. Leader of cola in Canada. Oh, leader of cola, leader of cola. Of course, finally, when he gets his leader of cola, I yeah. mean, hilarious. I thought, I thought all the Canadian jokes were hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, it's just, I mean, it's just really well done. Again, they're not reinventing the wheel here. So if you're like looking for some brand new ideas or comedy things, you're not going to find it. But I think if you like the first movie, you'll probably like this one. Yeah. If you like movies like Porky's, if you like Meatballs, if you like uh, Summer yeah. School, Ski School. Broken Les, Broken Lizard, like I, they are anything that it, it's like a throwback to those types of comedies mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that even though like it feels like nobody's making those types of comedies anymore, like I still enjoy that stuff. There's just something fun about that, and I, I like I like that kind of comedy. And some of the jokes are just bad, but I laugh pretty fucking hard at them. Like like Farva. Like swallowing M and M's instead of chewing M and M's, he swallows them. But he, oh, but he chews pills. Like, what the fuck was that about? And then when they call him on, he's like, "I'm a complicated yeah. guy. And, I got lots of layers or whatever." And then there was like that that hockey bar that doubled as a brothel that the mayor, who's Rob Lowe, is like the owner of. He's like he owns yeah. the place. And then like he's punching that guy's dick like it's a speed bag. I was rolling. <laughs> That was hilarious. That, this that guy's dick funny. is literally hanging out, and Rob Lowe is punching it like a speed bag, and it's funny. <laughs> no, don't don't get me. I I enjoyed this a lot. I mean, my whole theater was laughing out loud. Like yeah. people were laughing out loud, and I've heard people say that they didn't care for this movie. I think they were looking for like some new stuff and there is some new stuff but yeah. a lot of it is in the same style as the uh, first no, movie this is, this is comfort this is comfort food right here this is you know what i mean that's like, a great way to describe this is comfort food this it is, is this is what you expect from super trooper it's familiar and this is like the uh, this is the kind of comedy that i grew up watching on like hbo and cinemax like that that porky's meatballs shit you know what i mean like this is that kind of stuff and it's like it's fun for me and and I, I got a kick out of it. I love these characters. I love the guys from Broken Lizard and I'm gonna give it a high taste as well. Like that's that's my rating. Um I I uh and I don't feel like that's a bad rating for a comedy at no, all. I think that's a, a no, great, not at all. Not great at all. rating for a comedy. If you're not a fan of the first movie, if you're not a fan of Broken Lizard, you're not gonna be a fan of this. So just but if you are a fan and you have been waiting for this movie to come out since two thousand and one or whenever this original film came out, go if support this movie. Go out there and watch it. If you're one of the people that have been like, Oh man, I hope we get a Super Troopers two and you don't see this in the theater, you're not helping. So go and support it. Put your money down and watch the movie. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to I wanted to support this this movie and like and um cuz I I have been one of the one of the people that were kind of campaigning for this. I think that they paid for the distribution of this through the Kickstarter. 
Uh, I or, think or, that's I think that's true. Yeah. Like at the end of the film, like at the like the final credits, they do thank all their Kickstarter backers. So yeah, yeah. a lot of this movie they did pay for on their own. Um, I, but the, this movie, it really what what you said when when you called it comfort food, that's exactly what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I walked in expecting to get super trooper type jokes and I wasn't disappointed. I got them and, and it wasn't the same old joke shoved in my face. It was, it was different jokes, but it was spoofs, not spoofs, but it was like just a twist on what I already knew with the whole leader of cola business. When, when, <laughs> when the guy says to him, would you like a leader of cola? And he's like, what? What? <laughs> you have that here? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like every all his dreams came true. Yeah. It was like it was great. Oh god, but he never did get his uh his Yule log roll. His Yule no, with the uh, I love when he's like if you buy 10 you get like this free dessert. Bring them all right now. Bring them all right he's there. Just sucking them all down. Oh my god. And then I mean, he the had- jokes are great. He, I'm serious as a heart attack and I should know I've had two of them. <laughs> oh god. That fucking bear was terrifying that grizzly. Oh. But they showed some of the the behind the scenes and bloopers and stuff, and that grizzly bear was waving at one point, and it was so cute, adorable. But yeah, high tasted. If you're a fan of Super Troopers, go out and support it. All right, it's it's fun. Last movie I wanted to talk about, and uh, Jake, are you you're feeling? I know you're feeling. You're up for a break. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, let me, let me, let me. I know. Oh, no, I know. I was as soon as you passed the baton to I me, know. that was what I was. Asking. I know. And I just, I didn't want to fucking hear it this week, so I thought I was just, I would just, you know, I was. I was. I, was, I considered yeah. hitting mute during the super troopers talk and just peeing without anyone knowing, but yeah, yeah. decided against it. I went and saw. Um, you know what? Let's take a break now, and I'll come back and we'll talk about this. I don't. Yeah, let's let's do that. Thank you. Hey, we are back. All right. I've got a, uh, do I have just one more movie that I want to talk about here? Yeah. I just want to talk about one more movie. I went and saw, uh, Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare. Oh, how was, how was that? <laughs> the new, uh, the new, uh, <laughs> the new, uh, horror slash thriller movie from Bloomhouse. And, uh, I'm a big fan of Bloomhouse. I love a lot of what Bloomhouse has been able to do. And, uh, but if you look, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a, a critics rating of 15%. 15%. Uh, anybody want to take a stab at the audience, at the audience score? Uh, I'll say 57. All right, 57. Rebecca? I'll say 35. 35, June. I'm gonna, yeah, I was about to say, like, give like 40. You would all be wrong. It is 17%. 
Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> so this is like, yeah, within 2%. It is higher. It is higher by Wait, 2%. Is, is this like Price or Right? Like I got the lowest closest? Like do I win something? I, you no, know we what? all busted, so we have to do a whole new bid. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, you all went over. Um, Let's see here. So – uh, IMDb actually, it's sitting at a 4.4 the last time Ooh. I checked on IMDb, which is terrible. Um, but, uh, Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare is a harmless game of truth or dare among friends, turns deadly when someone or something begins to punish those who tell a lie or refuse the dare. It's directed by Jeff Wadlow. Uh, he was an executive producer for TNT's The Strain. That was the uh, Guillermo del Toro vampire show. And then he was also a writer. And uh, he was the writer and director for Kick-Ass 2. Um, so let me let me preface this. And I think I forget what Scott Judy said about it. Like when I posted it, I was seeing this. Scott's right. Whatever. Scott, you said something. It's basically if you go into this movie thinking about it as a comedy, you're going to love it. <laughs> you, you like if you go into this thinking like you're gonna get legit horror and like great acting, but it, you're you're gonna hate it. But if you go into this as a comedy, it is laughably funny. It is it is fucking hilarious. I'm I don't know if I upset some of the people in my theater, but I might have when like things are happening that you're supposed to be like, oh my god, oh wow, shit. I I was like laughing. <laughs> um, I, but I couldn't stop. It was uncontrollable laughter because it was so ridiculous. But there's some shit in here that, like, like, um, first off, let me get my rating out of the way. This is a fucking toss it. Like, this movie's terrible. <laughs> yes. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But if you go into this movie thinking that it's a comedy and appreciating it as a comedy and appreciating it for its bullshit and just, I don't know, just terribleness, you might have a Tupperware experience, okay? So go into it that way. Think about it that way. And I'm not saying to not see this in theaters. I actually had a good fucking time in the theater watching this. It held my interest. Um, there's some shit in here that's kind of – like there's a there's – a, okay, basically here's the thing. Like uh, this guy meets them on their trip to Mexico and he invites them into this game of truth or dare. And this game of truth or dare – is basically, um, it, it turns real, like demonic, like where you have to answer a truth or you die, or you have to perform the dare or you die. There's some twists in this as well. Um, there's a way to stop the demon that's doing this. Um, it's, it, there's a, and there's a lot of fun in this. There's a, there's a dare that involves this girl. She's dared to, Walk the edge of her roof outside, which is like two stories up, and she's dared to walk the edge of this roof while drinking. She has to finish a whole bottle of vodka, and she's doing it barefoot. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, so, like, you've got, like, her friends, like, carrying a mattress around 
trying to catch her if she falls. And then like, you've also got like, they've got like a gate that has like spikes on it. So like, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. She's going (laughs) to fall on that shit. And there's this, there's this, uh, there's a, somebody's dared to sleep with somebody and there's a little bit of a little drama there, you know? And, and, uh, there's, there's this terrible constant forced romance between these two characters that nobody gives a fuck about. Um, the rules of the game are hilarious. It's just this movie is terrible. It is terrible, but oh my god, did I have fun. I I went into this thinking like, oh my god, like this is a comedy and I walked out very satisfied from this movie. I walked out very satisfied. And and Bloomhouse is brilliant. They are brilliant. Like even when they make a shitty movie, it's like it's like they're flipping a fucking house. You know what I mean? Like this movie had a budget of 3.5 million dollars. 3.5 million dollars. All their movies are 10 million dollars or less. The opening night, this movie made 18 million dollars. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. they, they know their audience. It's made a total of 24 million as a Friday night. That's, that's eight, nearly eight times the budget. It's like they're flipping houses. It's yeah, un- they don't give a fuck what the fuck it they, percentage Exactly. Is. We could get truth or dare too. It don't fucking matter because it, it won't make 24 million, but it'll make 12. They'll be, they'll be, it'll make half. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you make a movie for 3.5 million and you know your target audience is gonna be like teenagers. Teenagers wanting to see this movie. And horror, and, and horror fanatics. You're gonna make your money back. There's no gamble. And so like, I, I gotta commend Bloomhouse. Even when they make a shitty movie, they still fucking spin gold out of fucking shit. They can make chicken soup out of chicken poop. It's unreal. It is unreal. <laughs> so, I, I tossed this, this movie. Mo- like, was it bad, like, as like accident, like, was it so bad it's good, like by accident? Like they meant for it to be like a serious horror movie and it just turned out that it's really terrible? Or do they purposely, like make this a bad horror yeah, movie. That's a, that's a good question. Like, is it self aware that it's bad? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, oh God, that's a great question. And I, I, I don't know where to lean on that. That's a, that's a tough one. I, I think that they wanted to, I think that they wanted to, I think this is geared towards a younger audience because it deals with like those, like the relationships between, you know, father and daughter as well as like relationships between boy and girl. And I think it's just geared toward a, a younger audience. So like if you're – I'm a 40-year-old guy watching this yeah. and I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. But I'm also laughing at it. Like if I went in there as like a horror critic, like a serious horror critic, I hate this movie. But if I go in there just like – after – I literally after 20 minutes, I'm like I started to retrain my brain as to how I'm processing this movie and how, <laughs> how I'm going to try to enjoy it. And I was just like, this is a comedy. Like this is fucking hilarious. And um, I, I would just – I wanted to see the different dares and I wanted to see how different ways people are going to die. It's kind of like – it's kind of like you know the fi- that, those Final Destination movies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. how, how creative are, gonna, are they going to get with this? Like to the point where like when two characters are dared to fuck each other, I'm just like, oh my god, rolling my <laughs> eyes and laughing, you know? Um, I, how self-aware it is? I That's a great fucking question. I don't know. Uh <laughs> That's a great question. I can't answer it. I think it's 50% maybe. That's a tough one to answer. (laughs) I mean, the fact that you had such a great time, though, I mean, that's 
at least you were kind of prepared to have the right mindset. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to, uh, Jake, June, do you guys have anything for good pop, bad pop that you want to go over? Um, I really quickly wanted to talk about, uh, I got a game for my birthday called Dungeon Saga. Um, I'm, I've been trying to recreate Hero Quest for my childhood. Have you guys ever played that game? Hero no. Quest, no. No. It's like a dungeon crawling, dice rolling strategy battle game. Uh, it goes for like 150 to 200 bucks on eBay. So I'm kind of looking for a modern experience for, of that. Um, so I'm kind of sending out a plea to any listener that would know of anything like that because this game's pretty good. I give it a taste it, but it's still not really that game. Um, and I would, once we figured out the rules to Dungeon Saga, it became a lot better of a game. The reason I taste it is the instruction book was terrible. And until we watched a YouTube video of people actually playing the game, we really couldn't decipher anything from how bad these instructions were. So once we actually started playing the game, though, I'd give it like a high taste it, but I got to knock it down for these instructions. But yeah, it's called Dungeon Saga. It's about an $80 game. If you Google it, you can find it in a bunch of different places for 60 bucks. It's got like interconnecting board pieces so you can make dungeons of different shapes and sizes and make your own. And, you know, you just get from point A to point B and try not to die on the way. Nice. And I'm kind of looking for that kind of gaming experience, but I don't want any storytelling. I want just all, you know, math and gameplay. Did you I see, don't want to play D&D. Did you see the uh, the Batman Kickstarter board game that oh, came out. Actually, you you sent me a link to that. I yeah. believe that looks fucking amazing. It looks amazing, but it's like you need like six people to like drop money on that thing. It was like, especially like they had like constant updates. Like you would get every update ever if you did like the the platinum experience or whatever it was. It was like three hundred dollars, but you would get every new character, every new every new part of the game that ever like any update for the game that ever came out for this board game. You would you would get it, and it looks fucking incredible but it's like i you know it's like you got to find like five or six people to like split the cost of that because yeah if i was shitting money i'd totally get in on that but yeah just kind of a shooting a plea out to the listeners we got to have a few board game enthusiasts out there yeah that can kind of point me in the right direction to what i'm looking for i'm not sorry about this game i we're gonna play it some more and i really like it but I, it was like even the name, I was like, I found it because it's like almost the analog name to Hero Quest Dungeon Saga, you know? Yeah. So, but no, I got to keep looking. That sucks. Well, yeah, keep mm. looking, and some of our listeners let Jake know. So, yeah, just uh, yeah, at Two Sheds on Twitter. Hit him up. Yeah, two Ds. Two Ds. Two Sheds with two Ds. The number two Sheds with two Ds. <laughs> A terrible Twitter handle. I need to change that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, June. What do you got for your first? For, this is your first podcast. I know. I think it's going very well, June. I would like to actually. I'm not even going to. I would like to invite you back on sometime. Oh, I would love to come back anytime. All right, very cool. Anyway, high praise. She's doing a fantastic job. She knows her fucking <laughs> pop culture. She's not. She's not shy. She's she's jumping in. She's she's jumping over me. She's fucking playing leapfrog on my ass and saying, "Price, oh. shut the fuck up." I, I got something to say here. So we, we, we get a lot of shy first timers, that's for sure. Yeah. So, and not, nothing against them. I mean, you know, podcasting, it's, it's a little intimidating, but you're, you're coming out like, you're coming out swinging like a fucking pro. You're like, you're like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and signs just hitting glasses of water like a fucking mad person. 
just oh, swinging yeah. away. Well, swing, Meryl. Swing away, Meryl. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what the line is? <laughs> it's, yeah. In that one? It was terrible, whatever. It was. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Terrible movie. Um, anyway, my uh, good pop is um, The Americans, final season on FX. Um, I don't know. I don't think you guys have watched it or you, you guys haven't talked about it on the show as far as I know. Um, it's, it's one of those shows that like, they're, they're, they're five Five or six seasons in now? And it, right. There's five seasons. We're in the sixth and final season right now. It yeah. started a couple weeks ago. We're yeah. four episodes in the final season. It's one of the shows that kind of got away from me, and I hear nothing but good things about it. It's kind of like, um, what was the, uh, what was that motorcycle show with those guys, the motorcycle? Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that got away from me, too. I, I was watching, I was watching, so I was watching Orange County Choppers instead and confused when I was on the, uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, message board on, uh, Reddit. And I was like, I don't remember that episode at all. <laughs> I just remembered the, the father with the handlebar mustache yelling at his son. And apparently I was watching the wrong show. So, all right. <laughs> the American, sorry. Yes. The Americans actually, so seasons one through five, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch the first five seasons, but, um, the sixth season, um, we time jumped ahead. Um, we're in 1987. And for those of you who don't know, the show is about, um, two KGB agents who are posing as American married couple living in the DC area. Um, and they have children and they basically have just sort of assimilated into, you know, American culture, American life. And they're basically just, they have a, on their American side, they have like a legitimate like travel agency business, but then they have this covert operation where they're spying on the American, you know, basically um, on their neighbor who's a FBI officer. And um, it's really interesting if you grew up in the 80s because growing up during the Cold War, all you hear is, you know, Russia is terrible, Russia is bad. Um, so you kind of get a different perspective from this couple. But right now we have jumped ahead three years or 1987. And it's just it's interesting to see knowing history, knowing like where this goes, because they're basically fighting for a cause. You know, for no reason. In a couple of years, there will be no Soviet Union. Oh, so now wow. you're kind of speculating, like, what's going to happen to this couple? And then and how, how is this how is this series going to end? Yeah, exactly. And um, you're kind of bringing everyone kind of full circle. Um, you have. Some of these um, Russian um, like embassy uh, folks that you've met in like the first season, and now they're meeting the main couple and the next door neighbor FBI agent. Like he's getting involved in submissions, and so you're kind of seeing this. Everyone starting to kind of get together, and you're waiting for the explosion. You're waiting for everything to sort of blow up everywhere. Oh my gosh! So this is like this is like the final season of Breaking Bad, where like everything's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So uh, and you know what. Carrie Russell is in this. Um, Felicity is all grown up, you guys, because she is she's incredible in this. She is ruthless. She's a killing machine. Mm. And what's interesting is they kind of do like a a really cool gender dynamic here. Um, She is the more patriotic of the duo. The um, one who plays her husband is uh, Matthew Reese. Oh, my God. This has Margot Martindale in it. Yeah. Margot Martindale's in it, too. She's one of the handlers. Shut the hell she gives, up. So she I, gives them the assignments. Frank, Frank Langella is also in it. He's in a couple seasons and he's another one. Oh, uh, it's got Noah Emmerich in it. I love him. He's the FBI next door neighbor. Nice. Apparently that actor, he's, um, he's ready for this to be over because he is tired of fans berating him for not knowing for that you live next door to two KGB officers. 
because his character is actually best friends with the husband. This is so that's a little messed up too. This like is they, very Breaking Bad family. because like you had Walter who his brother-in-law was like, you know, yes, yeah, it is. It's very much like yeah. that. And so, um, yeah, they're like, they're best friends. They hang out, they drink beers. And so, but the, when he plays the husband, Matthew Reese, he is, he takes these like self-help like seminars and he's very much like in tune with his feelings a little bit more. He has, um, he has a lot more problems with the sort of ruthless killing aspect of it. Huh. Which a lot of times you don't see that. And most of the time it's the woman who has that sort of moral, like, kind of conflict. Have you seen them throughout the, you know, five seasons and now you're entering the sixth? Have you seen them become, like, more Americanized through all this? And maybe. Oh, yes, definitely. In fact, the husband, he is, like, they own this travel agency. And so in the sixth season, he has expanded it, except he's not as successful as he thought he was going to be. It's like, he is the immigrant who came into America, like kind of going for the American dream and realizing the American dream is not all that it's cracked up to be, or it's not really all that it promises. So it's interesting to see him sort of try to grasp onto American capitalism and fail. Wow. This is this, is this streaming anywhere? Cause I feel like I need to watch yeah. this now. Amazon, Amazon, <laughs> Prime, yeah. Amazon prime has one through has seasons one through five. And then, um, the FX app, I think has, the current season. Oh my god, this looks fucking incredible! It's uh, I, I, yeah, I have got to, I have got to watch this. How many episodes are in a season? Thirteen. Yeah, it's not long. 13. That's um, not bad. That is not mm-hmm. bad. So, but yeah, it's it's so good. And um, I know Carrie Russell and uh, Matthew Reese, they have been nominated for Emmys each year that the show has been on, and they never win. <laughs> And when you watch the show, you're going to wonder, like, how come you guys never win? I mean, they need to win. They have to win this next year. The last season, they have to win. You think that yeah, they're, they're due. They're yeah. so They're both so good in this. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I definitely want to watch this now. Like, I've heard nothing but good things. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't really know 100% was about. And, like, FX, like, markets the shit out of this on their commercials. So. It's one of their one of their more popular shows, so yeah. yeah. So um, that's my do, good pop. So they do kind of a bad job advertising it, though, because you make it sound really great. But the commercials are—I I see tons of commercials too, and it's very much. I just, think the commercials. The logo. I think the commercials are geared towards people that have been watching it, like because, like, when I watch the commercials, they'll talk about you know, like what the new season's heading into and everything. But like, the whole premise is kind of like lost on me. So. Mm-hmm. But what else yeah. do you have? So, yep, that's my good pop. Um, as for bad pop, <laughs> I I made the decision, I guess, back in the fall. I was like, I am going to watch everything MCU in anticipation of Infinity War. And I meant all the movies, all the TV shows. Okay. And this this past week, I immediately regretted that decision because if I, may, if I was going to watch all of it, it was going to be all of it. And that included Inhumans. Oh God! And my God, mm. like, and I—that's when I decided. Why did I take this? <laughs> why did I decide to do this? The stupid project because I have to watch Inhumans, and you guys, it is so bad. <laughs> but I, wa- I watched all. I watched the entire season. <gasps> you did? I did, and it is <laughs> so, so terrible. Like, there's no. I can't. I can't think of one redeeming thing about it. 
I thought like oh I thought like the Inhumans had like the same rules as like that movie The Ring, where like if you watch the VHS tape, you die. Like, oh no, I was. Not- <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I did it though. I watched it. Cause I, I only watched two episodes. I couldn't go beyond. Too. I listened I, to Jake talk about the first one, and I never watched any of them. I was, I, I'm pretty sure Dan West watched them all, too. Oh, he God. did. I, I, I was on that episode, Jake. You and I were the only ones that had watched it, and we talked about how terrible it was. It was terrible. I Part of me wants to see more just because it, it was terrible <laughs> yeah, on a whole new it's, level. It's embarrassing. Like I, You feel embarrassed for the actors in it. Because you're like, oh my god, like I feel like your careers are over at this point because it is that bad. And at what point did someone just not go halfway through of like making this? Go, you know what? Let's just let's just walk away. No, halfway through they said, you know what? We should put this on an IMAX screen. <laughs> why? That's, yeah. like, that's insane. Like, why would you put and it the was, first two episodes? It was an IMAX. IMAX. It was an IMAX for like it felt like a week or two. Yeah, the first yeah. two episodes and. Yeah. I think it made a week. I, I don't think it even made two weeks. No. Yeah, it was definitely in the theaters though for a week. I remember checking and seeing like and hearing about like the totals and the numbers were just terrible. So it monopolized IMAX theaters for a week. That is unreal. <laughs> and there's I heard it I heard there's nothing to warrant it being an IMAX at all. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like the effects are awful. Like whoever the Medusa character, her hair, it's just terrible. And I that op- I think yeah, Jacob Rocky said saw the first episode. That whole scene when her power gets taken away, which essentially they take a razor and just shave her head, and it's mm-hmm. in the slow motion, and she's ugly, <laughs> and she's ugly crying, like not like pretty Hollywood crying, like she's ugly crying, and it's in slow motion, and his hair is like falling. It. it yeah, but I made myself watch it all. Oh um, my god! It made me mad though because I like Agent Carter, and I had actually not—I had not finished the second season of Agent Carter, so I did that this week as well. And they canceled Agent Carter, and then they brought on humans, and you're sitting there wondering, like, what in what universe was this ever a good idea? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a good point. A- Agent Carter was a, definitely a fan favorite. And it was a it was a well done show. It was really well done, actually. The yeah. sh- that show, I mean, I think it, it's, I think it does not get a lot of credit like that it deserves. Um, it's be- it's a beautiful show, actually, like stylistically, that sort of the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, and it's doesn't take itself too seriously. And it, I don't know, I, I liked Agent Carter. I'm very sad they decided to end it. So. And then to give all that money to fucking and humans for and then, whatever reason. So throw in the IMAX theater. That's my bad, Pop. That's terrible. So are you already an Agents of Shield fan, June? Like Dan West, the uh, beautiful British boy, I am caught up on Agents. <laughs> I love Agents of Shield. He is the only person on your show that I've heard that likes that show. Uh, I know other and people that like it, but is, is really, it? Is it, it was, I like it. Was it every season? Because like I couldn't. I I was like. Four episodes away from finishing season two, and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. And that's when I started liking it. It was, um, I tried watching season one. I didn't really, it was when season two picked up, and that's, it, it got better, I think. I felt like the characters a little more developed. Um, season four, the, like last year, was really good. That's what that's I heard. What they, I heard with Ghost Rider, it was kick ass. Ghost Rider was great, and they kind of do the LMDs. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, the life model decoys. Yeah, stuff. and then they actually do the framework, and they kind of do like a Westworld kind of thing, or use a virtual reality. And oh god, don't no, do not do not put Westworld in the same set. Yeah. <laughs> Westworld is confusing. I need to go back and rewatch. I tried watching it. Um, I need to. That's a show you cannot just have on in the background. Oh god, no. you actually have to watch it. Oh because, yeah, you um, do. Oh, I had yeah. my my Westworld rewatch was so amazing this year because like last year it was like me watching the episode, then taking notes and then watching it again and taking notes and then like talking with Ashley about it. And this time it was just like I'm just watching it for fun, like and getting out of it what I got out of it. And I felt like I even had like a more of an understanding and more of an appreciation of these characters like upon like watching it like some of these episodes for like the third and fourth time. So. Fucking oh god, and I'm missing the premiere tonight to do this fucking shit with you guys. So huh. <laughs> that's fine. I, I'll watch it tomorrow. It's not, I'm just gonna avoid social media. So, but yeah, Inhumans. It's a toss it. Oh god, I mean, if there's do you have something worse than a toss it? Like I just <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like one of those where you have to rate it, so you have to get like a one star. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to give it any stars, yeah. but like you can't. Like, that's what this is. Like, yeah. you wanted to not even give it a rating because it doesn't deserve one. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Do you have uh, do you have anything else for Good Pop, Bad Pop? No. That's, oh, and then I saw Isle of Dogs, which I loved, so. Yeah. I uh, One last thing. One last thing um, that I wanted to talk about, and then I want us to talk about a couple trailers. But um, I, I did go, and everybody's like, why did you do this? I went and saw um, the season finale of Walking Dead and the premiere of Fear the Walking Dead in the theater. Um, I wanted the experience. I wanted the experience of seeing it on a big screen with a crowd. Um, I just wanted that experience, I, I, you know, to watch The Walking Dead with a crowd. Um, I, I had a lot of problems with the finale, but I did, I did overall enjoy it. Um, there was some stuff that wasn't earned in it and the people that, am I the only one that watches Walking Dead? Out of you guys, yeah, yeah, I don't watch it. I, I, I haven't watched it. Me okay. either. All right, so there, I had a lot of problems with the finale, but there was a lot of payoff, which I felt like was desperately needed with The Walking Dead. Um, one of the biggest problems that Scott Gimple has, in my opinion, is carrying threads over two, three seasons down the line. Um, when people have kind of forgotten these things, like there's, you've got um, uh, Tara holding a grudge against Dwight for the death of Denise, which happened like in season six. And that doesn't get taken care of until this season, season eight, half the people don't even fucking remember who Denise was. So, (laughs) I mean, it's Scott is, but there was a lot of payoff in this episode as far as like, um, a lot of threads kind of, um, you know, being, being taken care of. There's not loose threads anymore. A lot of arcs have now ended. And, uh, I really enjoyed it for that because it was a lot of payoff. Um, there's stuff that I didn't really agree with. Uh, this Negan redemption arc that we're on, I don't feel like it's earned. I'm not buying it. Um, he's still a bad guy in my opinion. They tried to basically put all the, the evil shit on Simon before Simon was taken care of this season. And I still feel like Negan is not without his faults. Um, they didn't do a great job of showing Rick turning into Negan and them trying to show basic portray that Negan was a good leader and was trying to do things to keep his people safe. This guy was still taking on multiple wives and a creep 
And, you know, it doesn't take away from that. So this Negan redemption arc was kind of fucked up. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the episode uh, for tying up these loose threads and, and ending some of these arcs. And it puts us in an interesting situation with Maggie and, and Daryl um, next season to see what they're going to do. And it'll be interesting to see if um, Lauren Cohen is going to re-sign with the show. She plays Maggie, and she signed up for another show because they weren't offering her the same money as Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln. So I think that AMC needs to step up to the plate and do what HBO's been doing with Tandy Newton and Evan Rachel Wood and paying those ladies the exact same amount that they are paying Hopkins and um, Ed Harris for Westworld. Because I feel like after – I feel like honestly in that first season – it made sense. Like you've got Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins. They've been in the business for a long time and they've, they've, they were the guys, they earned it. But I think after the first season, we've, you can't do that show without Evan Rachel Wood and you can't do it without Tandy Newton. Mm-hmm. And they're just as valuable. They earned it. And, you know, and, and we're, I think we're going to see that with Patty Jenkins and, and, um, you know, Gal Gadot as well. We're going to see their salaries go up and get a bump. So, um, it's nice. It's nice to see. It's just like that. Just like basketball players, you get that rookie contract, right? So, <laughs> and I, I feel like they, you know, once they've proved themselves, and I feel like they have, you know, they're gonna get that bump in pay. And, and AMC, AMC, a bunch of fucking cheapskates over there, in my opinion. So, um, but I did watch the. I haven't watched season two or three of Fear the Walking Dead, but I stayed in the theater and watched the season four premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, Morgan is now joining that show. And if you guys hear that, it's my cat rubbing his fucking head against the microphone. <laughs> and I apologize. But, um, I, I don't know what happened in seasons two and three. And I've heard mixed views. Like I've heard some people loved season three. Some people hated it. This season four is fantastic. And I, I, the only reason I'm going to go back and watch seasons two and three is because season four premiere, was a fucking Tupperware. It felt like a comic book. This is, this is better than the actual flagship show. Um, we've got new characters. The, we've got Morgan coming over who I'm familiar with Morgan, but we've got new characters. Um, Jenna, Jenna Elfman's going to be in the show now. I don't know who she's playing. She was not Mm. in the premiere though, but she is going to be part of the cast. Um, you've got a new character called Althea and she's got this SWAT truck, this armored SWAT truck. And when she sits in the driver's seat, she can pull this lever and these machine guns will just kind of like, there's like this, uh, door that opens up on the side of the SWAT truck and these machine guns just like, like they, they just like mow you down with bullets. Um, you've got, um, I forget the name of the actor, but he played, uh, the father um, the old, like the, the father of hope, uh, the grandfather of hope on Raising Hope, that comedy. Um, he was also in Deadwood. He played the guy that killed, um, oh God, um, was it Buffalo Bill? Not Buffalo Bill. Wild Bill. Buffalo mm. Bill's from fucking. Oh, I, Science I, of the I, Lambs. I, yeah. Silence of the I can picture his face. I can't yeah. remember his mm-hmm. name, but I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he, pl- talking about. he played the actor that, that killed Wild Bill in Deadwood, but he's playing what's kind of ironic about that, Deadwood, but he's playing a character named John Dory who's a gunslinger. 
and we don't I don't know his backstory but he's dressed like a cowboy and he's a gunslinger he shoots like a white ivory handle pistol and he does like the the gunslinging tricks <laughs> and so I and he talks about another woman that had that that he was in a relationship with that has the same gun with the same ivory handle and so like what's his backstory and it's just really cool to see a gunslinger in the zombie apocalypse I don't give a fuck that's comic book cool that's awesome mm-hmm. so i really enjoy that aspect of the show now and then you've got of course you got morgan coming in so i loved the fucking premiere of fear the walking dead it was awesome there's some great action going on in that episode so i might slog through seasons two to three just to get caught up just so i kind of know what's going on with the other characters because i did watch season one but um, that's all I got for that. Um, Can I ask a question about the Walking Dead thing? Yeah. What was um What was the uh, turnout like for that? I'd say that uh, I'd say at first one I got there half an hour early, but I'd say that maybe sixty percent of the theater was full. Um, okay, that's it, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of fans there, and it was really cool to watch it with fans. Um, they also had zero commercials. So when the show started at eight o'clock on AMC, um, by the time when it was nine thirty-seven, and I had already watched both episodes, so when they're still playing on AMC, like I didn't watch any commercials. Like you knew where the commercial breaks were, but it would just go to the next scene. It was instant. Oh, that's cool. It Mm -hmm. was very cool, and it was instant gratification. So Rick's fighting with Negan, and like, where's this gonna go? Commercial break, you're sitting there watching your fucking, uh, you know, uh, Matthew McConaughey try to fucking sell you a Lincoln, and I'm, I'm watching. (laughs) I should have got on Twitter and been a spoiler asshole. No, that, like, I didn't want to be that guy. (laughs) I know. They, they, they were, that was a big thing. Like, they kept having that pop up on the screen, like, don't, don't spoil this for, for people, cause I was, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not buying this Negan redemption arc. So, and, and, the, and, and, and they tried to, there's this letter that Carl writes to Rick that's a very kind of like, uh, I don't, it's a very well thought out and letter, but like we never saw that side of Carl in the series. It's, it's, it's basically like if Carl was like the sage of the ages, like an oracle of wisdom, like Mr. Miyagi or some shit. And he wrote like this amazing letter like that. But we never saw Carl talk like that in the series. So I'm like, this kid must he very he must be very introspective because like I've never I'm not buying that this kid fucking wrote this shit. Nothing on the show has ever shown me that Carl could write a letter like this. But um, I don't know. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of payoff to a lot of different story arcs that Scott Gimple has been like threading throughout fucking two to three seasons. And thank God they're ending. And thank God that we're getting a new fucking showrunner next season. Hopefully somebody to bring, cause it's, it's, there have been some bad episodes and they've neutered Daryl and I'm about had it. So, um, but this was a satisfying season finale for me. Uh, can we talk about the Jurassic World final trailer that just came out? Yeah. All right. I kind of want to break it down and I want to get your guys thoughts on it. (laughs) Um, so let's, let's talk. I, I, let me break it down here real quick. The trailer starts off with the T-Rex sedated in the cage. We get Chris Pratt in there and he gets spotted by the T-Rex. Um, 
that I don't know crazy scene and they're trying to basically they're trying to get 11 species off the island to save them because there's going to be this volcanic explosion um they want blue the raptor off the island so they're going to try to use Chris Pratt uh played he plays Owen to get blue off the island because he raised her she's familiar with him um uh, so they plan this dino rescue operation uh we find out in the trailer that Owen and um, Claire are lied to, and it looks like the 11 species were kind of like handpicked by possibly the military to be weapons. So kind of building off of the uh, the Vincent D'Onofrio villain storyline from the last film where he was wanting to weaponize them. And uh, they also create a new species of dinosaurs that looks to be kind of like a super killer um, that they're going to weaponize. And, um, we get, uh, we, in the trailer, we get a team up of Blue and Owen going after these killer experimental dinosaurs. And, and we get a shot of, uh, of, we get a hot shot of the Mosasaurus, that huge aquatic dinosaur that we saw in Jurassic World, uh, biting at a helicopter. We see Blue jumping out of a glass window, getting away from a room that explodes. Uh, we see the Mosasaurus coming through a wave. At what looks like a public beach with surfers, and um, we see the uh, genetically experimented on dinosaurs are in people's homes now, and Blue and Owen are going after them and uh, working together to stop them. And so we see these these creatures chasing children, and there's a lot of scary kind of stuff in the trailer. Um, what did you guys? think of the final Jurassic World trailer? Um, I thought it was the best of the trailers so far. It's the one that made me the most interested to see the movie, but I don't know. I still haven't seen anything that's gotten me really all that excited for this movie yet. Rebecca. Sure. Okay, sorry, Jake. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm going to agree with uh, Jake here. I actually like this trailer much more than the first one. The first one was like okay to me, but I thought this one was much more interesting because it gave us uh, obviously like more details and stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I'll see this movie. I'm just not like over the moon hyped for it, but I – I will say that seeing this trailer has made me a little bit more interested in seeing the movie versus the first trailer. All right, June. This movie will have to be better than the first one for the fact that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is actually appropriately dressed and running around in the jungle because she's not wearing high heels this yes, time. Thank you. My thank God. You. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, she's wearing like <laughs> pants and a jacket and boots and not Manola Blahnik. So um, that itself. But. I feel like, don't you think this is kind of becoming a commentary on how humans are just really stupid because we don't learn anything? Because we're doing the same thing over and over again. Like, we keep, like, we want to weaponize these dinosaurs that didn't work out in the first one. Or we want to create these hybrids. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, you're right that the new trailer, it did give a lot more information as to what the plot is. But it it made me a little more irritated. Like, this is where you're going with it. So, I don't know. I'm the only one that... I loved the first trailer. I loved... I, well, hold on. I loved Jurassic World. It was one of my favorite fucking movies of 2015. I loved it. Um, I actually... I love Claire's... I love that character, Bryce Dallas. I bought my own set of heels and started... 
<laughs> I started my own kind of like uh, like little morning jogs, you know, outside. I would do them in heels. Um, that's how you hurt your your foot. That's how I hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. True story. True story. No, I love Jurassic World. I thought it was fantastic. It was a fun action movie with dinosaurs beating the shit out of people and and uh, fucking some shit up and, uh, and and an actual functional park. Um, and then in this movie, in this trailer. Um, I, I, I'm excited for this. This, this looks, it's very experimental in my opinion because like, I, I do feel like it was revealed that the first 50 plus minutes in the first trailer where we see the island evacuation, that's, that's, that's all we're seeing there is the first 50, 52 to 57 minutes of the first film is what they revealed, the producers said. And the second half of this film that we saw in the trailer is taking kind of more of a, as to where like the first part is like an action adventure part. The second part of the trailer of the film is going to be a horror approach. And I feel like, and for me, when I saw that they're going to go with the horror approach of this, with this genetically experimented on dinosaur and the fact that we're getting this director, J.A. Boyana, who is a, He's done horror thriller movies. So back in 2007, he did a, a horror film called The Orphanage. I feel like this this director is definitely you got to get your action adventure in there. You got to get these dinosaurs off the island. But like, I think that's where J. A. Boyana is really going to have a lot of fun with this. Is when we get to the horror aspect of this film. And I think he's really suited as a director to to scare us. Like, since you know, like you watch movies like Jaws, and I feel like that's what he's going to try to do here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we see a lot of films do this with their properties like terminator the first film was a horror film and then terminator 2 was an action film this film feels like it's actually trying to do both things within the same movie it's experimental but i like it and i felt like the first film jurassic park did this in a in certain ways too when we got the dinosaur action chase scenes but then we also get like scenes of like the kids trapped in in the car with the big scary Tyrannosaurus Rex eyeball looking in there yes. trying to eat at them, and then like the kids in the kitchen with the raptors. Like that's- that was like that that was. Mm-hmm. I remember like right. I, I was a kid. I guess I was like in middle school or something. That movie came out. I remember being scared. Like that yeah. whole kitchen scene, yes. just being tense and like. So scared the whole time. I think it's the same formula we're getting here, guys. I think, like, I think it is. In a way, the action-adventure stuff in the first film was just looking at these CGI effects for the first time. Like, that's enough. Like, the first shot of, like, the Brachiosauruses and the Gallimimus and, like, all these things. Like, when we first got to, like, look at these things, that was, like – Oh my God, we've never seen anything like it. And then the movie terrifies us with those things. And I think this movie is taking that same approach. Um, I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. I think this movie looks fun and I can't wait to see it. It's not going to do the numbers that the first movie did. Um, Jurassic World, excuse me, and Jurassic Park for that matter. But I think that this is just going to be – for me, being a fan of Jurassic World – and with this director, I think this is, I think this is perfect. Um, I can't wait to see this one. So I, I absolutely loved it. No, I will agree with you. Like the dinosaur in this one, like this hybrid dinosaur they make in this one, it, it does seem a lot scarier than the Indominus Rex from, cause honestly, I was a little, the Indominus Rex was not that scary from Jurassic World, the hybrid that they made in that one. This one does seem 
pretty scary, especially the yeah. the part with like with the little girl in the bed and he like sneaks into the room. Like that was that that was actually legitimately scary. I think so. it's the difference between I don't know if this analogy is going to work, but I think it's the difference. <laughs> I love it when I have these little conversations <laughs> with myself. But I think it's the difference between uh, American zombies and European zombies. Like American zombies are slow and like, bleh, but like these European zombies are fucking running, right? I feel like I feel like these smaller fucking you know dinosaurs, like raptor like dinosaurs. The fast ones, there's, I think raptors are scarier than fucking. And they're smart. Than T-Rexes, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You don't see them coming. Absolutely. And they're so, and they're smart, like they can have puzzle solve, you know, they can find you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they hunt in packs. It's like, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I feel like this movie, I think it kind of, I think it did hurt itself a little bit with the second trailer as far as like getting an audience in there. I think a lot of parents are not going to want to take their children to see this movie where you've got a monster going into a kid's bedroom. So I think it kind of hurt itself there. But on the flip side, I think a lot of parents would have flipped the fuck out taking their kids to go see this dinosaur movie. And then their kids are crying in the theater. So maybe it was a smart move to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's always – I. I think you brought up on it earlier, but Jurassic Park has always kind of had that flavor too. I remember yeah. the smaller, younger set being pretty damn scared at the first one too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I remember I, I took my uh, nephew, uh, to Universal Studios, um, when we, when he was a real young, I'm talking like five and we went on the Jurassic Park ride and, um, uh, he was terrified. Wouldn't open his eyes. Like oh. what? terrified and then, you know i mean at the end of the ride you go down a fucking waterfall and you've got a t-rex like roaring at you you know so i can i can kind of understand that but um yeah dinosaurs can be like i loved dinosaurs when i was a kid so i think oh yeah part of me kind of like part of that stuck with me like coloring books i was always coloring dinosaurs i had dinosaur toys i was a big fan of dinobots from transformers i love dinosaurs i was obsessed with dinosaurs and um you know and uh, just something so it's something that looks mythical but that actually fucking existed i was just yeah. it just blew my and so like these Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies for me, they just work for some reason. And these, these trailers get me excited. And like, I can't forget, like, this movie has Chris Pratt in it. This movie, Dice Bra- Dice Bra- uh, Dice, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. She, I loved her in the first movie. Heels or no heels. Like, and I talked about that on the episode that a lot of people had a problem with that relationship of, of him being like the manly man and her being the way she was the business. And it just reminded me of Sam and Diane from cheers and that. And, yeah. and, and that was a fun dynamic watching that show growing up. Um, you know, that dynamic didn't bother me so much as the, she's not a good aunt dynamic that my eyes were rolling very heavily at that. Well, not every, not Jake, not every, not, a, not everybody's a great aunt. Okay, there's some shitty yeah. ants out there. We just had, a, unfortunately, we, we we were following a uh, following a shitty ant. But I feel like, you know, she was a, she was <laughs> business first. You know, that's just the story. It's like you're not gonna you're not not every movie you're gonna get the ant of your dreams, right? So no, I don't I don't need an ant at all. To be honest, I don't know. I hear you, man. I, they wanted to throw kids in. The, my... They wanted they wanted to find a way to throw kids in the story because it's 
for some reason, and it, I guess it's the formula. It's the Jurassic Park formula. Is 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 dinosaurs scaring kids? Just seems to work. No, I hear you. Jurassic Park, the first one, is one of my three favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So, I mean, I hear you. I love yeah. it. I just yeah. don't think anything's even come near it. Yeah. Since that first one. And I honestly wish none of the other movies existed. Oh, God. No. Jurassic World for me. Like, fucking Lost World, forget it. The third one, terrible. But I loved Jurassic World. I loved that movie. I bought, I bought the fucking, like, when it came out on Blu-ray, I didn't just buy the Blu-ray. I bought the one that comes with the Jurassic World lunchbox. Right? <laughs> I am not fucking kidding. I will throw up a picture of my Jurassic World lunchbox that the Blu-ray came in. I loved that fucking movie. I don't care what anybody says. All right? Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, guys, did you watch the trailer for Equalizer 2? I did. All right. All right. I love the Equalizer. Big fan of Denzel Washington. Loved that movie. Came around, came out around the same time as the John Wick stuff. And I think both movies worked. What did you guys think about this trailer? I thought it was good. I've never actually seen the first movie. Shut the fuck up. You got to watch this, Jake. It's fantastic. It's got, yeah, what's the, her name? Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, um, hit, hit Girl. Hit Girl's in it, man. You got to watch this shit, dude. Um, I, I'm going to Tupperware this trailer, though. I, I The trailer made me want to watch the first one. It, oh. it reminded me of, like, the old, like, just kind of 90s action movies where it's just, like, a man on a mission. And he's serious about getting the shit done, you know? I yeah. I haven't seen, like, a movie with that kind of tone or feel in a long time, and it really made me want to check it out. Yeah, Rebecca. So I, I thought this was a great trailer. Tupperware, that's awesome. Rebecca. Yeah, I, I also Tupperware this trailer. I am a fan of the first Equalizer movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a whole lot. I thought it was really good. I love seeing Denzel as an action hero. I love Antoine, Antoine Fuqua directing him in this. Um I thought it had a lot of like, yeah, it had like that, that like really excessive violence that you expect from the movie, but it had like little moments of levity that I thought were really well placed. The the whole Star Trek joke really like made me laugh. No surprise. Um, (laughs) but I, I also Tupperware this trailer. I'm so excited to see this movie when it comes out. And, um, I, I thought the trailer was cut together really well. And I thought it got me, it it got me really excited to see a sequel to a really good movie. Uh, June, have you watched the first equalizer? No, actually I have not, but however, I will give this movie a very high taste it. Um, because it, it, I want, I want to see the first one now. Yeah. Um, because it did make me like actually, and I did go back and watch the trailer for the first movie. Um, it reminds me of Taken, like the Taken movies, a little bit, yeah, kind of yeah, like the ex CIA guy yeah. who gets roped back into the business, even though he doesn't want to, because he needs to, and yeah, crazy action scenes ensue, car chases, and. Yeah, I uh, some uh, what this trailer did for me as an Equalizer fan of the first movie was it, 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 I'm so glad that it, it showed us the scene of like him going into the room, having to do the thing with the guys and and timing himself. Like that's mm-hmm. directly out of the first movie. Yeah, and one yep. of the things that I love about the Equalizer is like he's always pushing himself and and he's very calculated. And I love how like anytime he walks into a room, he it's almost like it's almost like a pool player like getting ready to perform his next shot and like look at the geometry of like the shot and you know and he he's looking around the room and basically his mind works that way it's like how am i going to kill these people and how 
quickly can I kill them? You know, and how efficiently can I kill them? And um, it's very, it's fucking awesome. I love that Pedro Pascal is going to be in this movie. I love that he's going to be in this movie. And I thought that he was going to be the villain in the film. He still might be, but it looked like the trailer makes it look like he's more of an ally. So I don't know. So we'll see. But, man, I I love this trailer, and I can't wait for Equalizer 2. This looks... I like the Uber rating is probably my favorite part of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. give me a five-star, and he gets in the car and looks at his phone, and, like, the five-stars pop up, so... Oh God! Oh God! When Den- that was funny. Yeah, when Denzel wants to, man, that guy can just fucking act. And for the longest time, I was just like, "Oh, this guy is just Denzel's just Denzel's just being Denzel," you know, like in every movie, like he's, you know, like, um, because I love Training Day, and I felt mm-hmm. like after Training Day, like he was still making good stuff, but it, it felt like he was just like. Like, you know, Jeff Goldblum, everything that Jeff Goldblum's in, he's just being Jeff Goldblum, right? And yes. it's like, and I felt like that's where Denzel was going, but I feel like he's doing some different shit now. And, and I love that you, I'm so, I just wish that, I'm just upset that we're not on Equalizer 3 by this fucking point, right? So. Yeah, I remember the first time we were, you, that you reviewed this movie, I'm pretty sure we were in my basement. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, he's he's doing other stuff, you know. He's doing other stuff. Mm. Like he did that. He, oh God, what was that fucking movie that I fucking loved that came out a couple F- years Fences? ago? Fences. Fences. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that God. was a great movie. Yeah. So good. So it's like you know he's got like Keanu Reeves is just gonna do John Wick movies. Like that's his bread and butter, right? I mean, people love him as John Wick. So that's why we're getting a John Wick three coming out here soon. But you know. Denzel, he's 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 got a lot more range. Like this guy can like he can go for Oscars. Like the day fucking Keanu Reeves gets an Oscar, I'll I'll put a bullet through my goddamn brain the day that happens. That's so. never gonna happen. Exactly. You'll be so fine. I, I feel it's never gonna happen. You'll be fine. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I I feel confident saying that. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, it's dark. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on in the news. Hey, can we get a quick break? Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I started no, the bumper. I, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, no, 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 you didn't. <laughs> right, can, can we get a break? It's like God. I feel like I'm a. I feel like I'm a kindergarten teacher. All right, yeah, Jake, you can. <laughs> Sweet, thank you. Right. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame, and I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you two will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. 
right. Hey, we are back. Jake, how are you feeling, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Good. All right. Is there anything I can do for you right now? Um, man, I gave myself a really bad ankle bite at work today, but I don't know what you can do for that. I didn't know if you might like a, 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 a pillow fluffing or, uh, <laughs> any, you know, anything, anything I can do. I know it's hard. I'm not there. Anything to make your life a little bit more easy right now. I would be happy, sir. No, we're good. You but fucking, give me five minutes. You're a fucking diva. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never deny that. Uh, I got great news, guys. Oh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about news. Let me play the bumper. Let me finish the bumper. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lot of news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. The funny thing is, Jake. Like people think they listen to this, they're like, oh, Brian's really annoyed with Jake. I'm not. It's it's all it's <laughs> it's all played for laughs. I know I'm not getting them, but it's all played for it. You know? I know I don't help matters either by just like deadpanning it the whole time. Like, I know. Okay. It's like it's like let's just leave Brian to the wolves. You know, it's like <laughs> that host and his affinity for four letter words. <laughs> anyway. um... Yeah, I'm referencing the uh, the four star <laughs> review. Um, I love how yeah, four letter words, and he gives us a four star review. Yeah, it comes full circle. Mm. Full circle I get it now. Uh, I get it. Hey, you're getting me all fired up with that fucking shit dog shit again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We, we have the fucking warning at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> no, Don't and he knows you. that. He referenced it, Jake. <sighs> He's 100 percent aware of the warning, Jake. <sighs> hey guys, I got great news though. If you, if you were a fan of uh, Mr. Mercedes on the Audience Network, which is the DirecTV channel, uh, we're getting a season two of Mr. Mercedes, and it starts August twenty second, uh, ten episode season. So it's coming back. Cannot wait for that. Loved the first season. Tupperware all the way. What a surprise on the Audience Network. So uh, also wanted to point out Glow season two. Premieres on Friday, June 29th on Netflix. I was a big fan of that. Uh, first season was 10 mm. episodes. And IMDb, I checked, they have the second season listed as another 10-episode order as well. So I am very much looking forward to Glow Season 2. I loved Allison Brie. I'm a huge Betty Gilpin fanboy from American Gods, her performance on that show, and then her performance in Glow. So I cannot wait for that. Anybody else watch the uh, watch the glow? Oh, I love it. I did. Yeah, I watched glow. I, again, that's on my list. So there's just too much like good TV out there. Yeah, June, I don't want to hear your excuses. The entire oh, yeah. <laughs> glow went by really. Glow's a pretty easy, quick watch. As well, like ten episodes, right for the first season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really it's it's really very easily easy to binge. Okay. Like you, yeah. yeah, you 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 could watch them like just back to back to back. But if if you do if you do binge it, I really recommend if it's still on Netflix. There's a really good documentary about the real um, ladies of wrestling, like yes. like the real wrestlers. And I, mm-hmm. after you watch the show, watch that documentary because okay. it's a really good companion piece. All right, it's very good. Uh, THR broke a story, and it was Westworld creators set futuristic drama series, The Peripheral, at Amazon. So we've got uh, the creators of the uh, Westworld TV series over at HBO getting lured over to Amazon now to do a series called The Peripheral. It's Lisa Joy, Jonathan Nolan. They're going to adapt William Gibson's book, The Peripheral, as a script to series project uh, for uh, Amazon, and 
the project landed on Amazon in a competitive situation with the retailer streaming outlet handing out a script to series order, meaning that should the script for the drama come in well, it would be picked up straight to series rather than going through the traditional pilot process or pay a sizable financial penalty. So Amazon, it sounds like they competed with who knows who they I don't know if they competed with probably HBO, you know, yeah. since they already have a relationship. Yeah, with 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 Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who are married. They just go by different names. Um, but uh, who knows? Netflix might have been involved for this. I can't imagine that they wouldn't be. I mean, these are two great crea- creators, very talented creators. But um, the peripheral revolves around Flynn Fisher, a woman in a near future America in which technology has started to subtly alter society, Flynn discovers a hidden connection to a very different reality and the dark future of her own. Um, the novel focuses on Flynn and her brother, Burton. Burton is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, elite haptic recon force. Burton is hired for a security job, which takes place in what he thinks is cyberspace. When Flynn temporarily takes his place... She witnesses something that he may that may have been a murder, and then this is really interesting. Uh, GQ Zach Barron said this about the Peripheral, um, the book. The Peripheral is an emphatic return to the science fiction uh, he ceased to write after the turn of this century, set in not one but two futures. The first, not far off from our own present day, takes place in a winter's bonish world where the only industries still surviving are lightly evolved versions of Walmart and the meth trade. The second future is set further along in time after a series of not quite cataclysmic events that have killed most of the world's population, leaving behind a monarchic class of gangsters, performance artists, and publicists in an otherwise deserted London. Like many of Gibson's books, the peripheral is basically a noirish murder mystery wearing a cyberpunk leather jacket and... After an uncharacteristically dense first 100 pages, a super enjoyable read through perhaps less so when you consider just how accurate Gibson can be when he's thinking about what might come next. Uh, because according to the peripheral, what is what is coming next is, to borrow Gibson's phrase again, well, fucked. So I also found this interesting about the novel. The novel alternates between Flynn's experiences and those of Wilf Netherton, a publicist who lives in the early 20th, 22nd century, 70 years later than Flynn's time, and several decades after an apocalyptic time known as the jackpot took place. So the it's very sci-fi. This is... I mean, in in Westworld, like, basically they took, like, a, a, movie, a, a movie from 1973 that... Like, I don't know, has its, I guess it's small cult fan base and they turned it into something huge. And with this, I feel like they can take, they can take the story and do their own liberties. I don't think that it's going to be a direct adaptation. I think with Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, they can like kind of like spin the peripheral into like their own thing and do whatever they want to with it. And I'm really excited for this series. Uh, we've got Scott B. Smith who earned an Oscar nomination for adapting 1998's A Simple Plan, which, mm. Jake, I know you love that movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I, and you know what? I'm not surprised that um, Nolan and Joy would go into the Gibson well. It's, with you know, knowing 
kind of the writers and directors they are. Yeah. It seems like a match made in heaven well, to do some Gibson sci-fi. Scott B. Smith from A Simple Plan is going to pen the script and executive produce alongside Nolan and Joy. And Vincenzo Natale, if you're a Westworld fan, you know that name. He's going to come on board and direct the first episode and then executive produce the entire series. So um, this this sounds fucking amazing. Like, yeah, I cannot wait. Quite an assembly of people working on it. It's right. hard to imagine. It's not great. Amazon is like breaking open like the fucking. They're they're opening the purse strings, man. They are they are they're going for it. And I, I, dude, it's scary. It's scary how much like potential there is for streaming services right now, Jake. This is fucking scary. Like, I, I networks have to be fucking shitting their pants right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's – and more and more you're going to see like the, you know, the awards and the critics, you know, giving more accolades oh. to these kind of things. So. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Like we've seen – what is it? Cannes has basically said we're not going to have any Netflix films in Cannes. Yeah, we'll see how long that kind of stuff lasts though, you know? Well, Netflix, We've already do- had the head of FX like kind of throw a hissy fit a couple years ago. Do you guys remember this, like, about um, the rating system and how these Netflix shows, like, the streaming services are getting higher rated shows, and he threw, like, a hissy fit about how that shouldn't be included in terms of, like, rating popularity. Hmm. Because they're, like, you know, you can't measure network TV or cable TV at the same as your streaming services, and... He didn't think it. Basically, he was a little butt hurt because the Netflix shows were doing better than his. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean, think about like like look at look at look at The Handmaid's Tale, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. which is coming back like, like next week, right? Yeah, like real yes, soon. next week. So yeah, the the, the main actress she's a Scientologist. That uh, mm-hmm. yes, the main actress. Yeah, I, Handmaid's season, Handmaid's Tale season one was phenomenal. God, it was, you know, it was hard. It was a hard watch because, like, there's a lot of things where it it's very. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's a hard watch. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, I feel horrible for like these women, and um, it's hard to watch some of that stuff. But on the flip side, it's such an such a, an intriguing and I don't know engaging story. But fuck yeah, streaming services. It's crazy. Um, they uh, what is it? Netflix. Did you guys hear that they're they're thinking about trying to buy up a theater chain that way that they can be considered for more so that they can be taken oh more God. seriously? Yeah. Wow. They're they, you know they they tried to buy uh, landmark cinemas and that deal fell out. But they're looking at other theater chains to possibly buy up so that they can play some of their movies. In, so I don't. But know. some of the stuff, like Mary J. Blige, like she was in that Netflix movie, what Mudbound. Um, the movie itself wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but she was nominated for her performance in it mm-hmm. for yeah. Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the the Academy, I guess, still recognizes it because we had uh, wasn't Beast of No Nation still recognized by the Academy. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember either. Um, oh, yes, yes. Uh, the uh, the uh, the documentary the uh, in the Oscars this year was a Netflix documentary, Icarus. Yep, it sure was. Yes. So the Academy still recognizes, but it's like it's like Cannes Film Festival. You know, the Fran the the French yeah. the French Film Festival is mm-hmm. not recognizing Netflix films anymore. Mm. 
I, I think with with like the example of Mudbound, um, that was actually that that was released in theaters. Oh, it was. For, yeah, for for a few weeks, which is why she's eligible. Which is why that movie would be eligible for Oscars because it was released oh, in yeah, theaters yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. a few weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Beast of No Nation was also in theaters as yep. well. So like the same time that you could watch it on Netflix, you could also go to the theater in select theaters and watch it. Hmm. So. I don't know, but uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy doing another series. Um, I Tupperware this. I think this 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 book sounds like it's going to be. They'll 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 have fun with it, and they'll be able to adapt it well. Um, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see here. What else do I got? Deadline is saying that F. Gary Gray is bringing us a mask movie. And I'm not talking about the Eric Stoltz movie <laughs> where the kid has elephantitis of his fucking head. Is, is Cher coming back too? Cher's coming back. We got, <laughs> we got, we got Sam Elliott coming back. Ugh. So nice. no, 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 not that mask. Not, not the Jim mm. Carrey mask either. This is mask, uh, which was, uh, what, what did it stand for? Uh, mobile. <laughs> You're gonna bust out the acronym. Mobile Armored Strike Command, which was it was basically a a series, a line of toys that were they were a combination of GI Joe and Transformers. So you had um, <laughs> you had you had humans that would get into these vehicles that transformed. You know, you had a what do you had? You had a motorcycle that would transform into a helicopter. You had yep. a, uh, a race car that would – the wings would go up on it. It had like the seagull wings, you know, like – not the DeLorean, but it had seagull wings that went up and it would fly. Um, do you guys remember the theme song? No, I don't. I, I clearly remember the R2-D2 ripoff like side All robot right. character. You guys want to hear the theme song? It's the most amazing theme song ever. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hold on. Here we go. I'm going to try to play this on my off my phone here. Oh, I thought you were going to sing it. No, no, no. Come on, here we go. I, can I skip the ad? Come on, give me two and one. Skip the ad. Here we go. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the most 80s awesomeness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> they don't that make... Is, that is the most 80s thing yeah. ever. <laughs> they do not make fucking theme songs like this anymore. <laughs> that is hot. They do not make theme songs like that for fucking cartoons. Like, oh, man. That's amazing. But anyway, Paramount is wanting to start this new... Hasbro Cinematic Universe. Uh, yes, that will. Oh my god! <laughs> I want Hungry Hungry Hippos the movie. <laughs> no, they that they are looking to start um, the Hasbro toy line. They're wanting to get they're wanting to get Transformers, GI Joe, Mask, and Rom the Space Knights uh, in a in a basically they're rebooting Transformers after this Bumblebee movie. And um, we're going to get all new Transformers. We're going to get G.I. Joe, Mask, and Rom the Space Knights. And they're hoping to put them all into a in a single film uh, leading up to like, – like an Avengers thing, like this whole thing. I don't know. It's, it sounds ridiculous. Um, but the, the, they got F. Gary Gray 
who <laughs> is saying that I guess F. Gary Gray, he's doing the doing the Men in Black film. And then after that, it would look like he would do this this mask film. And um, basically, remember if you remember Mask, they were led by Matt Tracker, uh, who, uh, and uh, and they would fight uh, the criminal organization of Venom, which was the vicious evil network of mayhem. And um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Venom's primary goal was obtaining money through robbery and extortion. They were also sometimes involved in other crimes, such as counterfeiting and kidnapping. The organization often engaged in ruthless hunts for historical treasures. Venom also occasionally worked as a force of mercenaries for hire. So the film will be produced by Hasbro and F. Gary Gray. They will move quickly to set a writer to hatch a contemporary subculture movie with a youth empowerment angle. So um, this is F. Gary Gray who's coming straight, you know, did straight out of Compton and uh, had success with that. Did, did Fast and Furious 8. And uh, looking to direct a mask film, Jake. Uh, anybody? What you guys excited? I'm in. I, I love I love mask. <laughs> I, I never thought we'd actually get this. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be stupid. <laughs> what? Hold on. Like, uh, who can who can they? Who's the like? See, that's the thing. It's like uh, you put the Rock in any movie, it's going to do good. You can't put the Rock is like you can't put him in everything now. You know, he's already been in no. GI Joe Retaliation. So, and hell, fuck, they had fucking Bruce Willis in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Nobody could save that shit. So Yeah, I assume they would be starting G.I. Joe over. As far as the, like, extended universe stuff, though, man, I'm a huge Rom Space Knight fan. Like, I... I don't give a fuck about combining it with G.I. Joe, but I'm, I'm excited for a standalone Rom Space Night movie. I, I never watched Rom. I never watched Rom. That I was, read the comic. Did you? Okay. See, yeah. I read, I had the mass comics. So. Oh, I remember those too. I had the mass comics. Yeah. I probably yeah, cause still there's that have. weird shit with, uh, Marvel's always trying to bring the Space Knights like into like Avengers comics and stuff, but they can never actually like name drop Rom. Oh, wow. Yeah, Rebecca, did you did you watch did you watch uh, Mask? Did you read the comics? June, did you were you getting the Mask? You big Mask fans growing up. <laughs> I mean, I watched it as a kid. I watched the show as a kid. Like of all the A's cartoons, I never got into Mask. I loved GI Joe and Transformers and Voltron and uh, He Man, Shira, Gem, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But mask never appealed to me. I don't know why. Rebecca, can I be I, honest I, with you? I know you? of it, but it's better. It, like honestly, as an adult watching it now, like I loved Transformers and I loved GI Joe. Yeah, this is better than those. Really? Yes. I, I never, I never got into mask. I don't know why. I'm not. Like, not I, I remember it. Like I remember the show. Let me but say, I I'm a bigger fan it. of. I'm a bigger fan of Transformers and GI Joe separately. But, like, if I want to compare, like, how these shows were played out, like, the cartoons and stuff, like, this is better. It's, it's, it's written better. I was a bigger fan of Transformers, though, because I was, like, I grew up with the robots transforming into cars. Like, but if you watch the cartoon right now, like, Mask holds up better than Transformers. It really does. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised. I'm really surprised by it. I did not know that. Because we had had that conversation the other day about how like he-man doesn't hold up and mm-hmm. she-ra yeah. and all that stuff like doesn't hold up now well i'm but- not saying I'm, I'm not saying that i'm fucking binge and mask but i'm saying like if if I, right. if I were to if 
I will watch old Transformers just for the nostalgia factor. But if like, right. But as a kid, like I love Transformers more than Mask. But as an adult, I can appreciate Mask for actually being a better show, better written, and better character development than than Transformers and GI Joe. It's huh. it really is better if Dang. when you look at it. I don't know when you watch okay. it years later. So that makes sense. Um, when I was a kid, I had. Um, boulder mountain gas station and i fucking loved it oh that's awesome did it have the boulder that like didn't you hit a button and the boulder moved or some shit there was a switch and like the boulder would come off yes and, like knock it into your yeah stick. and there was an actual there was a gun turret that you could raise up from where the boulder was yeah and spin it around 360 to fire the the gas pumps turned into guns and there was all just different kinds of transforming stuff going on if you I guys love that toy if you guys love like the old um like toys, like if you love hearing about old toys, uh, our buddy Ryan Drost from Star Joe's, every once in a while on Star Joe's, they'll do the Christmas wish list, the Christmas wish book episodes on his podcast, Star Joe's, where they go through like the old JC Penny and, and. <laughs> The catalog? Yes. That's awesome. There's a website that you can go to and they're all on there on the website. So you can flip the pages too and go along with them. And I love it when Ryan does those wish book episodes for Star Joe's. They're so much fun to listen to. Um, and some, it's crazy, June, Rebecca, Jake, when you go through and flip through those wish books, all the toys that you remember from when you were a kid that you totally forgot. And sure, it's, yeah. Imagine, sure. yeah, I remember my old toy box and some of those toys I've totally forgotten about. And then when they start talking about them on the show and I start flipping through the wish books and I see them, it's a blast from the past. And here I am like unlocking a memory from my childhood. Like, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the Hot Wheels stow and go like, Whoa! Oh my God! I forgot I owned that, and it's like, oh my God! I I had so many good memories with the the Hot Wheels Stow and Go, you know. And so <laughs> it's it's yeah, I love it when they do those episodes. So yeah, that's awesome. I heard. Uh, I think the mask is going to be in the next half of the toys that made us. If I'm not oh, incorrect, yeah, Transformers is as well. So that's another one. Um, cool. Director Chris Columbus talked about Gremlins Three. Jake, <laughs> oh, God, it's uh, it's, we've been talking about. This is another one that we've been talking about for years since we've been doing this show. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, Chris Columbus said that he had completed a script for the film and said it was quote twisted and dark. And um, he also said uh, Zach uh, Zach Galligan, uh, who was who played Billy. In, uh, he said it's not, he said he's coming back. Uh, it's not gonna be a, uh, not gonna be a reboot. And now we get a quote from Chris Columbus in an interview with Metro US. He said, Gremlins, we are actively talking about that. So that's what I'm working on with my production company, Net 1492 Pictures. It will almost definitely be a reboot. That's, that's for the better. Jake. Yeah, I don't know. That's the weird thing, though. Literally last year, there everybody involved in the project was saying it was not going to be a reboot. And here he is saying it's going to be a reboot. I don't know what's going on. So I guess my question to you guys is, first question is, do you want it? And then my second question is, 
if we get it, will they make the gremlins? Hold on. Here's the big question. Are they going to make the gremlins all CGI or are they going to make them puppets again? And I want you guys to think of, you know, the Star Wars approach that they've had recently, the, the renaissance of practical effects. But I also want you to think about Alien Covenant and how they've mm. made the alien CGI. So, uh, number one, do you want it? Number two, they're going to go CGI or they, are we going to get fucking gremlin puppets? Cause they, cause guys, I feel like you think, you think of Alien Covenant, they're thinking about, oh my God, there's, Everybody loves fucking CGI and oh my god, we can make the alien move like this and do this now. And I think you lose something when you do that yeah. sometimes. But yeah, Jake, what do I you agree. Think? I think I'm. I, I don't think I need this. I, I love the original Gremlins. I even have a soft spot for the incredibly ridiculous Gremlins too. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't need this, honestly. And I think if they do it, I honestly do think they will uh, be CGI gremlins. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I and I don't think they should, but I can't imagine them not. At this point, it's we're in the day and age where CGI is cheaper than practical yes, effects, Yes, I agree. Yeah, it, that's exactly it, Jake. That's Which exa- is crazy. <laughs> okay. Do you think Chris Columbus is going to want to do the CGI? I think it comes down to him, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you think Columbus oh, hold on. is the only saving grace here where you oh. might might get some practical effects? Well, do you think Chris Columbus is going to be like, fuck, it's going to be a lot easier to do CGI. Let's just do CGI. We, I don't know. I don't know where he stands. Yeah, I mean, Chris Columbus gave us a pretty terrible CGI uh, troll monster in the first Harry Potter movie, so... Mm-hmm. It's oh like he's, yes. he's had plenty of opportunity to uh, use practical effects and things that should and yeah. not. June, what so. do you what are you thinking? Are you a fan of Gremlins? Are you? Uh, and I, no, I did. I love you know. I, of course, I did. But uh, this movie. I mean, who is this movie for? If there was a third one, it's like it's, it's for it's, us. It, like it, it's for well, the older kids. Like or us adults now. Adults taking their kids too, right? Yeah. So I feel like if that's your demographic, you're the people who were kids in the 80s who watched us growing up as kids and you're adults now it's a nostalgia film so if you don't use the puppets i feel like that's not we want to see the puppets yeah. i think yeah yeah that's sort of the charm especially now if you go back and watch it as an adult some of the charm is the practical effect uh, do we want to see a cgi i don't want gizmo. to i'd rather see the puppets i'd rather go back to that sort of do the 80s feel like go yeah. if you do it that way i think it will work but it's and it's not just it's not just fucking the the gremlins either it's gizmo right i mean yeah yeah gizmo's a huge part of it yeah like, i mean if they cgi'd uh, him that would be terrible i think yeah. they'd have to yeah. leave him like as a puppet yeah rebecca yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need a Gremlins reboot personally. I'm fine with the classic Gremlins. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but I think, I think June, you hit on a really good point. Like you and you said, who is this movie for? Um, I think if you market this to, hey, bring your kids to see Gremlins, I think they're going to go CGI. Um, I think if they market it to the nostalgia value, they're going to go puppets, but. What I think practically will happen will be they'll do majority CGI and some practical effects. Uh, because Jake said it too, like it's cheaper to do CGI. 
I think for us of our age group that grew up with the original, we want the puppet because we, we want that nostalgia. We want that comfort food feel. We, we, we want to feel like we're kids again, but I, I don't think we're going to get it. I think mm. they'll market, I think they'll market this to a new generation. And yeah. I think for that, they're good. They'll, they'll do CGI with a little bit of puppet. Uh, you know what my fear is, is that some studio head that's like, some, whoever's like pushing this probably wants it to be like, the next fucking minions basically and all the gremlins are going to be singing like who let the dogs out or something uh, oh god shit. i oh. hope not oh, i'm <laughs> gonna have pharrell oh, and that awful song i was <laughs> oh, i love that song <laughs> i was happy when you have nieces and nephews though like they play it all the time and <laughs> you just can't anymore i was happy seeing the gremlins show up in the in the lego batman film like i was that was fun for me Yes, yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. Okay, that was pretty funny. I don't want this movie. I I hate the idea of this movie. I personally would love if once Stranger Things wraps up, that the Duffer Brothers do a Netflix Gremlin series. That's what I want. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather let the Duffer Brothers um, do the Goonies reboot. I'd give him that before I'd give him the Gremlins. Thing, I'd give right? him. That's... I'd give him the Gremlins. I'd still give Spielberg the Goonies. Let let Spielberg do the Goonies. I think Spielberg <laughs> would um, would do just fine with the Goonies still. So yeah, that's that's dream casting there though. I don't know if Spielberg would step back, right? Well, I mean, he's got to do. He's still want. I guess he's still wanting to do his West Side Story. Um, he's wanting to do indie and then West Side Story. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think if they don't do, if he doesn't do Goonies within the next few, few years, it's, it's never going to happen. I mean, but, yeah. um, I think, I think right now it helps with Sean Astin coming off of Stranger Things. His popularity is on the rise a little bit. Of course, Josh Brolin's still like a big name in Hollywood. Um, Martha Plimpton's kind of cool since Raising Hope is not on the air. But um, I would, I'd still would love to see Goonies. Love to see him do another Goonies film. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'd, I'm way more for that and see that being good than a Gremlins reboot or sequel. That, that's that's my thing. I don't want to see Chris Columbus do it in a in a big budget film. I think like a Gremlins TV series would be a lot of fun. Not even not even a not even a Gremlins movie. Just a just a Gremlins TV series on Netflix by the Duffer Brothers. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I could see the appeal there. Uh, let's talk about Stranger Things. Deadline reported that we've got Carrie Elwes and Jake Busey joining the season three cast. Um, we've got Carrie Elwes who's going to play Mayor Klein of Hawkins, and Jake <laughs> Jake, Jake Busey uh, is going to be uh, coming on as Bruce. So basically, okay, Mayor Klein is described as handsome, slick, and sleazy, your classic 80s politician, more concerned with his own image than with the people of the small town he governs. And Bruce, who Jake Busey, the son of Gary Busey, is going to be a journalist for the Hawkins <laughs> Post with, quote, question, questionable morals and a sick sense of humor. <laughs> I Tupperware the fuck out of the snooze. This is more great casting from um, the Duffer Brothers and Stranger Things. I loved the addition of Sean Astin last season. I loved mm-hmm. the addition of Paul Reiser last season. Yes. And I think this is more greatness. Carrie Elwes and Jake Busey. I, Jake Busey is underrated. <laughs> 
and I love Jake Busey. I loved him in Starship Troopers. I loved him in The Frighteners. I love The Frighteners. If you have not That's seen, a great movie. if you have never seen The Frighteners, and um, uh, the the actor that just died from um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, the the Marine. Our, our, our- Lee R. Emery? Yes. Yeah, Lee R. Ermy or whatever his name is. Um, he's in The Frighteners and he's great in The Frighteners. Like I, Peter I, Jackson directed movie The Frighteners. Yes. Oh my God. Michael J. Fox is so good in that. Jake Busey's fantastic. And have you guys, hey, June, uh, Rebecca, have you seen The Frighteners? No, I haven't. I, ha- I have not. Rent it. Rent, rent, rent. I sound like I'm from like 1988. <laughs> rent it. Well, the, uh, the blockbuster. Yeah, I know. Let me go to my blockbuster and I'll no, be right back. What's funny is I'm thinking about the first time I saw it, we rented it. I'm thinking back to the first time I watched it when I rented it and I'm telling you guys to rent it, which is ridiculous. But yes, watch The Frighteners. Find a way to watch it. I don't know if it's streaming. Rent it off of Amazon Prime. They, you can do it for probably like three bucks or whatever they charge but the frighteners is so jake you wouldn't you agree it's like so good oh yeah i love it it's fucking fantastic yeah oh fuck yeah the frighteners is great like don't let that movie get away from you it's one of those movies you need to track down and watch yeah Um, and it's great michael j fox so oh but uh, yeah, I, I love the casting. What are you guys thinking here, Jake? Uh, uh, Carrie Elwes, uh, Jake Busey. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, you know, it's really fun. Not so much the Jake Busey, but like Carrie Elwes. They seem to like to take these guys that had big time movies in the eighties and yeah. kind of throwing them into their Stranger Things universe. You know? Yeah. So I, I like that they're continuing that trend. That's a good trend, yeah. Especially with Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, like in the first season, I love the fact that they brought in Sean Astin, and it was very meta. Him talking about like how he's dating her now in the yeah, show, yeah. and you were thinking back to the day where like you would never get a movie with Sean Astin dating Winona Ryder back in the eighties. Like that wouldn't happen. Like you're gonna get like the cool guy, like Christian Slater, or you know whoever the fucking cool guy was back in the eighties dating Winona Ryder. So I really like Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah Matt Dillon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another good one. <laughs> Another, yeah. So uh June, what are you thinking? These these castings. I think this is gonna be great. I agree with Jake. Um taking these big eighty stars and throwing them into the show about the eighties. Like yeah. it's I mean I love Stranger Things too is great. I loved it. Um, especially one of the shows that my husband and I, we both watched, we both really liked. Nice. Um, and so I think this, these two new additions are going to be great. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Uh, season four, John Cusack? Oh, are they going to have a season four? Yeah, we're getting we're getting a season four. You better believe okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, hope, I hope season three is good. Oh, shut up. That, I know. reminded me how bad season Whatever. three was. Whatever. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. I know. Uh, the only thing about season two that I did not like was Billy like the bully guy? Cause I didn't understand why he was in the show. Yeah. Cause he I, just, if he wasn't in the show, like it would have made no difference. I, so I, 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 I don't did, care. I didn't get why I know, he was in it. I get that you didn't like season two, Jake, and I'm sorry that you didn't, but I loved it. I, I, I did too. I loved it. Too. It was fantastic. <laughs> and it's unfortunate that you didn't like it, but I, I, I can't agree with you there. Like I, I'm not going to say like you're wrong for not liking it, but like it, for me, it was very satisfying on many levels, and I thought that uh, I love the character development of a lot of these characters. Steve, oh my god! Like 
like the character that I want to die is um what's 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 uh what's uh what's the fucking kid's name? Uh Jonathan. The older brother? Jonathan. Jonathan. Kill him. Kill him. Just kill him. Just kill him dead. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I, like the first season I'm rooting for the guy. By the second season I'm just like I don't care about him and Nancy. They're fucking that that, that relationship is just like the most Oh my god! It's Mon- boring. It gets boring. Very mundane and boring. I don't give a shit. Oh my but god! But Steve and Dustin, like that is yes. a buddy movie. That was that- yes. amazing. Yeah, yeah Steve I and Dustin were I want- great. I didn't know I wanted this buddy movie. That like I want. I want them to have their own movie of yes. Dustin and Steve yes. on a road trip. I don't care how I get that movie. I gotta have it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Like when this whole thing's over, I just want Dustin and Steve, like, like uh, just like in the nineties, like taking a trip to Vegas and fighting shit, right? <laughs> like, oh my god! Nineties, <laughs> nineties, fucking Vegas with Dustin and Steve fighting the supernatural in Las. I love. Oh god, just give me, just give me some fucking just crazy shenanigans with those two fuckers. <laughs> Rebecca, what are you thinking about these castings? I, I love this news. I absolutely Tupperware it. When I saw it on Twitter, I like retweeted it. It was so good. I, I love Carrie Elwes. I know everybody, of course, knows him from The Princess Bride and, um, Saw. He did- saw. 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 Oh, I never saw the Saw movie. So you gotta watch the Saw. first one. You gotta <laughs> yeah. watch. You, I, that's not my thing. You know, it's like oh, no, 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 no. Not my you, thing. Yeah, I know it's not, but you know what? You need to expand your horizons. Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I'm with you, Rebecca. Anyway. I'm not into those movies either. So yeah, I, I don't. Uh, that first horror, one. That first one was amazing. I don't care what anybody says. That first one was amazing. Is that the one with Donnie Wahlberg? No, that's the second one. That's the that's second, second one. one. Second okay, one. he was in the second one. Okay, no. I couldn't remember which one he was like in. The first um, one, they, 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 like, they, the first one was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. The ending of that one was just, just, I don't know, out of this world. Like, I thought the story was really good, but man, ugh, it's filmed so terribly. It's like a Nine Inch Nails video where they have all these great concepts, but then they like, Really pushed out on the filming of it. it felt uh, like. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought I, I dropped off the series after the third one. I saw the second one, um, and then I saw the third one in the theater, and then it just turned into torture porn after that. And I was yeah. just kind of like, I'm out. But the first one and the second one, I, I loved the first one. The second one I enjoyed. So, but yeah. All right. Yeah. So you like everybody? Everybody's down for these for these castings. This is oh great. yeah, yes, absolutely. Great. I I I think Carrie Elwes can pull it off. Like, uh, I don't. I I know not everybody enjoys the the Mel Brooks movie he was in, um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Loved it. But well, oh my god, I love it. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Like so many people I talk to like say they don't care for that movie. I loved that movie. I love that movie. And I, I thought, oh, I'm so glad you guys liked it. Um, and I thought that he was great in that. Like, his comedic timing, really well done. And, like, uh, I, I don't know. I really liked him in that movie. So, like, to see him doing something like this where he's playing, like, some sleazy politician, um, I think he can be very self-aware. And I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. I think, uh, I, I, I think it's, Great news, and I mean, you have me at Busey. Like anything Busey, I'm 100 down for. I wish Gary Busey was cast in this. Like, I'd watch that even more. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, hundred percent behind this casting. I think it's great. I think it's great. Duffer Brothers just. I don't know. I don't know about that whole lawsuit and all that shit with them stealing. I think it's bullshit 100%. I've looked into it a little bit more and I think it's, I think it is bullshit, um, about them stealing the story and everything. Um, yeah, it is bullshit. If Stephen King's not suing them, they're good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, yeah, well, Stephen King lets anybody adapt his stuff, which is very cool. For like a dollar, he said, or something? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, but usually, usually they call the stuff what they're adapting yeah. instead of changing the name. Uh, <laughs> Sony found uh, new directors for the Masters of the Universe film, that's He-Man people, uh, that they've been working on from a script from David S. Goyer. Um, I believe that the previous director for this project was McGee. Uh, now they've got... Aaron and Adam Nee, or the the <laughs> the knights that say Nee. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going. Uh, the directors that say Nee. Um, so these Adam, Aaron, and Adam Nee uh, did a movie back in 2015. It was called Band of Robbers, and that's really what they're kind of known for. And it's a uh, comedic adventure that reimagines – it's a reimagining of Mark Twain's iconic literary characters of Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer as grown men in current day. Petty criminal Huck Finn hopes to leave his criminal life behind when he is released from a stint in prison. But his lifelong friend and corrupt cop Tom Sawyer has other plans. So, I mean, it's basically a modern-day telling of Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer and that's really all these guys are known for. That that film had a 6.0 on IMDb and a 77% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, a lot of people like that movie. I've never seen it. I, I, I've, yeah, I've never I, even heard of it. I, I've tracked it down. I have it accessible. I will be able to watch it. So I, I'm hoping to watch it soon. I've had a lot on my plate here recently, so I haven't I haven't had time to watch it. But I, I, I can watch it and I'm going to watch it because I want to see kind of like what kind of directors they are. It's just – I don't know. How do you think that they should approach Masters of the Universe? Should this be a serious take on it or should this be a kind of like when you when we watch – Think about like 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 recently. I don't know, it's not the same thing, but like Jumanji, like the way we yeah. we watch Jumanji. Do you think that it should be a little bit of humor involved with with Cringer I think it, and Orko? I think it should have a little bit of humor, but I want to see Eternia, Brian. I don't want to see shit on Earth again mm-hmm. or at all. I, I'm so with you on that, Jake. Like the the, the first movie, like in the eighties, is. It's fun for like I guess our generation. Like I could still watch it with some nostalgia and enjoy it for what it is. But the whole movie takes place on Earth. I I want to go to Eternia. I want them to show me what Eternia looks like. I want to see, see Castle fucking Grayskull. Yes, I want to see Castle Grayskull. <laughs> I want to see Prince Adam hold up the fucking sword and go by the power of Grayskull, and I want him to transform into He Man. Like I want to see. All of that. And then I want them to make a Shira movie, but that's another story. But I just I want them to show me that. I don't want it on Earth. I want it all on Eternia. You wanna yeah, see I a, don't understand. You wanna see a you wanna see a uh a guy hold up a sword and say, I have the power <laughs> Yeah, I definitely I do. Yes. I wanna see him like 
that was that was the whole point of He-Man, right? That he had this secret identity and he was like, you know, the maybe he's gay Prince Adam and he's scared of everything. <laughs> and then he transforms into like this big buff guy, He-Man, and he runs around with his sword and 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 the his oh uh Battle Cat. I mean, I, I wanna see all of that on screen but i think you can do it if you mix in that humor like from jumanji i yeah. think you could you could do it if it's slightly self-aware for what it is because i mean you could approach it the same way marvel approaches these superhero movies with that like touch of humor but the seriousness in it as well but i want to see eternia I we haven't l- seen that i loved these movies growing like uh, these uh, cartoons and characters growing up okay i loved them don't get i loved them b store uh, yeah. was, tra- was it trap jaw you had the fucking uh, the the b guy you had skunk or who fucking stunk right <laughs> i mean you know the, you had, uh, not so well named fisto yeah fisto <laughs> fisto <laughs> and uh you know, was it man at arms you know you had all these characters and shit um don't forget I, tila tila yeah, yeah tila evil lynn evil lynn i I could give a fucking I, – I couldn't give a rat's ass about a He-Man movie. I don't give a – I seriously don't care. Oh, no, I think it's going to be, it's, it's be garbage. This is going to be fucking garbage. This is going to be – I liked that hot the Cartoon Network reboot they did like 10 years ago too. I thought it was really cool. I didn't watch – I'm sorry I didn't watch that. I, I, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. Hey, give me a Thundercats movie. I don't give a fuck about this He-Man. Oh, see, that's where oh. I'm in the exact opposite. I think ah. Thundercats are kind of garbage. Ah. No, I, I love Thundercats too. Like, I would love a Thundercats movie as well. Yeah, the, like, the, 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 there's would... a lot more story involved with the Thundercats, in my opinion. I just think the the story's a little bit more fleshed out and better. And 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 then the new series that came out too a few years ago was mm-hmm. uh, was fantastic, in my opinion. It, and um you know i want to see i want to see burbles you know i want to <laughs> i want to see, see mumra you know and i want to see i is the he-man stuff i don't know if cuz if they i don't know there there's there's got to be a scary element to skeletor and i feel like if they go for the comedic route cuz like you are you got a you've got a character that like and i like what are they going to do orco are we going to get fucking orco you know well, um, i hope so I yeah. mean, are we going to get like a, a proper cringer that's like a, you know, scaredy cat that turns into like a battle fucking like warrior fucking tiger and shit? <laughs> you know, like I get I get it. Like if they could pull it off, that's cool. But like I go you, you, those cartoons, I think they're all on Netflix now. They're terrible. You watch them. They're terrible. Like it doesn't hold up. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah. June, June, what do you still make it cool? I don't think that's any kind of indication of whether or not the movie could be good. The, 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 I, Jake, I get it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. The Knee Brothers and fucking, uh, script from David S. Goyer is not the, the track that we, uh, not like on the, we're not on the right track there. I'm just saying, like, I could, do I, I'm not saying they can't make, let me, let me backtrack. I'm not saying they can't make a good He-Man movie. I'm telling you, I don't care if it gets made. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Like, they could make mm-hmm. a great He-Man movie. And I could fucking sit there and watch the movie and be like, holy shit, I'm glad they made this fucking movie. 
But do I really think that that's what's going to happen? Do I really think that I'm going to go fucking buy this ticket or see the trailer and think that I'm going to get a great He-Man movie? Do I think, do I really think in my, in, 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 in I don't know. And all my, if it's gonna like make all my He-Man wishes come true, no. This, I, I feel like the, I feel like this movie comes out, it's gonna be garbage. I really do. I really do. I think I think it's like an '80s nostalgic cash grab. But um, June, oh yeah, definitely. I want redemption from that movie from my childhood though. Cause, that movie oh, was sure. terrible. I have no nostalgia for that movie. I thought it was terrible then. I think it's terrible now. There's no forgiving that movie. I'm sorry, Rebecca. I apologize. No, that's all right. That's I, fine. I I'm not. I'm not saying it deserves an Oscar. And Dolph Lundgren. Anything, but Dolph Lundgren can kiss my ass for that bullshit Punisher <laughs> movie too. I'm just saying I can watch that movie today, and I know it's bad. Like I know it's terrible, but I find a little nostalgia. Not even a little. I I enjoy the nostalgia of it. I'm not saying it's like I'd watch that over Krull, which I think is like the crappiest movie ever made. Sorry, Janine, but I hate that movie. <laughs> I fucking hate Krull, and she knows that. But yeah, I'd watch that movie over Krull any day of the week. But yeah, I, I but I, I I I know that movie is not great. It's not, but I would like to see a better take on He Man personally. Oh yeah, we need redemption for that He Man movie. I don't care. Well, I would like it. I know you don't care. Okay. But no, I please, like please, David, yeah, please, knee brothers, time. please, knee brothers, and David Escoyer, <laughs> please right the wrongs of my of, of, of the Dolph Lundgren <laughs> Masters of the Universe film. Please, please. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh God, nobody gives Whatever. a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, June, Brian, we haven't even shit all we, over my childhood, Brian. No, no, I had the He-Man toys. No, I had Snake Mountain. I had Castle Grayskull. I was using the microphone in in uh, and the trap doors in Snake Mountain and having a blast when I was a kid. I remember Ram Man. You put you push him down and then he. He would he would ram people and stuff like that. Another unfortunately named yeah, one. Really, oh no, no ram man. He was he was he was very fortunately <laughs> named. Um, but uh, June, we haven't even got your thoughts on yeah. He Man. I'm like I'm thinking. I feel like if you're gonna do this, like maybe go all out camp with this. Like maybe do Shira as a drag queen. I don't know. Like <laughs> right? Like I mean, I, I don't I don't want June on the writing team. <laughs> RuPaul is a co-producer yes. on the new oh She-Ra film. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, that would be your prize in RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, you get to be She-Ra. Like, that would be the prize of winning it that season. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's nice to think about a good He-Man movie. I'm just trying to be real here and telling us, telling everybody that we're probably it's not. not gonna happen. It's not. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that, I, I don't think, I don't, I think that we would have to have, the stars would have to align and we would have to get like, it would have to be, uh, like JJ Abrams would say, like, <laughs> I'm directing a He-Man movie and then me, I would be like, oh my god, JJ Abrams is doing a He-Man movie. This is gonna be incredible. But like, we're getting like, the knee brothers. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know if the Knee brothers are directors or the guys have like a fucking bed and breakfast in Vermont. I don't know who the fuck these guys are, right? I heard I all they want is a shrubbery too to, to make the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, that's all they, they want. Just, just want to, sh- to bring them a shrubbery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their fee was shrubbery. It's <laughs> so I don't know. Fucking Masters of the Universe. I don't. I don't know. Can we turn this into like? Yeah, like let's let's go for it. Let's turn this into. I'm. You know what? I'm feeling you, June. I'm fe- like like with. Hold on. Like with like Masters. Like the way everybody kind of dressed. Even the name Masters of the Universe. Let's go like dominatrix with this fucking thing, right? All right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Let's like, let's make this like like I don't know. Like let's let's take a little bit of He Man, a little bit of Fifty Shades of Grey, and let's have uh, Fifty Shades of the Universe, right? Let's do this. Let's just fucking. I feel like no matter what you do with this, it's just not going to be. It's fucked. No one, no one, no one's going to be happy it's with it. So fucked. just go crazy. Just go nuts. Get a bunch of yeah. Let's just. Let's go nuts. It's it's fucked. Let's move on to the Marvel news because he made it <laughs> fucked. Um, <No>. stop. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, my God. What do you God. mean stop? I, I want this movie to be good. Oh, God. What's wrong with that? I, oh, give me the... Give me the attorney. I remember. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry that they're not they're not Citizen Kane oh, like Thundercats. No, no, give me, give me, give me, give me the attorney that I remember from my childhood. The fucking no, the uh, oh god, the, I, I my I want the attorney to look like it did in the travel agency book. I want it to look like anything. I want to see the fucking. Oh, thing and now you're gonna knock. You're gonna knock. You're, you're gonna act like fucking Thundercats is lowbrow to he. Man, look at you, you fucking pompous <laughs> son of a bitch! Oh like, my like god! Oh my man. god! Oh my god! He man is such on a different level than Thundercats, Brian. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe that you're gonna put Thundercats on the same plane as He Man. What's wrong with you? That's what I was making fun of you for. <laughs> I said I would rather see. I would rather see fucking He Man, uh, Thundercats over He Man. I do. I think the story's better. Oh my gosh, you got fucking a guy that's Prince Adam, and then he turns into He-Man when he throws a sword up in the air. But like, I, I do think that there's a lot more about Thundercats coming to a planet that they didn't fucking live on. There's a fucking like, there's a guy who turns a, a mommy that turns into like a, a thingamabobber, and then... <laughs> 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 all right, fine. They're all. I've seen them. They're all fucking stupid. Ten million fucking. <laughs> they're all fucking stupid. All right, everything's dumb. Jake, our childhood, our childhood was a sham. We watched. It's all crap. None of it's good except GoBots. <laughs> oh no, GoBots. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move into Marvel news. Jesus Christ, this episode's ridiculous. June, are you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's move into Marvel news. <laughs> Marvel news. All right, guys, we got a we got a Deadpool two final trailer that came out. So I want to talk about 
What, 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 what are you? Hey, what's going on over there, giggles? Sorry, I'm trying to stop giggling. <laughs> 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 <And> masters, man, <laughs> still got me laughing. That's ridiculous. All right, anyway, uh, we talked about that way longer than I thought. I we got, we got super snobbery I about know. it too. I know. I know. I know. Better Thundercat. Thundercats, a Citizen Kane. I mean, those creative Thundercats are like, yes, finally, someone gets us. Yeah, I just want this podcast. Who we are? I hold on. If it came down to it, right now, I would rather watch seasons, the seasons of the original Thundercats over fucking He Man. He Man is unbearable. I haven't seen either in over twenty years, so I couldn't. I honestly, I went back and I tried to watch. uh, It's on Netflix. He Man. I tried to watch it uh, about a year ago. That and She-Ra. They're both terrible. They are. They're both See, I terrible. Had, when DVD first came out and they put out season one of the 80s Transformers cartoon. Yes. I bought that shit. So did I. I. so fucking excited. And they're I, terrible. I pumped through the roof and I watched it and it was the worst fucking shit I'd ever fucking seen. Yes. And at that moment, I was like, I'm never going to revisit any cartoon from my childhood ever again. Yeah. No, you're right. Because my niece and nephew, like, they got into um, He-Man and She-Ra, like, last year. And I watched – I just remember watching it with them. And I thought, this is so bad. I can't believe I really love these shows so yeah. much. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, for the time, it was awesome. Okay? But I was – I was dumb. I was a dumb fucking kid. Yeah. Right? We all were. Exactly. <laughs> but the movies don't have to be direct emulations of the shows, yes, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's not my can... point. My point was I don't care if a He-Man movie gets made because we're getting the Knee Brothers and Goyer. I don't give a <laughs> shit, okay? Yeah. I I don't want to defend Goyer anymore, so I'm out. <laughs> all right. Can we talk about the fucking Deadpool 2 trailer? I know it's fun. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> Fuck this episode. I know. As soon as this shit's over, I'm getting my wine and my right. cheese and I'm watching He-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking, you, you snob, you fucking pompous son of a bitch. Uh, got fucking Fraser Crane over there watching He-Man. Um, let's see, Deadpool 2 final trailer came out. We've got, uh, let's break this down a little bit. We've got Cable. He's, uh, going after Julian Dennison's character. So they're, they're basically, they're promoting that, uh, in the trailer, they're trying to lead us to believe, uh, that Cable's gonna be the big bad villain of this. And he's going after Julian. Denison's character, which I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We might know who he is. Um, we've got Dependers back, and um, I love the line of Deadpool gave with uh, uh, "Pump the hate breaks, Thanos." Uh, oh, that was great. <laughs> very, that was hilarious. Very, very funny. Um, basically, it's just acknowledging that Brawlin is playing Thanos in the MCU, and I love it. We get uh, Bedlam, uh, played by Terry Crews, who we know from the comics can kind of like mess up technology and, and even influence people. So we and we also get Shatterstar from the comics, which is another Leafield creation. And Shatterstar comes from the planet Mojo World. And um so which which is ruled by Mojo 
from the comics. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes sense. But uh, Shatterstar was created to be a slave. He claims to have had no parents, only a gestation chamber. So he was genetically engineered to have enhanced physical capabilities so he could serve as an arena gladiator. So um, Sh- Shatterstar learned um, – to the arts of uh, of, the, of of a battle warrior on the arenas and Mojo World. So, I how much are they going to incorporate from that into Deadpool? Like, are they going to uh, go with that? Or are they I, just going to go goofy with it? Like, I what? hope they go with it. it and like, it kind of the goofiness of it might even fit in well. I mean, I love Mojo. Yeah. The minute Mojo gets ignored, I'm going to be upset. I think they should go with it too, and I think that they should act like like he when he's. I I want him to talk about like I want him to talk about Mojo World. I want him to talk about Mojo. I want him to talk about all these things, and I want everyone else around him to think he's fucking crazy. Yeah, like eye roll. Yes. All that and, until like. All of a sudden, well, blam. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Mojo, and I hate to be that guy where it's like, eh, it has to be exactly like the comic. But, yeah, like, uh, I do want Mojo to be a thing. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, even just in name and, like, even Shatterstar's origin, I don't even think we really have to kind of, like, show any of that. I just think it would be kind of fun for him to, like, make it canon within the universe that he comes from Mojo World and all these things, and and everybody else just thinks he's out of his mind, like a lunatic. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah, especially, in like, in these in these movies. So um, we get Domino, played by Zazie Beetz uh, from Atlanta, and um, I, with her power, with it being, like, luck, Jake, it's a missed opportunity Rebecca, June, it's a missed opportunity if they don't have kind of like a um, a Quicksilver scene of her, like a slow motion, with Luck Be a Lady Tonight playing. <laughs> That's funny. I thought my takeaway from this trailer was Domino is fucking awesome. Domino looks incredible in this trailer. And yeah, I love the line about her, uh, them arguing about whether or not her powers would be cinematic yes. was fucking hilarious. Oh, yes. That's great. <laughs> now the thing is, yeah. it's like one of the one of the they were talking about the reshoots that recently happened, and the reshoots that took place were from audiences' reactions saying that they wanted more Domino and they wanted more Cable. So that's a good sign if those if that's true. Yeah, that they're not added on characters that everyone mm-hmm. hates because that's a problem in sequels sometimes. Yes. Um, behind Domino in the scene where she's talking to Deadpool doing the interview is a picture of a girl with a cowboy hat. And a lot of fans notice this. And this is an Easter egg for a Marvel character uh, by the name of Inez Temple. She's known as Outlaw. And she is in Deadpool comics. She's a mutant. And her, uh, when her powers came to be, when she turned into a mutant, uh, when she hit that age, it was superhuman strength. And so she, when she was growing up, they called her Crazy Inez. And her father had to keep her out of fights, even though he knew that she could kick, like basically kick everybody's ass. And for the longest time in the Deadpool comics, they were just, they were really good friends. He, accidentally blew up her house or her apartment and then so she had to live with him um, because he blew up her apartment 
And then they started to have a relationship with one another. But um, she's a character that was created by Gail Simone. Do I think that they're going to incorporate the character into a future film? I have no fucking clue. I don't know if they're going to have her. She wears a cowboy hat. Her name's Outlaw. I don't know. But she's a she. It's just an Easter egg, and I just wanted to point that out. So, um, and then we got Peter in the trailer, <laughs> the beekeeper, I, I guess, or something. I love fucking Peter already. Oh, I do too. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Is that an actor that we we should know? He's uh, involved in some other stuff. Like it, he's actually Peter's got his own Twitter handle, which is like. Actually, it existed before all... Yeah, Peter W underscore 1974. It's an actual Twitter account. So, like, this guy's been involved in other stuff. But as far as, like, anything from the comics or nothing like that, it's a new character. Mm. Oh, I, and the actor is no one that we should recognize either? I, I've never... I Jake, I've never seen him in anything, so... Okay, yeah, if you've never seen him, then I guess not. So... Um, but, um, I, and I, I posted on Twitter and I posted on Facebook. I don't think that shoot's going to open. I think he's going to just splat. <laughs> I really do. It sounds like a very Deadpool thing to do. Right, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a very like point break moment. Like Peter looks like a badass, you know, like barreling yeah. out of that plane, like a bat out of hell. And I think he's just going to hit the ground and that'll be it. I don't think that shoot's yeah. going to open. I think he's just going to I think he's going to be street pizza at the end of the day. So, we'll see. Um <laughs> we see Domino in the trailer falling and on the ground we see that huge inflatable panda. You guys, if you remember if you've been listening to PCL, I had an episode with Jacob Harmon and Eric Wade and I talked about that entire action sequence. A lot of this stuff has been leaked from cell phones and from a news crew up in Canada while they were filming this stuff. Uh, on that episode, I talked about the mutant cattle cars and we saw that in the trailer here. We saw that giant inflatable panda that Domino's going to fall down on. That's a real panda and they filmed that. And this is stuff that I've been talking about on episodes like months ago. Um, but we saw, I finally saw it in the trailer and that was kind of satisfying to finally see. And that's going to be in a, that's going to be an insane action sequence. And I cannot wait to see that. Um, we see Deadpool cutting up Cable's bullets. Um, and he gets shot a Some lot. Of them. <laughs> exactly. He gets shot a lot. And we hear him say, whew. Your bullets, they're really fast. They're really fast. I loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved it. I loved the, the line to Cable. You're so dark. You sure you weren't from the DC universe? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> loved it. I did like that one. Loved that it. That is so good. <laughs> Cracked up. Um, I'm, I, I want to get back to everything here, but let me, I think this brings up an interesting point, and I, and I feel like that for as funny as that joke is, now, hear me out. For as funny as that joke is, and I think it really works, and I think it lands right now, do you think the Deadpool movies are going to be dated in the future, though? And, and what I mean by that is, like, will they, like, wh- are they going to hold up? 20 years from now, when, like, kids are watching this, do you think that they're going to get these references? Some of these references are dated. Like, some of these kids are not going to know about, like, all this bullshit that's going on with the DC universe. And, like, I remember when I was a kid watching... You know, like when it was the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm watching Saturday Night Live episodes from like 1975, 
And some of those references were lost on me from the 70s because, like, I was born in 78. So some of those references were lost on me because I, I wasn't around at that time. Do you think that I – don't, I don't know if all – I think that some of the stuff is going to hold up, but I do think that these movies will date themselves eventually. I, I agree with that. I just think that that's, that has to come with the territory, right? I don't think – I don't think you can really ride around that with the kind of character that Deadpool is. You know, he's such a connoisseur of pop culture sure. to begin with. Sure. I just think it's an interesting uh, thing to to think about. It is. It is interesting because yeah, these are things it, that we're that that are going to happen later on. Like twenty years from now, we're gonna you're gonna hear kids talking about the Deadpool movie, and they they might not have the reverence that we do have for Deadpool now because of these dated things that they're talking about yeah i think a lot of it does come through in context though still i think there's plenty that will hold up and make the first deadpool still seem special so i don't know i i kind of it makes me want to watch it again kind of through that lens you know yeah, I'm just I'm just asking the question i was just curious what you guys thought no it's a, it's a great question mm. I, I it's really making me think and i'm just like I just you know, how like much the, of the movie the, really works on the Green Lantern, current. the Green Lantern joke. Like, are, like when they hear like, "Don't make my suit animated in green." Yeah. Are they going to understand that reference? Like, or even like the references to um, one of my favorite jokes in the first Deadpool movie is um, it, it's so small, but it's when he jokes about the Taken movies and about how Liam Neeson's a really shitty father because yes. his kid keeps yeah. being kidnapped. Yeah, like I love that joke, but yeah, I mean that's very specific to yes, not even now, but like to like the mid like 2011 ish mm-hmm. time. Like even that's kind of dated. Like think about how many kids like like you talk to like a 20 year old right now. And they're going to tell you they haven't seen Goonies or Gremlins or yeah. like that's what we're dealing with here with like 20 years from now. And I'm not saying this is a problem for the movie. I'm just saying like this is kind of an interesting thing to think about because I think that Deadpool is kind of like is very like uh, in the now kind of like humor. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I that's love about it because like I'm living in the now. But like 20 years from now, like because like a lot of people argue and say like, oh, this, the original Superman movies hold up and – I for me they do because it's that nostalgia factor. But on the flip side, like when you go back and you watch the original Superman movies, like if you tried to watch it through like the lens of a somebody that's not familiar with that time period and maybe the like the lens of a twenty year old, like you've got this guy who's a reporter who's wearing like a hat, and like men don't dress like that anymore, and. And you've got, you know, people smoking in offices. You've got the sexist boss who just hires, um, he hire, he hires Clark because he can type really fast. And, and, um, but every, like Lois Lane has to work really hard to get where she is, but he hires Clark because he's just a really fast typist, you know? And it's, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I feel like I love Superman, but there's a lot of stuff that I think doesn't like hold up today for like, 20-year-olds, and you can talk to 20-year-olds about, some 20-year-olds about Superman, and they don't see the fascination with it. I would never be able to, I would never be one of those people because, like, I love, that's probably of all time, like, Superman 1 and 2 are, like, my two favorite Superman, uh, my two favorite superhero films. But, Mm -hmm. and I feel... That's a really good example that you... That, that you bring up, Brian, because it's true. Like for me, Superman one and two are 
my also my absolute favorite superhero movies of all time, but I grew up watching them mm-hmm. also. So, but I, I think whenever you have comedy or a, or really any movie, but if we're talking like the like the Deadpool comedy that's so topical, um, then yeah, you you do run the risk of twenty years from now. Uh, kids watching that movie and going, I don't get why this is funny. I mean, I, I think if you go back and watch stuff like, uh, let's say Murphy Brown, which is extremely topical and extremely political, I think you have a whole generation of people who watch that show yes. and have no clue. They go, I don't, I don't get who any of these people are. Yeah, I don't get um, why it's funny. Who, uh, who's Dan Quayle and why are there yeah. so many Dan, yeah. Dan Quayle Exa- jokes? Yeah, exactly. Who and, gives and, a F about a potato? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, who, who's the Ayatollah? Like, like there are people who are going to watch that and not get it and so i i it's always going to happen that way whenever you have very topical comedy and i know i'm asking this question now and it seems silly but like i'm just thinking i was just thinking i i I thought to myself like are deadpool movies going to work 20 years from now i think some of it's going to but i think there's going to be some of those jokes that jokes that go over kids heads and -hmm. they're going to be asking alexa and they're going to be googling like (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is this joke about the green suit and what like the mustache and all this shit like what you know like i don't <laughs> understand so you know i don't know that's that i don't know i, th- I just thought it was kind of interesting so it is interesting yeah, it makes it our movie then yeah that, that's, that's what i'm saying people. it's a very it's a movie of our time and i'm glad to be around during this time well so. also even still like the in the first movie when <laughs> It's actually a pretty a longer scene than I anticipated. The thing about the IKEA furniture with the blind roommate yes, together, yes. yeah, shelf and everything. <laughs> but they go like back and forth on like the different IKEA furniture, and then how you're given this one screwdriver to like put it all together, and it's really shitty. I mean, we may not. I don't know if IKEA is going to exist twenty years in the future. You know, like exactly, or what it will be. But that right. makes sense to us because we all have IKEA furniture. So yeah. Wayne's World. If you watch Wayne's World now, there's like they have a joke and it's a gag about and it's a Nuprin commercial. Like, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, or the old Doritos, like the yeah, logo, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Calgon and joke, right? Yeah, like uh, Grey Poupon. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. with the window and yeah. the yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. some very dated jokes, but like for yeah. us, it's it's still funny because like we we know that, but like if you know a twenty year old didn't grow up around those Grey Poupon jokes and they didn't grow up or Newprin doesn't even exist. I don't think yeah, it no, doesn't, it doesn't even doesn't exist, exist anymore. anymore. But so. but but I remember those commercials. Yeah, yeah. The, I clearly remember yes. those commercials. Yes. Ah, Newprint, little yep. yellow, yellow. <laughs> I remember those commercials. But yeah, it, you're you're absolutely right. I think I think twenty years from now, kids who watch Deadpool will be googling half the jokes. I really do, and then they'll be like, "Oh yeah, my dad really loves this movie." You know, it's it's. I think it'll be that thing, and I think the hipsters from twenty years from now will be like, "Yeah, I totally get all those jokes. Yeah. I knew them before you guys did." Like, I think that's what happens <laughs> too. You know, they'll be watching Deadpool on their laser disc and going, "Yeah, I'm really into this vintage technology." I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I just wanted to have that conversation. Um, let's see. We get uh, we see a fight between Deadpool and Cable in this trailer, and it looks pretty violent and awesome. And 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 uh, you get that uh, 
you get a, you get a really cool level of violence, but you also get some humor mixed in there, and I like that. And uh, we, we get we see Deadpool getting stabbed by Cable, um, and then I also loved in this scene. Cable using his arm as kind of like a magnet to retract to bring his rifle back to him. That was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. effect. Um, we get uh, um, in the teaser trailer, uh, Deadpool calls Julian Dennison's character Russell. And that uh, may have helped us figure out who Julian Dennison is playing. He's the little boy. Uh, Russell could be referring to... Russell Collins, also known as Firefist, a, uh, a fire-generating mutant from the late 80s and early 90s. And um, Firefist, doesn't, doesn't Firefist sound like it could be a, a porno starring all, like, male firemen? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Firefist, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Backdraft. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> the fist that'll give you STDs. Yeah, exactly. So basically, this this Russell Collins is Fire Fist, and um, this is fucked up. I'll read a little bit of his backstory here. Uh, I got this off. Of course, I got this off Wikipedia. Russell Collins was the son of a sailor who died in a war. After his mother died, he was sent to live with his uncle Ted and worked at his hardware store. Rusty's uncle considered him a whiner and shipped him off to the Navy when he turned 16. Docking at the San Diego Navy, Naval Yard after months at sea, Rusty's mutant pyrokinetic powers activated when kissing a prostitute named Emma in an alley. I love that. That is so Deadpool. That's, this is what, like, I don't think, like, Julian Dennison's character is gonna be, like, have this origin, but I do think that this character lines up with the kind of characters that we've seen in Deadpool films. I'm talking about mm-hmm. obscure characters like yeah. Bedlam and Negasonic Teenage War. <laughs> right? I mean, I think Fire Fist, I think that that's what Deadpool movies are doing here. It's not about, like, Colossus is the biggest name that we've got going for us. It's like, we don't, we have fringe X Force and X Men characters. Like, these are not big time known characters and I think that fits in perfectly with this world it reminds me of like I feel like Deadpool is the trauma universe of Marvel Jake right yeah yeah I agree you make great points and like the reason Colossus is there is to kind of even more embellish how obscure and off the wall these other characters are you know he's kind of like you're like normality point in yeah. a way. And they didn't even bring in like Daniel Cudmore, who's like the original they got all they got all new actors to play Colossus for these. And we see Julian Dennison in the trailer using fire as a weapon. So I I feel like he could be Fire Fist. So um what did you guys think of the trailer, the final trailer? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a, 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 the best of, like, what has it been, a teaser and two trailers that we've gotten all together? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I thought it's been the best of the three. I really like, you know, seeing the whole team. And I like this kind of trailer where we're just naming everybody and then showing an exciting moment from each person. Yeah. Which, so, yeah, I thought this was really fun. I, I'll Tupperware this trailer. The, um, I'm excited for this movie. I hope it's great. The interview process reminded me of the backyard interview process from Mystery Men. Oh, oh. 
me God, too. That's such a great movie. Me, I had that same callback. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. Did you? I was actually. What's weird about this is because I, I actually I own Mystery Men on DVD, and I just watched it like a couple weeks ago, and they made that bowling ball with the skull. They made a limited run of those. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Oh, God. Janine Garofalo is so fucking awesome in that movie. I loved her. <laughs> that's a great movie. It like, is. that's such a underrated movie. I it's love- so funny. Oh, Hank Azaria as the Blue Raja. And- I, Like, everybody love- in that movie is I- so good and plays their part so well in that. I mm-hmm. love that. And, and I love, I love that interview process. Yeah. It's, I love the PMS Avenger. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think that's like the one of the funniest jokes. <laughs> I only work one week out of the month. Uh, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. I, I love that joke. It's it was, so uh, funny. William H. Macy is the shoveler. Oh, yep. And he's, and, and he's, okay. his wife had a big problem with it. And he's like, I shovel. <laughs> I love that. Um, the uh, uh, Hank Azaria as the Blue Raja. And they point yeah. out to him that he wears no blue. And it makes no sense that he's called the Blue Raja. And then, um, <laughs> fucking, uh, the one, the one dude, the invisible kid or whatever, who Uh-oh, can, from Keenan and Kel, who can, o- who can only turn invisible when no one's around. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, oh my, I, lo- and that's what this interview process reminded me of. And I, I, fucking love that but i feel like deadpool is like jake you would you you love trauma right i mean oh yeah 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 deadpool just feels like it feels so inspired by traumaville yeah i i see that i i see the resemblance there like just the off the wall wacky ideas and well, like, not really caring how serious it is. And the hyperviolence too. Like we saw the, the guy, yeah. the guy just fucking like, uh, gets splat on that sign in the, in the, in the first film. And like how many times did we see just people just get smacked and crushed and their head skulls implode and fucking those trauma films, you know, like I feel like Deadpool's very trauma inspired. So. Um, yeah, it almost tries to make an art out of the violence itself. Yes, yes. Uh, Josh Brolin spoke with Empire, and he confirmed the plan for him is a four-film cable deal. And he said, we think about it in four movie terms. We tried to think of cable as a full arc, not just in this movie, but in the trajectory of four films. That made it a lot more fun for me. I don't like the idea of a franchise personally. That's what makes the Thanos thing really great. It's a finite thing, and I like that. So with a four-film arc, we're going to get him in Deadpool 2. We're going to get him in X-Force. And we got him for two more movies, according to Josh Brolin. Hmm. I got to assume one of those is uh, potentially an X-Force sequel and then maybe potentially a Cable Solo movie. Possibly. I'm thinking that I'm wanting to see um, an appearance of of Genesis, which is his son from the future. And I would love to see that played out maybe at like the end of of an X Force film or something. And so I and I I just think that would be a lot of fun just to because like he's the future son of like Cyclops. And for like them, and Genesis is like his future son, and they battle each other in the future. 
well, they, he comes back to the past of battle <laughs> cable. I know it's complicated, <laughs> but I think that that would be kind of cool too. I love it. When I they, wonder how much reference they're going to do to that kind of stuff. Even in Deadpool two, if any at all, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like at the end of Deadpool, like we didn't need to have the Ferris Bueller moment where he's telling us we're getting cable in the next film, but they did. And so yeah, it feels like the perfect thing for Deadpool to like riff on too yeah, is kind yeah. of his parentage. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get into this last point about this. I don't think that cable is going to be the final villain in this film. Um, there have been rumors that we're going to see the juggernaut in the movie and everything I am going to say kind of lines up with the previous rumors. If you watch this trailer at the one minute and 32 second mark, we see Colossus yelling at something or someone and throwing a punch. And if you look at what his fist connects with, it could be the rounded helmet of the Juggernaut. It's got scratches on it. Um, it looks like it possibly could be a helmet. And yeah, I actually saw someone post this on my Facebook timeline mm-hmm. that freeze framed this. And I, yeah, you, mm-hmm. I definitely can't say it's not. It might be. It looks like it could be a huge neck of like, it's not, it's definitely not like the, the Vinnie Jones version from X-Men The Last Stand. It's not that, yeah, that's a smaller version. This looks like a huge version of the Juggernaut. Like, you think about like how big this Colossus is, like the Juggernaut that we could get here could be huge. And I'm hoping, Jake, I'm hoping that they find a funny way to incorporate I'm the Juggernaut bitch into this <laughs> and make fun yeah. of that. So. Yeah. It feels like I hope Deadpool's the one that says it. <laughs> yeah. Like like seriously, like who does not want to see like Colossus fight the juggernaut in this movie? Right? Yeah, that's a perfect matchup. Just yeah. going full speed at each other. Yeah. Um so I you know, another thing that I want them to kind of address in this movie is the fact that the juggernaut is the stepbrother of Professor X. That never, they didn't do that in the last stand. I know that's kind of a comic book nerd thing, but I think it'd be kind of neat to let, just to let fans know that that's the fucking real deal. Yeah, yeah. That's not, hmm. uh, not everybody knows that, Jake, that they're stepbrothers. Yeah, he like got married in somehow. I, Is I, that- I have, I can show you. I actually own X-Men 32. Um, yeah. I remember them talking about yeah. it. Like we, I remember an issue where Juggernaut like bust into the X mansion, yep. like basically yeah. claiming to have like the rights to own it after Professor X is yeah. dead. Oh wow, I never read that. I've got my X Men thirty two is it's kind of it's got a little bit of the origin of the Juggernaut in it, and you know him as Kane Marco and all that shit, and and um. And it talks about him being the stepbrother of Professor X. I loved uh, Deadpool doing donuts in his uh, wheelchair in the trailer. That was cool. Yeah, that, was <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. That was awesome. But um, I there's I'm going to give you a little bit more evidence that Cable uh, that uh, that Colossus is possibly punching the Juggernaut. There were photos that surfaced last year in August of a, a very large unidentified actor who was wearing a motion capture suit 
which was said to be similar to the one that was used to create Colossus in the first Deadpool film. So it possibly could be a fight between Juggernaut and Colossus. That would be awesome. I, I, I always have big time respect when they can hide this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I know if it happens that, oh, it's like we, we cracked the code, but it would still be a massive surprise because I don't yeah. think either of us still 100% think it's the case. Yet. I don't know. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, we're 100% getting the juggernaut. And I'm also like even less convinced that we're going to get the ultimate villain that they're talking about here. The rumor is that the juggernaut dies in this and that his friend, his buddy, his cohort, Black Tom Cassidy is going to be the main villain after that. Because like in the comics, whenever one is in trouble, the other shows up and Black Tom Cassidy, he in the comics, if you're familiar with Banshee, his character, Banshee was huge in the 90s. Um, Black Tom Cassidy is the Banshee's cousin. And he can manipulate, he can bond with and project energy through plant life. Kind of a ridiculous character. Um, yes. He can create concussive blasts with a wooden object. Usually, of course, since he's Irish, he uses a shillelagh. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, um, so it's a lot of people, Jack Kessie, this actor, He's from 12 Strong. He was also in Baywatch. He's been cast as a villain in the film, but they have not revealed his name in Deadpool 2. And a lot of people are speculating that Jack Kessie is going to be – Jack Kessie or Jack Kesey, however you pronounce his fucking name. He is going to be Black Tom Cassidy in Deadpool 2, the final villain of this film. I, I I think if I had to guess, I don't know if it's going to be Black Tom Cassidy. I don't know if we're going to get a juggernaut, but I don't think that Cable's going to be the final villain of this film. I think that there's going to be I think there's a third act of this film where it's going to be a team up and X Force is created and they got to fight a common mojo. So, like, <laughs> well, the, the whole thing is like I don't think they're going mojo. Not with the no, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, I don't think the final reveal is going to be Black Tom either. That seems like really anticlimactic. Well, the, the first film it was a, it was Ajax. I mean Jake. I mean yeah, but it was they didn't play it off as like a like a pull back the curtain. It's Ajax type thing either. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I think that the big thing in this movie is the fact that they're playing off Cable like he's going to kill this kid. And I think, like, yeah. when, when it all comes down to it, I think, like, at the end of the day, Cable's not going to be able to pull the trigger and kill this kid. Yeah, or maybe his entire mission has been misinterpreted, and that's not what he's doing at all, you know? But Black Tom Cassidy, on the flip side, has no problem killing this kid and has no problem killing all of X-Force. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, we, we don't have to wait that much longer. It's, you know, it's, uh, what is it, less than a month away from, from for Deadpool. So, yeah, you can already buy tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys, let's move on here. Russo Brothers, Joe and Anthony, they were uh, spoken, uh, they were talking at Radio Times and confirmed that Carrie Coon from The Post, The Leftovers in Fargo, Season 3, is going to be playing Proxima Midnight, uh, one of Thanos' Black Order in Avengers, uh, Avengers Infinity War. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love Carrie Coon. So uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's not some crazy voice modulated shit, and she's actually going to deliver some kind of performance with this thing. Well, we got to hear her voice in the. Did you guys watch the the clip from Good Morning America? Yeah, I did. It was just such a short little blurb, though, that I really couldn't. I even tried to rewind it a little bit. Yeah, but I couldn't even really like. I, I would have never known it was her from that clip. Yeah. Uh, the Russo brothers also confirmed that Vaughn Lawler's role is going to be Ebony Maw. He was, uh, he was in The Infiltrator, which is a, uh, it's a Brian Cranston film. Have you guys seen that? It's fucking amazing. It's a good movie. I have not. The Infiltrator? Yeah, The Infiltrator. It's about, it's, uh, uh, basically it's about, uh, Brian Cranston's character. He, uh, infiltrates a drug cartel that's run by Pablo Escobar. It's based on a true story. It's really good. Check it out. Yeah, I had not even heard of it. Really good. Infiltrator sounds like it could also be like a uh, the name of like a uh, a dildo or a butt plug, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Fisto's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got confirmation that Terry Notary plays Cole Obsidian. Um, he was in uh, Kong Skull Island. He did work on Rise of the Planet of the Apes as well, and then. Um, a lot of people were speculating that, like, that 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 clip from Good Morning America. Anthony Mackie showed up, and they showed a clip where the Avengers were fighting the Black Order. You hear Corvus Glaive, the final member of the Black Order, talk, and people were saying that it was P- Peter Dinklage, and that mm. is that is not true. Um, we found out today, like literally, like m- minutes before we started recording, um, in an interview with Cinema Blend, the Russos say it's 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 an actor, James Shaw who is going to play Corvus Glaive. And he played, uh, if you watched NBC's Constantine, when that was on, he played Papa Midnight on that. So hmm. so who who knows who Peter Dinklage is uh, going to be in the film? I, cannot, yeah. I love the fact that we still do not 100% know. I love that. I hope we don't know until we fucking watch the movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, same. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like I hope the movie's something. over and we still have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, who was that? Hey, we, we don't, you know. I hope he's the first person they show in the end credits, too, and we have no idea. I hope Peter Dinklage just plays himself. Yeah, like the narrator. No, like, like uh, you know, uh, shit's going crazy on Earth, and we just see, like, this little guy running around. Like, ah, fuck! I'm Peter Dinklage. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going to shit. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Dinklage as himself. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh Brolin was talking to Total Film Magazine. He was talking about how he had filmed scenes with a bunch of different actors as Thanos. And uh, he mentioned... Uh, he says, uh, he's talking about how he's in a onesie and, uh, talking about how, you know, he's doing mocap and he goes, it starts messing with your head. I'm Josh who, who's got dots on him and a onesie and a helmet and I've got Scarlet right there and I've got Bree and Don Chadle and Hemsworth and Chris Evans and Downey. He mentions Bree Larson, guys. We're getting, yeah. a, we're getting a scene of Captain Marvel with Thanos. Yeah, that's. I think we all saw that coming, right? I thought she was. I thought they said she was not going to be in this one. She's not. Or they kept. Se- she's not. I don't think she okay. is. I think she's going to be in Avengers Four. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's what I understood as well, that she would not be in Infinity War, but she would be in Avengers 4. Yeah, uh, she's going to be in Avengers 4. Like, that, I think that's pretty much confirmed. Mm-hmm. But this is like, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I we can all assume, but this is this is awesome. Like, it's this is confirmation that we're getting a scene with with Captain Marvel and Thanos together, and I'm, that excites me. I'm happy to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great. I still I'm under 100 percent belief that what's going to happen is we're going to somehow. Let me explain. Actually, I'll get into it with this next story. The Independent had an interview with Sebastian Stan. He plays the Winter Soldier. And the article was titled, Avengers Infinity War, Sebastian Stan reveals scene with Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Here's the quote. There was one scene, I think, we had every, where everybody was there. I can't really talk about that scene, but I knew it took them three months in planning this scene to have everyone there. You look around and you just saw everyone from Samuel L. Jackson to Michael Douglas to Michelle Pfeiffer. Everybody was there. So he has to be talking about Avengers 4 because Michelle Pfeiffer, she's going to be playing Janet Van Dyne, who... Yeah, they're not going to introduce her in this movie. Yeah. No, not at all. She was trapped in the quantum realm and... I've been telling you guys for a couple months now that I, I I think that she's going to be the one that's going to tell Nick Fury, who knew Captain Marvel, and the rest of them. I think that she's going to be the one that tells them that Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, is alive and she's in the quantum realm. And I think that they're going to – and I'm sorry to say this. I think that they're going to need a new captain after Captain America dies in Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. So – I think that that's going to be a big part going forward. Um, do I know Captain America dies? Am I saying that because I know? No. I'm guessing. Okay? I don't want anybody to think that I know any spoilers because I don't. <laughs> but I'm guessing that Captain America dies in Infinity War and they're going to need a new ca- – it just lines up. Yeah. People. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay? So I think I think that once – I think once we see – I think once we see Ant-Man – and they get Janet Van Dyne out of the quantum realm, which is going to happen because they cast Michelle Pfeiffer as Michelle is Janet Van Dyne. And uh, hell, we've already there's already been leaked photos of them on a beach together with Michael Douglas. So she gets out, and she's going to tell him, "I know of somebody that's uh, it's a pretty kick-ass superhero." And then they and I think that then we get our uh, then we get our uh, Captain Marvel movie. In March of 2019, and that ends with her getting trapped in the quantum realm. And then we get in Avengers, Avengers 4, them getting her out of the quantum realm. And then mm-hmm. we're off to the races, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, seems logical enough. Yeah. So, all right. And, uh, let's see here. Well, yeah, yeah. Ode spoke to, uh, whatever the fuck Ode is. I say that like I know what the fuck Ode, like I read Ode. Like big, I thought that was a transition. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that's something with Marvel. No, I'm a big, I'm a, big, I'm a subscriber to Ode. Yeah, that, uh, fucking, uh, they drop that on my doorstep every month. Ode. Uh, Ode spoke to, uh, Russo's about Infinity War and, uh, what directors in the MCU have seen it? And here's what they said. Uh, we did allow James. 
talking about James Gunn, John Watts, who's the director of Spider-Man Homecoming, and Ryan Coogler to see the movie to this point. So, yes, you have to be working on a film that this will be affecting your storytelling moving forward. So, from that quote, it sounds like Ryan Coogler might be coming back and directing Black Panther 2, people. Nice. That would be great. Nice. That would be great. That, that would be great. Yeah. I can't see him passing it up. It's, it's, Jake, can you Especially now? after what it did. Yes. Yes. I mean, at first it was kind of like one of those things like, man, maybe this guy won't come back. Who knows? Ryan Coogler might do something else. Like maybe he's like got one story and like that's it. He set the tone for Black Panther. We're going to give it over to – I, I, how can you leave this now? How can you leave it now? Right? Just, mm-hmm. just don't, just don't weed in that second film. Yeah. Don't give me no, another. Abs- don't I'm give me another. With you on, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Don't give me another Age of Ultron here. Wow. I can't. I don't know. I just can't. I can't even talk about that. Um, but yeah, Ryan Cooler coming back for Black Panther. I still want to see Black Panther one more time before it leaves theaters. I want to get that. Fifth How many one. times have you seen it now? Four. And I want to get oh, a nice. fifth one in. I want. Yeah, to get I want f- to see it again too. Right. It's. I don't want it to leave theaters without me seeing it one last time. It's. It's that damn good. It's so. Probably good. got to get in before Thursday, then, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's. It's still playing here locally. Um, I, there's some theaters where it's out of right now, but I, I, I can still catch it here locally, which is good. And I'm, I'm actually thinking about seeing it possibly Tuesday or Wednesday, so we'll see. I'm seeing uh, – you know what I'm going to see? Um, tomorrow I'm going to go see uh, – Oh, was it the Cat Returns, the Ghibli Studios fucking thing, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You'll have fun with that. And then uh, the 25th, they're doing the uh, Karate Kid. Followed by uh, the new Cobra Kai series. Oh, you, you're going to that? I'm That's going, awesome. Absolutely, I'm going to go That's see awesome. that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah you, you can't pass that up. Jacob Harmon, if you're listening, we got to get together and we got to talk about this new Cobra Kai thing. I can't, uh, maybe do, maybe me, maybe me and Jacob can fucking review that this week as a bonus episode because this next episode is going to be all about fucking Infinity War. So, but I want to talk to Harmon on, uh, on the air about uh, fucking Cobra Kai. Um, Joe Russo, this is today. I, I read this today. Joe Russo commented on the Spider-Man Homecoming timeline, Jake. Oh, I saw this. I, I didn't click the link because I, I, I figured you'd be bringing it up. Uh, I just saw it. Screen Rant. This is what they put. Infinity War co-director Joe Russo is currently doing the rounds in an interview with Ashish Chanchlani. He finally commented on the problem. Chanchlani decided to put Russo to the test with a trivia with trivia questions about the MCU, and one of them was the time gap between the Avengers home uh, the Avengers and Homecoming. Quote: It was eight years, I believe. It was a very incorrect eight years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. It was an incorrect eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of he kind of pretty much admits that they yeah, fucked up. I appreciate yeah. that though. Instead of trying to like go into this convoluted, yes, trying to make excuses for it and say, "Oh no, we can explain it." Just say, "Yep, wrong, sorry, our bad," and move on. I gotta watch that again. I gotta watch Spider-Man: Homecoming again because, like, if you take those dates too, it doesn't make any sense. It yeah, makes no it, sense. it doesn't make any sense. And then also the the do you remember like the the crayon drawing that the daughter yeah. made? Like, if you add her age up when she did that crayon drawing, she's like well beyond the age that she should be drawing something that shitty in crayon. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I forget the age that she is, but it's basically like she's fucking like nine or ten at that point. And like that. But you think that she's five or something. Like yeah. Kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. Like, like either she's like the worst artist ever. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty fucking funny when you watch it. She's that a way. senior. Like when they actually get to the meat of the movie. Like, yeah. That's right. Isn't that, they make, they make a comment how like, Oh, you managed to bag a senior or something. Yeah. For Ex- the, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. So she'd be like 10. Yeah, <laughs> when she when she drew that, <laughs> which is like, it, which it, it looks like the crayon drawing of a four year old. So like, yeah. there's there's some fucked up shit going on in Homecoming. Um, other than the, I don't know, the, the fact that I fucking only tasted that movie's fucked up, Jake. God damn it! I yeah, to, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. So you know, the other thing that didn't make any sense to me in that movie with the timeline stuff, when the whole like we're moving to upstate New York, didn't they already do that? Like, before, I don't know, am I not, didn't they do that at the end of Age of Ultron? Like, didn't they go to upstate New York? <sighs> I'd have to watch Age of Ultron again. That's a good question. And then, like, with the Ant-Man, like, th- don't they go to upstate New York to go, that's when he has the fight with uh, Anthony Mackie and... Yeah, I think mm. I, I think you're right. I think by Ant Man there is a compound in upstate New York, like in Westchester, where they have like their sort of their main Avengers base because yeah. there is a scene that does happen in upstate New York there. Um yeah, that that time the the, the, the timeline is so Best up jacked up at this point. Like it's just yeah. It's all I, at, it's all Spider Man homecoming's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That, that thing messed up the whole timeline, yeah. and it's so weird to me that like, with how much involvement Marvel had with that, like, even though I know it's a Sony product, Sony has the rights right now, but like, with how much involvement Marvel had, you would think it would have been a little bit tighter on that timeline. Yeah. But they got. Yeah, I mean, they like you know, like Jake. I'm not saying like this affects like my rating of any films. Like when it comes oh no, to the yeah, but I mean, like, a good I'm, movie's still a good movie. Exactly. But the thing is, it's like I'm su- I'm a little surprised. Like Rebecca, I agree with you. I'm a little surprised because like Marvel had done such a great job, especially in in Phase One of like really guarding that timeline and like. Yeah. The timeline making sense, and it feels like now they've been really kind of like dodging the timeline as far as like. And I love that Anthony Russo, or was it Joe? I don't know. One of the fucking Russo guys. You know, they're all the same. Like they could like literally just like <laughs> mold, they could like combine into like one gigantic Vol- Russo Voltron monster, and I wouldn't know the difference. I couldn't even tell you what these guys look like anyway. Um, I, I like them. They did Arrested Development shit anyway, but. Uh, the, let's move on. I'm just rambling. Um, let's talk about what we, DC news. Do I play the bumper? Or do I just run, just burn through this shit? Here we go. DC, here we go. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. Guys, we literally have like three fucking stories left, so don't worry about it. This is not going to be long. The Wrap is reporting that Kathy Yan is in uh, early talks to direct Margot Robbie in the next Harley Quinn movie. Um, an individual with knowledge of the project told The Wrap. 
Yan is best known for writing and directing her feature debut, Dead Pigs, which mm. took home the World Cinematic Dramatic Award for an ensemble acting at Sundance earlier in the year. Uh, Yan would be the third female film- filmmaker to join the DC Universe with this film, which is still known as the untitled girl gang movie at Warner Brothers. Uh, that sounds really rapey. Um, yeah, that does not sound good. Yeah. The untitled girl gangbang movie, Warner Brothers. Uh, sounds <laughs> terrible. Um, it's not gangbang. I added the bang. Uh, she will also be the first Asian woman to direct a DC film. Her film. Listen to this. I looked this up. The film. Like, I, I, I bring up Dead Pigs, her movie that she made. I want to know what it's about. So I looked it up. Dead Pig stars Zazie Beetz from Atlanta. She's also Do- Deadpool in, in uh, she's also Domino in Deadpool too. But, uh, Kathy Yan, she wrote and directed it. It's about a bumbling pig farmer, a feisty salon owner, a sensitive bus boy, an expat, expat architect, and a disenchanted rich girl converge and collide. As thousands of dead pigs float down the river towards a rapidly modernizing Shanghai. Sounds like a, sounds like a feel good fun fucking movie. And I think it fits right in with the de- DC universe. Oh, <laughs> that, oh that old story. Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah, it's an analogy. Yeah. Honestly guys, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen dead pigs. Honestly, I don't think I could watch it. Um, just because, of, like, what it deals with, I don't know if I could like watch a movie with like a stream of dead pigs. Yeah, that doesn't sound. Yeah, like I watched Akja, and that was really hard for me. Like when they were torturing Akja, you know, um, I had a hard time with watching uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in that torture scene. Um, I don't think that I could watch like uh, I don't know a stream of dead. Pigs. So I don't know if this is. I hope that Kathy does a great job. I think it's fantastic that they did cast a a female director. I'm not trying to knock that at all. I think that that's fantastic. I just don't. I'm not familiar with her, and I'm not familiar with her work. So this is going to be kind of like a wait and see for me. Um, But I hope she does a great job. She was actually writing for the Birds of Prey movie before that got canceled. I think what they've done um, is they've taken that Birds of Prey movie and they kind of like blended it in with whatever this... Yeah, that that's exactly what they've done mm, yeah. because... I, I, I had posted this story in the, in the Leftover Army page and Jordan from the Supercast said that this is actually the Birds of Prey movie. So... It, it sort of is the Birds of Prey movie, it's and it's sort of the Harley Quinn yeah. movie. I think it's it, both. I think it's absorbed both. I think it's, yeah. it's just kind of absorbed the Birds of, Birds of Prey movie. Um, it has. Is she because, is she writing the Bumblebee film as well? Yes, she's involved in the Bumblebee movie also. And I'll be honest with you, all the Bumblebee. I don't give a fuck. I think the Bumblebee movie sounds like it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, John Cena's in it. John Cena's in it, and you've got um, uh, from True Grit. What's her name? Uh, from uh, Seventeen Reason. What was it? The Age of Seventeen. Uh, Edge of Haley, Seventeen. Oh, um, Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Okay. Yes. This everything I've read about like 
everything I've read about this movie, it sounds like a girl in her car and her dad's a mechanic and she's, she's kind of a grease monkey herself. And it's not Michael Bay people. And I think, I think, I think we might have a fun story here. So I'm really, I'm kind of looking forward to the Bumblebee movie. I'm just being honest with you. Everybody can think like, oh my God, it's just, it's the Michael Bay stuff. Guys, this is a, this is a D, like the Michael Bay Transformers movies were so convoluted and they always, Jake, they always threw in a MacGuffin and all these things and, and there was so much going on. I think that this Bumblebee movie is a much simpler story. I think it's about a girl in her car and it's set in the 80s. Yeah, as long as the girl in her car don't end up having to get the crystal of Sidorak. Yes, to, you know, exactly. Save the universe. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think exactly. people, I think people are just so stuck on those fucking Bayformers movies. It's kind of, and I get it. I understand why they're thinking that. And this movie still could be shit. But on the flip side, everything that I've heard about it. Sounds like it could be a fun summer popcorn blockbuster. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. And I hope that, and I like Haley Steinfeld. I love John Cena. And I want to see, I want to see this movie. Um, and I, so I hope Kathy, I, I, I hope she does a great job on that. If, and if Bumblebee is fun, I'll have a lot more faith in, in what she's doing here with this, uh, Harley Quinn movie because me, I was not a big fan of Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad. No. Sorry, people. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It definitely wasn't the worst part about the movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. Honestly, when the best part of the movie is Joel Kinnaman, and I, I loved him in Altered Carbon, but, like, you know, Joel Kinnaman and Will Smith were pretty much the standouts for me in Suicide Squad, which everybody was, like, Shit in a brick when they announced Will Smith as Deadshot, and he was one of the best parts of the film for me. And I loved Joel Kinnaman as what was a uh, Rick Flag. I thought he was great. And um, but you know, you really should have better performances out of you know some of the other members of the of the squad. But uh, DCComics.com, Steven Spielberg going to do a DC film? What the fuck, Jake? Yeah, that's crazy. Black Hawk. Are you familiar with Black Hawk? It's the uh, Black Hawk uh, Amblin Entertainment and Warner Brothers. It's based on the DC series about a squadron of World War II era pilots. Uh, Black, uh, Black Hawk Spielberg is possibly going to direct. So we're not <laughs> 100% sure that he's going to direct. But um, the screenplay for Black Hawks is written by uh, David Kep. Who was the screenwriter on, uh, Dr- uh, Jurassic Park, the, the Lost World, um, Jurassic Park, uh, War of the Worlds, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, so they've worked together many a time. And, uh, I'm not familiar with Black Hawk. I never read Black Hawk. Yeah, I vaguely know of the character, but I think I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not too familiar with the character. June, uh, Rebecca, any Black Hawk fans? Mm-mm. I've never heard of it. I, I don't know the character at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's doing a, he's doing a movie about the hockey team? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> although, I, I re- although, I mean, it takes place in World War II. I mean, if you're going to get someone to do a World War II film, I mean, Spielberg is showing he can do that. Yeah. And I, I mean, Spielberg, I mean, I know there are people who aren't fans of Ready Player One, but I think overall you look at Spielberg's body of work, 
um like i mean he's more than capable and more than qualified to do this yeah um i i'm just i'm just surprised only because I, I never i didn't think he was ever really interested to do a film like this like a superhero film or in the superhero genre um but i think it's really interesting news if he does actually direct this rebecca the the, the thing jake June, I don't know. Like, like, hear me out here. The thing that kind of like maybe I don't know if I'm thinking. <laughs> I kept thinking like it was his chance to do a World War II movie about pilots, and I all I could think about was the fact that it was it's kind of like a competitive thing possibly with him. I, he would never admit it, but George Lucas did Red Tails. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Mm. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that was George Lucas. That was Lucas. That was oh, watch watch those if you ever watch Red Tails, it's a it's the story, it's based on a true story about the Muskegee yeah. Airmen. If you ever watch that, watch like the scenes of them in like the cockpit and it's shot so much like like um Star Wars, like when they're in the X Wings. I mean it's just it it's it's bizarre. But I actually I saw Red Red Tails in the theater and I actually I enjoyed it. But um I kept thinking to myself, like, this is like like Spielberg watched Lucas do Red Tails and Spielberg is always kinda like it's kind of a competitive thing. Like Spielberg's thinking like, yeah, I can do it better. And and hmm. seeing what he can do. And um I kind of I want to see this movie. I think that this is, I think this is the kind of shit that DC should be doing. And um, yeah, I don't think he'd fall into a trap here either. Like this seems completely separate from any kind of DC nonsense. It's not like he'd have to tie in Batman or anything yeah. to this kind of shit. It's yeah. this obscure character. I think that's probably the draw too. Yeah, he yeah. Has no, that, he has no pressure from like having to do something like you know, Superman or Batman. Like this is right. Yeah, it's a period piece basically, so he gets to avoid all that shit. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah, the, this. Would be the, cool. Let's talk about the character here real quick. Black Hawk is a wartime adventure series focusing on the titular Black Hawk, who commanded a squadron of ace pilots, also known as the Black Hawks or the Black Hawk Squadron. The squadron would battle the Axis powers as well as more fantastic supervillains and war machines, such as the memorable shark planes, which could operate in water as well as in the air. While the team debuted in 1941 in the heart of the comics' golden age, they've also been adapted to modern era as part of the new 52 and have spawned a well-known DC heroine, Lady Blackhawk, who joined the series in the late 1950s. Sounds like it could be a lot of fun, and I think Spielberg, this is right up his alley. I'd love to see Spielberg, um, how 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 Spielberg would direct um, dogfights in the air I gotta see that, Jake. I gotta fucking see that movie. Yeah, that's cool. Like, it, it almost, it, it would almost not, if, if this happens and it's not Spielberg, that's almost gonna be a disappointment at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's gotta direct this. I wanna see this. Um, let's move to Star Wars news. I'm not gonna play the bumper, you've heard it. Yeah, oh my god, whatever. Jar Jar says something, Luke pisses and moans. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Reddit user New World Man shared a picture from Star Wars Insider, which is officially li- it's an officially licensed magazine on the Star Wars leaks um, subreddit. He he shared a picture from Star Wars Insider and um, and it gave a description of Enfy's Nest, which is supposed to be the villain of Solo. 
And it says, busy carving out a nefarious reputation as the violent and enigmatic leader of a gang of swoop-riding pirates, the Cloud Riders, the deadly Enfys Nest is an extremely dangerous and brutal marauder with his face always obscured beneath a fearsome helmet. Ness is deadly, athletic, and percussively vicious with his face. Everything we've read prior, if you go to Wikipedia, everything else has indicated that Enfys Nest was going to be a female. Mm-hmm. This is coming from Star Wars Insider, which is an officially licensed magazine saying his. Hmm. What's the deal? Yeah. Jake, because a lot of fans are speculating that Enfys Nest is actually going to turn out to be Kira, played by Amelia Clark. And I kind of was leaning towards that. But this is an officially licensed Star Wars magazine. Maybe you're both right, Brian. Maybe it's like a Wizard of Oz-like scenario where the person that everyone thinks it's this person, but then the big reveal is is it's it's this person. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's thought to be a he, but it really is Amelia Clark's character all along once the curtain is finally pulled back. Maybe it's June's transgender She-Ra. <laughs> mm. oh. No, I'm out on that again. No, I don't like that news. <laughs> ah. I tried, Joan. I can't yeah. sell him. I can't sell him on the transgender She-Ra. Oh. I want to see <laughs> She-Ra with a huge nine-inch dick. That's what I want. <laughs> I want I want a big flopping penis on my She-Ra. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be called Pira. Oh God! <laughs> oh, I'm, am I making y'all uncomfortable? Is this the is this the most horrible no, thing I've ever said? It, no, no, it, no, it's one of the worst jokes you've ever said. But it's not uncomfortable. I, I, well, you know what? It wasn't uncomfortable. It was just unfunny. It I was no. I'm that. going for shock value. Fuck you. <laughs> Should I go with an eight-inch penis? What the fuck? Like, 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 what's I don't the know. Deal? If the number changes the joke. Really? No, it's 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 the Pira that's just not. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. 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 Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to help you out, Joan. I'm trying to now. See, I'm ta- I'm taking all the heat for your terrible joke. And now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was out before the Pira part even. Too. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It's like that was the cherry on top of the bad joke. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go through your fucking catalog of bad jokes, Jake. I'm going to oh, take a revisit. Let's take a, let's take a, let's take a trip down memory lane there, buddy. <laughs> if you find a good one, then you ruin my reputation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good point. Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, Enfy's Nest might have a dick, might not. There's your there's your Star Wars news. All right, we're done. Might be both. Might be both. Who knows? Who knows? Might be rocking. Might be rocking both sets of genitalia. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's all it's all right, Enfy's. I'm here to tell you, it's not the dick that makes you a man. 
I enjoyed I I you know what I'm I enjoyed my Peter joke and I'm not I'm not backing down. I'm not, <laughs> your guns, Brian. That's fine. I am. I am. I am. I'm a big fan of the Peter joke. I am. Johannes, get on it. I want I want you to, <laughs> Johannes is our listener from Sweden and he usually draws like anytime we do an episode and we uh you know oh, we talk about something. Drawings are great. Uh, exactly. I want I wanna see I wanna see a drawing of Shira with a huge veiny nine inch cock. Marable, I want you to get on that and I want you to I <laughs> Can want I request to, that P Ra is peeing on Brian. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> wow. Wow, Jake. Wow. Wow. Seriously. Learning a lot about your fetishes tonight, buddy. Learning a lot. You're, t- you're schooling us on your little fetishes here. Huh? Big R. Kelly fan, are you? Big R. Kelly fan, are you, Jake? Huh? He lost me on the sophomore album. Okay. All right. I don't know. He kind of lost me when he pissed on an underage girl. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Uh, only this fucking show. Yeah, whatever. Unsubscribe. I don't give a fuck. All right. Hey, June. <laughs> June, it's been fantastic having you on here. Yeah, I had a great time. Did you? Did you really? I really did. This is a lot Kind of, kind of fell apart at the end there a little bit, right? Got a little uncomfortable. It, it happens all the time, though, right? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, as in every time. Oh. Oh my gosh, Brian, Brian pinned a penis on my Shira. Oh, oh, oh. Uh. All right, think about Prince Adam with a vagina. It's not too hard to think about. He kind of did act like he had a fucking vagina, didn't he? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah, yeah that was, that's yeah. the gimmick a bit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, Shira found his dick. I like it. <laughs> Guys, I think we're on to something. Anyway, this is not getting any better. Um, <laughs> June, thanks for joining us. Rebecca, thanks for, uh, your, whatever. And then, uh. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for whatever. Yeah. Thank you too. Whatever, whatever thing you fucking added to the table. Yeah, whatever. whatever the fuck you said, whatever thanks. that was. Hey, yeah, guys, uh, remember when Rebecca was there? Um, and then, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Eric Wade wasn't here, so thank you, Rebecca. You're welcome. My pleasure. You know, for somebody, somebody that doesn't want Eric Wade here so much, you seem to bring it up a lot, Jake. I think there's a little, I mean, are you, are you missing him? I think every time you try to make psych evaluations on me, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Ah, no, I'm honestly, I think I'm going to end the episode. <laughs> what's that, what's that song? Missing you since you've been gone. Away, I am missing you at all. Oh Jesus, you're like, right. I'm gonna PM him right now. I want, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want like a little montage of like you know Jake and Eric, you know, I don't know, broing out and shit. You know, uh, I'm ending this. This is ridiculous, guys. Um, yeah, uh, uh, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. For Avengers, uh, uh, did I say? Hey, remember when I said Avengers like a hundred times? <laughs> yeah, that was you were you were firing on all cylinders. That oh, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Was, there are pla- no, P-Ra. there are no Pira. Pira is going to be. Hold on, Pira right now is not going to be. It's not like it. Like it'll be appreciated one day. People will be talking about, people will be talking about Pira and say, oh my god, he was ahead of his time. Oh my god, he was ahead of his time. I'll tell you one thing. P 
Kira could never be a Vajinger just by definition. I, That's true. Oh. That's true. Jake makes a valid point there. <laughs> you know, see, I don't like I don't like how you're pitting my jokes up against one another. <laughs> Like, this is like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, I don't, you're like. You're, your, your jokes can never create that Marvel, that MCU expanded universe, though. You've already got big time problems. No, I don't like this battle royale. No, like, but wait, hold on a second. So if, if Shira is Pira yeah. and Prince Adam has a vagina, then yeah. we all know who's getting butt fucked in that situation, right? <laughs> like, there is no question anymore about that. So the jokes all come full circle. So you're oh, man, I thought we could go a whole episode without saying butt fuck. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. It's, can we just let that die? I don't. I'm ashamed. That was so seven days ago. Exactly. I don't like to keep the same joke running. You know what I mean, Jake? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't want to be like. Yeah, like you mentioned that Ted too was just like the same bullshit jokes. Like we got to come up with new ones, right? And Pira was mine. It didn't work. I get it. You guys, you fucking like you ran it into the ground. That, that oh Brian, yeah, nice, nice, nice attempt. You you failed, right? I tried with Pira. I thought like, oh, this is gonna go over well. Like when it left my mouth, like when the words, like seriously, when the words left my tongue, I was so, I was so, oh my god, I was so hopeful. Like if you would have saw like the childhood innocence in my eyes, (laughs) the glistening in your eyes, your wide doe eyes, exactly, exactly. And then you guys come along with your little fucking, you know, your pins, and you burst my bubble. You know what I mean? Shattered that mirror of childhood innocence. Exactly. (laughs) The childhood innocence was gone. It was gone. It was there, man. Like, there was a lot of hope. I was like, oh, my God. You know, we're only going to talk about this episode because we're going to have all new shit next week. But, like, P-Rice is going to go over. Everybody's going to love it. Rebecca, you acted like (laughs) – Rebecca, you you acted like I assaulted a family member when I said that shit. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, like Jake, Jake act like, hey, Jake acted like I fucking pour sugar in his gas tank. And Rebecca, you acted like I assaulted a family member. I felt like I, it was weird. I felt like I didn't know. I felt like I could get like a knock on my door and be arrested for that comment. If it's any consolation, I blame June for getting you down that road. June, I tried, I tried to help you out there. I think I just really just wanted to see someone like a, drag queen as Shira, which I'm sure that exists somewhere. I know. So. You said you said something. I know. Just use Google and leave He-Man out of it. Well, see, okay. I felt like June said something like utterly asinine, and I was trying to help her out with it, right? I don't know. Sorry. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. Alright, guys. Like, can, I, can I end the show now? Can I? Yeah, I'll shut up. Alright. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Bye. Peace out, bitches. And we're the leftovers. Oh, now you say it. Now you say it. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. 
already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap good it toss it good it taste it do we love it hey let's face it clean erase it let's embrace the tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover counterculture pushed over pop culture leftovers and we're the uncool kids what's to say it's already been said leftovers pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and give a shout of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.